Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't forgive you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know I do. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. It's June 17th, 2016. Man, how time's flying. Anyway, uh, welcome to our show, and um, let's have some fun and uh, talk lot. So, thank you. Hi, Colin. Yeah, we got a whack of friends here already. Man, everybody beat me. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> well, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're great. What is it called? Um... Oh, Sonia, don't even say hi to me. Hi, Cheyenne. Love you. Oh, there she goes. Okay. Kisses and hugs. <laughs> uh-huh. Kisses and hugs, lady. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Colin, what we were talking about? Uh, put that. Put the uh, recording on. Uh, that was actually actually a saying. Uh, Sonia is the star of the show, so she was fashionably late. <laughs> exactly. I Everyone mute out, and then I'm... Colin put on that call that he was talking about, if you don't, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, I, I somebody needs to type it in there because I'm not on that. I'm just on the phone call tonight. Um, it's on blogtalkradio.com. That's B-L-O-G-T-A-L-K-R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M. And the one you're looking for, there's several of them, but this particular one uh, I'm talking about is a 1099 OID, 1099 OID. But I was also cautioning people to, when you listen to this, she puts out an awful lot of information. Most of it you can find broken down in separate sections in some of my stuff on American Reconstruction Project over the years. But this is full of all sorts of really good meat, good specifics. But please recognize that there are at least three, if not four, completely different subject matters. And each and every one of those is a book or a manual in and of itself. I'm hoping I got I got contact uh, I think to this show with some other people, and hopefully we're going to put together a small group of people that are willing to do and let's and get it done, and so we can actually put together some of the stuff that makes it usable from beginning to end, the ABCs, and not only halfway through and the concept and principles, but actually the specifics. But recognize that there's a lot of things that she's just covering in this particular recording. And by the way, if you're like me and you want to get to the meat of it, you can skip the first 10 minutes, which is just music and and junk, um, and, and wait till you hear her speaking. Um, but recognize that she does say at some point that if I gave you all of it, then you wouldn't need me anymore. So she's clearly not giving you all of it. And it appears several times that somebody has a handler in there who is saying, oh, well, you need to take the class, you need to take the course, or that's a separate call. So you, And that that woman sounds familiar to me, and you know, those, those are the people that I don't trust because they're always handling the people who have the information to get them to make money on it, make money on it, make money on it. But there's enough information on this call, enough specific information that you can do your own research and find out for yourself and verify it, 
and then call when you have missing holes and see if you can fill in those holes first. That's the way to do it. Because what happens otherwise is people will leave holes out purposely and then you end up screwing yourself. But the concepts and principles are, are really good there when she's talking about the specifics. A lot of it is old stuff that I abandoned a long time ago because uh, we couldn't get remedy when the courts completely ignore it. And as I've sta- stated many times, that when you are listening to me, my goal is to stop this from happening, not just to me, okay? I want it to stop happening to everybody. We need to alter the system. We need to change it. We need to hold them accountable. A lot of this stuff... Now, eventually, if everybody was to do this stuff, or a large enough percentage of people, which is why I'm promoting it, to do the stuff they're talking about here, learn it and do it, if enough people do what she's talking about on here, it will then take away their profits as well and put the money back into our pockets, which is just as good a strategy as anything. That is the foundation of of the strategy, which is when corruption no longer is profitable, it will cease. And that's why I'm promoting this, because this is very similar. It will take money out of their pockets and it will put it back into the people's pockets. And then once you succeed and learn it, but as I was saying earlier before the recording started, you need to learn the processes you need to practice the processes. You need to do, test each other first before you do it in reality. So set up scenarios where you test it and you go through, this is what you need to file, that's what you need to file, this is how you attach it, this is what you do, and, and go through the whole process and give a different scenario so that when the time comes to be thoroughly tested on it, and you will be tested on it most probably, unless you show through your paperwork and, and your deliberate, deliberateness that there's no point in them trying to trip you up because they know they can't. That's what's called a prima facie case. But one tiny little signal, one tiny little dot or tittle that's out of place or that it appears that you've got it off the Internet, they're going to jump all over you and they're going to go after you. So if you're not ready to be gone after, if you don't know that you know your shit, then you don't want to start the process. It's not something that you willy-nilly do, Okay. I just want to know that. But if nothing else, listen to it. And you need to listen to this like over and over and over again. I would even break it down and listen to certain sections. If I could, I would. Break it down into separate sections and ignore the rest of it and then go back. She goes at the end, she goes back to the OID stuff to get your head wrapped around it. So that's good. And I think there's a series too. There's several other ones. Um, So I wanted to throw that out there. The other thing I wanted to um, throw out there, which is to me ultimately important. Colin? Yes. Excuse me, it's Sonia. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. no not at all. Sure, show. I started to type in here blog talk talk radio, but um, you do speak so fast that I can't type as fast as you speak, my friend. So I've got blog talk radio at who? No, it's dot. Okay, it's blog talk radio dot com. That's it. Just blog talk radio dot com. Um, yes. And then the the particular uh, this particular one is ten ninety nine. It's one zero nine nine. One zero nine nine. O I D capital O capital I capital D O I D. That's on the tax return stuff. O I D. Okay, I'm just putting it into the chat board. Okay. Colin. Okay. Uh, all right. I think I got it here. Blog. Yeah. When you get a chance, if you or somebody else can type in the warning for the people that read that warning, that a warning goes with that verify, verify, and at least four completely separate subject matters. So you need to identify them, divide them, 
and research each one, be well-versed and well-practiced before you do it. Somebody put in some kind of a warning with that. Please, okay. please, please. Put warning, verify, verify, verify. Yes. Uh, uh, quotation marks, one, two, three, four, you know. Right. Uh, and also uh, rec- recognize four separate subject matters. Recognize, okay. Four separate subject matters. Four. So, so that's a dollar sign. Shit. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get on the board. I can type pretty fast, actually. Separate. Um, recognize four separate. Isn't that funny? I'm going to talk while you're doing that. Isn't it funny that uh, when I was looking for credit so I could graduate from high school a year early in the summertime and I took typing, not that I wanted to, but it was, you know, I'm one of these people that is, you know, if I don't know something, I go, okay, let me try that. And um, it was one I really didn't want to take. It was actually a pretty hard course. And now years later, I um, am able to type fairly fast as a result. So I'm actually thankful that I that I did that. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in school, too, I wanted to take mechanics, and they told me, no, you can't do mechanics. You have to do uh, um, home ex and typing, uh, being a female. Yeah, so, but I'm glad it took, they made me take typing. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever get to take mechanics? Did you ever get to take mechanics? No, not in school, no. Oh, well, that's I, I did later on. on your own, right? Yeah, my, my, yeah, my father. It was a great help. Yeah, me too. You know, yeah. it's just reading the manual and then going out there and doing it. In fact, most of the time, I, uh, I'm able to, like, for instance, when I have to pull um, on a front-wheel drive car um, and you have to uh, replace the bearing on the uh, U-joint or, or the booty, yes. and they have this whole long, arduous process of how you have to take the whole thing off. And it's like, what are you, nuts? So all you do is you undo the steering knuckle um, and the uh, stabilizer bar, those two, and you know how to use, there's a very specific way with that. You need just the right weight, not too heavy and not too light. Um, it's a medium size, I think it was like a 32-ounce um, baby mall, yeah. and you put the, you turn the nut upside down so that the split part of the nut is facing down so you don't mess that up. And, and then I actually put a metal plate on there, too, in case I have a mishit. Uh, um, I use like a, a leaf spring, a thick leaf spring piece of metal I made. Yes. And I take it and I just take that thing and I whale it. I, that's when I use an arc and I just whale it, boom, and it pops it. And that's how, that's how you pop it out. But they have tools to do that. But I just, you know. And so when you take that out, now what you can do is stretch and pull and you can actually turn it sideways. That's the trick. Turn the steering wheel all the way to one direction, which is, let me see, if, if you're on the left side, the driver's side, you would turn it all the way to the left. And now you can pull the um, the drive shaft completely out. And then you actually, you tilt the whole thing towards, you pull it towards, and you can pull the whole thing out. And that's that's like a really fast way of doing it because the other way takes you about freaking three and a half hours to get the rest of that whole assembly off and the spring and all that. It's like, what? But... You know, it doesn't hurt to read the manual and look at the manual, particularly when you find out that there's a left-hand thread. (laughs) 
I've done that before. I've I've uh, got underneath the car and went to change the oil pan, and I got uh, lost my uh, sense of direction, sort of thing, and I threaded it, and, and actually, instead of you know opening it up, tightened it up, and just stripped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. The fast one one up. I have two stories that I only can tell one. The fastest twenty dollars ever made was, uh, you know, I was working on stuff, and I lived in a garage when I was going to college, and, and there was a parking lot. With, and anyway, some other people that were living in other part in little uh, row houses, whatever, town, I mean, apartments, whatever you want to call it, and they were they were trying to do it on their own. There was like three or four of them. And finally, they got frustrated. They could not get this nut off. I think it was a lug nut, actually lug nuts on this on this particular car. And they finally ended up coming to me. And asking me to help him, and and I said, okay, well, it's twenty bucks, you know. And at that time, you know, of course, now it would be forty bucks, but at the time, twenty bucks is decent. And so I sat there, and and you have to feel, you have to feel, you have to feel metal. I can't explain how how I do it, but I literally can feel metal. And when I put the torque on it, and I I'm pretty strong, but I also understand leverage. You know, I'm able to leverage myself. And the moment that I could feel that it was tightening, I actually was, they had already put all of their weight, all of their umph, everything they could into it. And so it was pretty damn tight. So when I finally put a real amount of force onto it, I was able to move it just a tiny little bit. And I instantly knew that they were tightening it. And it was a reverse nut. So, of course, I played around and, and distracted them. And I said, get me this tool. While they were getting the tool, that's when I did, the, you know, I did, I did it clockwise and broke it loose, took the nut off, and they're like, well, how'd you do that? And I said, now, if I told you that, I couldn't make any money, could I? <laughs> oh, God, that was, that, it's so much fun when you, when your knowledge that you have um, can help you out so much, you know? Are you still on the call? Am I still on the call? Hello? Somebody say something so I know I'm still on it. Oh, dear. Yeah, you're still there. Oh, okay, good enough. All right, so I wanted to move forward, if it's okay. Um, I wanted to move forward because, it, you know, it's kind of distressing me. I've been getting a lot of calls lately, spending a lot of time with people, um, and, and you know, getting worn out rather rather very thin. I was thin already, and now I've added, you know, three or four people. So I, I really want to make a request that please, if you call, have your information, have it already copied uh, in, in, into some digital manner so you can send it to me so I can review it. You spending two hours describing to me, I know, and, and I don't mind usually um, hearing people cry, quote-unquote, because I know you want to vent, I know you want to get it out, and you're trying to tell me what went on. But to be effective and efficient, uh, you really need to have documentation, your documents, because most of the time you don't know what you're looking at. And, he, he, you know, I, I'll admit even sometimes I'll look at a document and I'll hand it to somebody else and they'll find something I missed. So it's not like you and me. I'm No one's better than anyone here. It's just that I've been doing this longer, have a little bit more experience. And there are people that are much better and much smarter than I am. So it's not that. It's just that I'm willing to help. But really, seriously, you can describe for two hours what you think happened and that's fine, but when I look at the paperwork, that's all that's going to matter. And and ultimately, that's all that's going to matter in a court anyway, is what's on the paper. Um, so please have that ready. And the second thing is, I really request that you record the conversation. 
I know it's weird for people to understand this, but when when you call me, I um, I can't explain how I do it. It's kind of think of like a shaman in a way where you kind of go into a trance. It's not quite that, but it's sort of like that. I listen intently uh, with everything I have, and I allow spirit to move through me. So a lot of times, anything that I will share with you, any information is coming through me. It may be based upon my information that I have and knowledge and so on, but but putting it together in your particular case, somehow or another, I can't explain it, but it'll it'll focus on those things that are most important, or it'll find those places um, that are that are that you need to go after. So please record it. And the reason is so that I don't have to repeat it. Ninety nine percent of the time, when I'm helping somebody, I have to repeat that which I've said on shows innumerable times. There's recordings of it innumerable times, and I've done it to friends and other people innumerable times. And it gets old for me to repeat the same thing. So, you know, it's important. I'm going to try to go back to some of the recordings I've done and label them so that I can now point people to it here. Listen to this one, listen to that one, listen to the other one. Um, Now, what I wanted to go to was this. Part of, and I'm laying a foundation here, one of the things, there's a guy who uh, had a contract with the military, and he said that he could double the accuracy or the hit rate of snipers in a short amount of time. And he wrote a little book about it. I remember reading reading about it, and I, I tried to pass this on, and I'm going to do it again, but much stronger this time. Part of what he, the main thing that he did, he does not go after the technique. What he went after was the mindset the mindset of the shooter, the ones that were good at it, they all had something that was different. And the idea, what he was able to do is to teach the, the men who already knew how to use the, do the techniques. But what he did is he told, taught them how to do a mindset, which means setting your mind in a certain form or fashion. That's where it goes again to persona or personality. You need to pretend that you're something that you maybe not. And there's an old saying, you know, fake it till you make it. And there's a lot, I mean, I could go into a lot of depth on all the stuff. I mean, I've paid lots of money for seminars. I've done training. You, you name it. I've taught myself. I've read books, etc. I don't have time to go into, you know, 30 years of, of all this education that I've gotten and experience. But just I'm trying to share the, this one simple principle, which is most powerful, and that is you want to put on a particular mindset. Um, I know that when I've taught somebody shooting, whether it's bow and arrow or, or rifle or, or pistol, one of the things that I teach is that you need to look at your target. And I'll give you an example. Anyone's ever shot darts? If you watch the guys that are professional, they are shooting that dart right for that little red dot. Well, not just the red dot. They're looking at that tiny little dot in the middle of the red dot. When they're looking at the triples, that little triple part, what they're looking for is not somewhere in that red zone, but a specific spot, tiny, teeny, little, itty spot, and they're aiming at that one teeny, tiny little spot. Same thing with bowling. And if you try this, if you ever notice where you're standing when you bowl, they have a little triangle and there's a red dot there. If you never look at the, the pins down the, down the line, but you set yourself up right so that your ball rolls right over that red dot that's right there before you, you're going to improve your game drastically. 
the point is you want to focus. It's very similar to what I was talking about where you want to focus on the moon or rather if you want to make it to the moon, focus on Mars. Well, you didn't make it to Mars, but you made it to the moon and people don't focus on anything. Guess where they end up? Nowhere. They end up staying where they are. So that's the first thing is focus yourself on the end goal. What is it you're trying to accomplish? And this is one of the biggest problems that people have is we're on the defense. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot be a defendant. In your mind, I'm talking about in your mindset, you cannot be defending yourself. When you go into battle, if you're able to defend your defend from your attackers, they're not going away. They're just going over and they're getting new guns, bigger guns, more forces, and they're coming at you again. And you've got to, in my opinion, no matter what the situation, when somebody's coming after you, you have to take them out. It's the only. It's not a boxing match where there's somebody's counting points and okay, you won. You got to knock them out. You got to take them out. If they don't take you out, which they can't, because you're still living. As long as you're living, a man or a woman, you're still living. Okay, you can always keep coming back and back and back and back. That's the beauty about this. You can make a mistake and come back. And they talk about that in, on this thing, on this on this audio. So you don't ever have to give up. They have to completely take you out. Okay, but the same thing with them. You need to take them out. How do you do that? That's what I keep talking about. In my because opinion, what you're, yes. What if it's you that's coming after you? Then what do you do? Well, that's kind. Of, can, can you answer that question when I get done? Uh, I think it would. Uh, if you answer it now, you wouldn't have to finish. Uh, no, my my only point is nobody ever forced you to do anything in your whole life. Uh, you you you've done it. I've done it. Roddy's done it. Uh, Tony's done it. And so any any future event that happens is something that we had previously done to ourselves. So, but you can continue. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Um, uh, not that that's not a valid statement. Yeah, you know, I'm looking. You know, what is Michael Jackson? I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good points to that. We could do a whole show on that. I think I have. But right now, I'm discussing something a different subject matter, and I'm laying a foundation. I'm still in the laying of the foundation. I haven't come to my conclusion yet, so it's kind of difficult to jump in and and say I don't need to do it. Um, maybe for you, that's great. Make a note. Um, go make dinner somewhere and come back in half an hour. We'll probably be on another subject matter. But for those that are interested, I'm going to share, I'm going to continue sharing. And the foundation of this, where was I at? Foundation. Oh, now I lost it. Oh, yeah, the mindset. So the mindset there's, there's several things going on in this. When, they, when you are being attacked, um, and we are being attacked, they, they, as a, if you remember last show, I was talking about we have a sickness in this country 
where American people cannot seem to grasp the concept that we have criminals in offices and they are engaged in embezzling the office and causing injury upon you. Again, um, I'm getting more and more away from, and thanks to a little bit of, you know, Carl and stuff, the concepts there, but I'm getting more and more away from specifics um, and getting to the result. That the specifics, as and that the specifics are necessary to bring your action, your claim, but the what matters most is the result. What is the result of your action? If you're a trustee and I'm the beneficiary and I end up, no matter what is the process, in the end, if I am harmed or denied any benefits, then that's the end result. And if I can show that you, whatever actions that were taken were taken and contrived in order to do just that, now I have the, I have the evidence that, hey, one way or the other, the end result was that I was injured, harmed, um, insulted, uh, you know, defamation of character, whatever it is, and you can go to, uh, you know, all the federal stuff, which is TILA, RESPA, and so on, which they actually do the same thing. If you can't prove your claim, right, if you don't have a claim, if you, don't, you can't prove the claim, if you're not a either a person or a man, I know in the common law you want to have a man, and totally agree, no disagreement there, but I'm also saying recognize the other side, um, um, that even your person, they cannot attack your person, okay? They can't attack what, what they're ta- calling a straw man. I don't use that term anymore because it's just one of your persons. And even if there is a person, first thing that we discuss is what? Where's the evidence that there is a person that exists and that I'm a fiduciary of that person, which is in law? Well, they can't even show that that person exists in law. But anyway, I, I wanted to go to, to the important point here, which is mindset. What I'm finding, and I've sort of tapped on this before, and this is very helpful, very, very helpful. It's helped me anyway. Maybe it'll help you. It's helped other people. We need to, we're so far gone, um, it, and we're, we're still men and women. That's why we're emotionally attached to stuff. We've talked about trying to detach yourself from it. What I suggest is that you put on the mindset of you are, should you accept this mission, mission impossible. You are an under cover agent literally put on this personality literally pretend fake it till you make it pretend that you are an undercover agent from the united states of america and has infiltrated because they've now targeted you but you're going to pretend like you're a target you're going to pretend like you're a victim in order to gather information and uh recordings of all of the opportunities you gave them to do the right thing within the law, notice them of the law, notice them of the injury and the harm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all those things, and you made a proper record so that when you, whenever, the, I just say, whenever justice returns, which is when we figure out or you figure out or when we get a court, whatever, when the people begin to get, I've probably just figured out what it is, is the people are not gathering their own courts. We're not creating our own courts. We're not making our own courts. And, I, I'm, you know, one day I'm going to go visit with Carl, and I'm going to get it all laid out as to how he allegedly does that within the courthouse that's there. But even some of these courthouses are private enterprises themselves, the whole damn courthouse. So you, it's difficult to do. That's not even a public one, I found out. I also watched a video someone shared with me where a man, and I'll have to give it to you it's, uh, later on because I don't have it at my fingertips, 
but it's a video, and the man found out under the Securities and Exchange Commission that the whole government of Australia is a corporation out of Washington, D.C. So imagine how they feel. So the point, I'm going to make a quick point on that. That may appear to be a disadvantage. And I've said this a couple hundred times, see if you can get this to sink into your head as well. That it is not a disadvantage that they're a corporation. It is actually an advantage. Because remember how many times I read Hale versus Hinkle where it says that the corporation is subject to its corporate charter, that which has been granted to do, the limitations of its charter, the laws of the state, and the United States. Okay? So that means, and go look at, again, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure Rule 9, that you can bring a non-frivolous suit to extend and even in create statute or law, but you can also bring an action to bring a corporation down. So if enough people, and even technically one, can show that they were harmed by this corporation and do it the proper way, namely this court, this court system that has pretended to be something it's not, but in actual fact, all corporations are creations of the state and all creations of the state are presumed to be for the benefit of the people. You clearly were not benefited. In fact, they deceived you. And Shay had a, a, an epiphany when I was talking to her. Uh, on, I was on another show, I believe it was, and she just had this great epiphany. Oh, my God, you're right. The fact that you were harmed, the fact that you've been injured, the fact that they ended up taking your property against your will, while you were telling them, no, I don't want this to happen. This does not make me happy. This does not please me. Okay? you're, you're t- No, I don't like this. I don't approve it. Don't want it. I don't consent to it. How many thousands of times do you have to say it? The fact that the end result was that you were at, you lost equity, you lost value, you lost something that you wanted to keep or have or make use of is evidence, even after you notice them, is evidence of their contrivances, right, if two or more conspire. So it clearly shows that there is a conspiracy, a conspiring to deprive you of your, of your property, your rights, your liberties, your whatever it is, your safety, your happiness, your exercise of these rights, and the free exercise and the enjoyment thereof. So this is the prima facie evidence is your statement, your affidavits, your notices, whatever. It doesn't matter what form. It doesn't have, We keep worrying about the form. Go to federal rules of civil procedure. It tells you that really form is not over, it's not over function, that, 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 that it's the foundational facts. When you present the facts, they're the facts. They can't ignore it. So what they're engaged in is criminal activities. Now, what happens is I hear these. Now, maybe you guys listening on the show, maybe some of you have, maybe some of you haven't. A lot of, some people are armchair warriors. They have never put any skin in the game. That They just go ahead and pay the ticket off, and they play with the subject matter that we're talking about. I'm not talking about you. you, wanna, you I know that you guys are cowards, and you're going to sit there and listen to all this crap. You're going to try to disrupt it. You're going to try to be a smartass. But in the end, you're not going to do anything that's going to put your ass on the line. What you're going to do is you're going to take off. You know I'm going to interrupt. Come on, don't say that. Well, now we know who I was talking about, don't we? Thank you very much for exposing yourself. Um, <laughs> Go on, listen. Okay. So those people, you know, that's what they're going to end up doing is they're going to kowtow, they're going to cow down, they're not going to follow through, and they're not going to end up helping anyone else to do it. You got to get into the trenches. You've got to find out for yourself. How did I learn all this? How do all these other people learn? They learned because they went in there. They got their asses whipped. 
but they learned from that whipping. They studied. They got motivated. So I'm suggesting for the people that are at the very beginning, just got robbed, got your kids taken, uh, and even if you're in the middle of the beginning, the end, whatever it is, whatever stage you're at, this will help you. That after you go through the shock, after you go through the realization, after you go through the depression stage, I did a whole show with a bunch of us where we were talking about it is a medical fact. It is statistical fact that since the foreclosures have been going up, suicides have doubled in the middle class. There is all sorts of now um, uh, statistical facts that people who go to court at all for any reason whatsoever have been raped because they are, they are exhibiting the same um, um, what do you call it? Um, symptoms as somebody who was raped. The shock, the disbelief, the deny, the denying of it, the being in fear, and so on. All of those things happen. So when you go to court and you get what, and here's the thing, because the fact is, you have been led to believe, and rightfully so, that they're there to give due process. They're there to give, make sure they have equal protections of the law, and that judge, which you thought was you know closest thing to God you could have has completely defiled the position. He's defiled you, defiled the whole principle upon which this government was founded, okay? So it's no wonder, you know, it's like your father who's raping you or your uncles or somebody you trusted has injured you. It's like your bodyguard that has, you know, all of a sudden attacked you and beat you up. That, that you're going to go through that. That's You're supposed to. You're, you're human. That's what shows that you're a man or a woman, okay? That's the whole point. What I'm suggesting to try and get through that as quick as possible and to move on from that so you don't get stuck in that victim stage is to put yourself in the mindset, like we're talking about the snipers, what mindset do they have? You want to put yourself in the mindset, at the very least, in all things, dealing with any of these public officials, that you are a spy and that you are there to perform a duty. And what that does is it makes you no longer a victim. Everything they do to you, you're like, oh, goody, goody, thank you very much. Let me make sure I document it properly. And as I put out a warning a couple weeks ago, I've had five calls from various people in various states who've gone and looked at the public record, and guess what they found out? Documents that were sent to them are no longer there. Documents they filed are no longer on the record. We have a serious, serious problem now. Shay went to the public, uh, the public, um, we call it the uh, land records, and wanted to file something. They would not let her file. Now she learned a lesson. I told her they wouldn't let her file, and that she needed to go there with. And I explained the whole nine yards. You want to have a phone? I put mine on a string. So look, and you can even get a real nice uh, cover for it. You know, one of those rubber covers that looks like it's jewelry. So hanging around your neck, it'll look like jewelry. You can get some other, you know, they have now, you can get a USB, um, what do you call it, thumb drive that actually is a recorder. Um, there's all sorts of covert ways you can do it. But you've got to not joke about this. You really are uh, a, a, a technically a spy that is going in undercover, and you're documenting all of these criminal acts that they're doing. Because if you don't document them, you can cry, baby, all you want. You can tell me about what they've done to you, but... It, we need evidence. In order to bring a claim against them, you need evidence of that claim. It needs to be substantial real evidence that they can't get rid of. And you know ahead of time that these are criminals. That's, where, that's why this mindset works. 
because you won't be surprised. You won't be upset. You're going to smile inside and go, oh, okay, that's wonderful. Thank you very much for screwing me because in the end, that's going to be, I'm going to document that. Thank you so very much. Um, and can you help me document it, you dumbass? Thank you very much. I'll appreciate that. Oh, I'm going to put this in, you know, I kind of figured you were going to do that, so I have a document here. Let me see, what's your name again? Okay, and put it in there. And it says so-and-so and such and that's I so-and-so, working board, blah, 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 department, are refusing to record a document and have no, and da-da-da-da-da. And you've already got the statute, which says what their job is to do. You've already noticed them, and you've got a recording. You've got your witness there. They refuse to sign. I said, well, that's okay. I've got a witness here that says you refuse to sign it, but you have, in fact, done this. So you've got this whole thing laid out, and like in her case, they called five police officers out there. Again, you record all that, and you let them know. It's like, well, wait a minute, I'm one woman. Is anyone armed? Am I armed? I'm not armed. Do I? You know, do, do you need more than one man here? If you really feel unsafe, you know, have I threatened anyone? No. So you 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 hold court right there. You get your evidence right there. You get it recorded, and you have your witnesses. Always bring a witness. So you have your whole court case right there, forty two nineteen eighty three, probably worth a million dollars. Why? Because they'll settle for that much because you got them red handed. But it's how you handle it. You are there because you knew they were going to do this. You know their game plan at this point. And if you don't know that game plan, you at least have the mindset, you know they're going to do something unlawful. You know they're going to do something criminal. You know they're going to do something that is going to try to cause you injury or upset. But you don't get upset. You don't take it personally. You just smile and go, there's another million dollars. All i got to do is make sure I certify it properly and make sure I make a good record and have my witnesses so that when I make my case, I can prove the case. It's kind of like you know you're going to get robbed. So what do you do? You go out and you get cameras and you get them recorded and you get witnesses sitting in the parking lot so that when you get robbed, you can, you know, no one's going to stop them from robbing you because the cops are the ones doing it. And you follow the cops and you see them changing uniform from when they were police and, and putting the hoods on. It's kind of like that. If you have that mindset, you won't get off your game. You, you, your whole mindset will be totally different. You'll be tingling the whole time. Okay, great. How can I do this? How can I do that? How can I record this? Oh, this is fantastic. Do you have, and, and the question, you've got to learn, if nothing else, over and over and over again to turn it into a question by following up and saying, isn't that correct? Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that what that says? Is that your opinion? Does this make sense? Anything that turns it into question, is that correct? It's very, very powerful tools, but you've got to practice them, practice them, practice them. Do it on your friends. Every time they say something to you or ask you a question, answer with a question. Well, what's your reason for asking me that question? It's the easiest one. Why are you asking? What is the purpose of your question? You just asked him a question, haven't you? Well, are are you are you um, you know uh, Rumpelstiltskin? Well, what's the purpose of your question? Well, I need to know. Well, why do you need to know? Well, because I said so. Well, who is you? Who are you? You see, you just you keep coming back. Are you going to answer the question or not? Well, what is the purpose of your question? You see. Do you understand? Well, I'm not, not sure that I comprehend your question. Would you please explain it to me? You see, it's very simple to do that, but you put them on the spot every single time because they have to follow up with an answer. And when they don't answer, guess what? They're admitting that they don't have an answer and that they're actually causing you harm. That's why when you get better, you say, is your intent to cause me harm? Now you've asked the question. When they don't say no, the answer is yes. And you now have it on the record. That's what we mean when we say making a record. It's not on their record. It's on your record. We already know now that they're corrupting the record too. 
It used to be that their record was good. Now, fortunately, in where I'm at in Maryland, the recording is good. And when they say it's not recorded, they, they it's not a court of record. Well, then what are you doing in there? That's the first thing. Well, you know, why are you in a, in, in a court that's not a court of record? Um, and when you give your notices, but we're finding out that because of their own, it, because it's a business, they have a a third party uh, that records things that go in the, every courthouse, every courtroom, and even in the hallways. So it's there, but it's not them. It's not the company. It's not the one that's you know pretending to be a courtroom that that says it's a it's a court of record because it's not. You're in their private court, but if you're not there, then you know. So you establish all this, all the things we talked about. I don't want to go into that much detail right now tonight. I want to focus on one thing, and that is mindset, mindset, mindset. When you put on that mindset, it's work. Two people that I've got kind of started working on that mindset, you can tell there's a difference. There's a change in their attitude. When they call me back now, they're not, it's not that. It's like, well, okay, they did this just like you said, and I got this recorded, and I got that recorded, and I got this, and I go, okay, let's get it verified. Da-da-da, did you do this? Don't need to do that. Okay, fine. It's now more, okay, this is what happened. This is what's going on. You're more like a mechanic. You're not taking it personal. And this is extremely important. Because the reason is when, and, and you know, this, this woman in Texas, she's been fighting these people for, for, you know, three years now. And she's doing one hell of a job. She's documented everything. She's the most meticulous uh, documenter I know. And she was, went into crybaby mode the other day, and I had to turn around and flip around and say, okay, fine, you're doing, you know, the fact that they're coming after you in this manner, you know, re-slandering you, refiling fraudulent charges means that you already have won. Just keep following through. And I keep repeating the same question. Have they or have this guy or his attorney ever refuted the statements you made? No. That's the foundation of a, of a, of a um, def, uh, defamation suit. The first thing they must show, the first thing they must prove is that the statements that you made were false. And they haven't done that. All the rest of it is bullshit and smokescreen. That's exactly what it is. Just keep gathering your evidence. And sure enough, there was a big, huge crack. And they found that, and that's when she found out and, st- and looked and said, holy crap, they're sending me orders. Orders. Alleged court orders, alleged court orders, which, which I now have revealed are not court orders because they're not signed or, st- or, or, or sealed by the court, okay? So it's not a court order. And I just found, if you listen to this recording, they're not truly in order until you sign it. And I want you to listen to that recording because that's the last little link which I didn't think anyone knew or would even grasp a hold of. But since it's out there, um, this is this is the uh, what do you call it? The college education about that that that's actually what is really missing because we're creditors. Most people cannot get their head around or wrapped around the fact that we're creditors. But perhaps if you listen to somebody else explain it to you, you'll finally get it. Hopefully, then go re-listen to the ones where I said this whole universe was created and given to us by Creator, and everything hey, else, the banks and everything else, were created by us to benefit us. Hey, so Colin, how can we be anything else other than the creditors? Hey, Colin. Yes. Like every five minutes or maybe ten, could could you pause and maybe ask if people have questions or something? Um, if I'm not on a roll trying to explain something, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. Well, you, I mean, you kind of just stated yourself that people are lost and, you know, we're, we, we don't have the right mindset. So 
slowing down a little bit, even if you're on a roll, you could, you know, you could roll for four hours, but the, 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 let's say idiots out there would only catch that first two minutes. And so it'd kind of be a waste of your time unless you offer us a chance to ask questions. All right, let me address that. Number one, if you're not coming here with note and a piece of paper and making and writing down your questions and you're not prepared for class, okay? Now, that's, that goes back to kindergarten. You come to class, the first thing your parents do is take you out there and give you notebooks, pens, and pencils. So I suggest that you're going to take this seriously considering this has to do with your life, your neighbor's life, and your family's life. It's probably a pretty good idea that you go out and you get prepared. So if you want to pretend, and again, frame of mind, whatever works for you, you know, I do that. I go out and I get all of this, this, this equipment. I ask, you know, if you want a list of equipment, I give it to you right now. And the second thing I'm going to say is this is recorded for a reason, okay? It is recorded for a reason. And that's well, the reason I request that people record conversations that I have with them so that you can go back and refer to them so that you can say, okay, uh, he, he was talking bullshit and stories between here and here, but this was really good nugget. Let me go ahead and write that down in my notes section. That's oh, what you need to do. I'm done with your role. Um, this is actually Sonia's call, isn't it? Don't you have your own uh, talk show channel and stuff? So I think maybe Sonia could be the judge about you know how, how she wants to handle her show and if we need to bring pens and papers or, or if she wants to slow it down a bit. Well, I'm sure if Sonia hey, wants hey, Colin. to... Yeah. Colin, I would like to hi. I would like you to address the last thing before the I think that was face one that interrupted you. Yeah. I was I was walking and no I do not have a piece of paper and pen. But uh, I would like for you to repeat that last thing that you end up mentioning. About what, Shan? Do you remember any keywords that he said? About being predator or something? Here, it was right before you interrupted. Um, oh, about, about being a predator. Yeah, that the universe was created by creator and given to us, and everything else is created by man to benefit us. It's one of the most difficult things for people to get around their, their heads wrapped around. There's several things that we have been conditioned to believe otherwise. And you'll hear it on this other recording, that you're conditioned every time they call the name, you stand up and go, here I am, here I am, because we now anytime you ask somebody, is that you, they go, yes. When most, not all, but some of the people on here have got their head wrapped around the fact that you are not the name. And here's a technique that you can use. I want you to go to the mirror, get lipstick or whatever you want that can be wiped off, um, and I want you to write the name, it doesn't matter whether it's all caps, upper and lower case, wherever you want to write it, whatever name you associate with yourself to, put it on the mirror. Now I want you to look at the name. Now look at the image that's in the mirror. Look at the name, look at the mirror and the image. Are they the same? No. So you need to decide, are you the man or woman in, that's the image in the mirror or are you that thing that you just wrote in, 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 uh, in, in lipstick? Well, correct. And, I would be the cuddler or defendant. Right, exactly. There you go. And it's basically fundamental. You ha it's practice, practice. You have to undo, unprogram yourself, uncondition yourself. And the only way you can do that is by practice, practice, practice with your people around here. I, I, when people say, uh, who are you? I say, well, I go, you know, you can call me Colin. I know what they're asking. And I tell the judges the same thing. I just do it by habit now because I practice it. Well, you can call me Colin. I'm giving you permission to call me Colin. 
I or I present. You. When you're in huh? court, I present. Call him. No, I didn't say I was calling. I said, you may call May. I, I said, you may. I'm giving him permission. You may call me Colin. Or you will also, hold on, also you can ask the judge, what is your name? And sometimes oh. the judge will end up saying, my name is private. There you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. So you can say, oh, I agree with you. That's fantastic. So my name is private too then, isn't it? And you follow, now you follow up with a question. He made a statement. You can follow it up. You could actually you could put him in a box and say, "Oh, really? Are you not a, are you not holding a public office?" Now you put him in a box again by putting him in a question. Oh, are you not holding a public office? And then I got to go. Uh, uh, well, did, is, does not that office require you to swear an oath of office? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, okay. No, Colin, they do swear an oath of office, but it's not the right one. They swear it to. Their um, their state, their um, oh, what it they they swear to everything but Article Six of the Constitution. The senators and representatives before mentioned, as well as the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. Okay, you you mentioned the word shall. That's in the future. Well, here's the thing. We could go around and around about this and all this other what I call nutty stuff, but the fact is um, I have yet to see a case law that's where it says the word shall is future tense and therefore it doesn't apply to a judge's oath of office. It also says this, that this Constitution laws that shall be made in pursuance thereof shall be, shall, yeah, shall be the uh, supreme law of the land and the judges in every state are bound thereby. So they're bound by it. But even still, even let's say that, they, that they're going to be real smart asses and everything, and say, oh, shell this, I've never heard one do that. It doesn't matter. Here's the point that I'm trying to state. Even an actor, if you catch an actor in the act, they will not deny the act because they don't want you to know who they really are because then they would, they would be admitting that they're acting. So what I do is I use the fiction that they've created against them. Like I said, whenever I write a thing, I say, doesn't the Constitution say this? And then they have to go, uh, 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 uh. Doesn't the Constitution say that no state shall make or enforce any law that abridges the privilege or immunity of citizens of the United States? I haven't said that I'm a citizen of the United States, have I? I haven't made any claims. I just asked the question, isn't that what it says? And then I say, well, aren't you bound by that? What are they going to do, say no? But See, it's, funny how, it's, it's funny how you end up mentioning act actors acting because some of the some of them do put in acting as such and such actor of such and such so it's it's funny that you mentioned that i'm sorry to yeah. interrupt yeah and as an actor they have an obligation to follow the script and that's all i'm doing i'm saying fine i recognize okay. the fact i've read the script i know what you're obligated to do and when okay. I put it on the record, well, aren't that I then I follow up? I go, aren't you obligated to support the Constitution? If you listen to my three questions, they say what? Isn't it true that you are obligated? There you go, the financial right, the the and duty bound. That's the duty part. Two things. 
contractually they're obligated and duty-bound to obey any lawful order. And they go, oh, yes. Isn't it also true that you're obligated and duty-bound to disobey any unlawful order? Now, they never thought about that. Their wheels start going, what? But they'll instantly answer because they don't want to not look, they don't want to, they don't want to look stupid. So they go, yes. So now you have them saying, yes, they are obligated because it's obvious. They are also obligated and duty-bound to disobey any unlawful order. So then I follow up and I say, well, how are you supposed to know if you're obeying a lawful order or committing a crime if you don't know what the law says as it is written? Now I've okay, got a Colin. Colin, what's the difference between actor or acting? Well, an actor is somebody who is, and acting is somebody who is doing. Okay. So you may be an actor, but the question is, are you acting? And that's what I've been trying. It's a beautiful question, actually, because that goes straight to the heart of the matter. Even though you may be a driver, and you may be a licensed driver. Oh shoot! Hold on a second. I get so uh, I'm getting. Uh, I have to text somebody this call. They want to get in on this call. Hold on one second, please. Um, hold on one second. I mean, how do I do this? I forgot. My bad. Um, let me see. Let's see if I can do this. By the top button, it should put you on hold, Colin. Four. 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 Don't tell him how to do that, Sonia. <laughs> a little while ago, too. It wasn't for me, actually. It's for Ren. He's the owner of the phone, so. Okay. Yeah, sometimes we gotta we got to jump out and tend to something, so that's okay. You know, we're all pretty clear. No, I was just looking at the chat. There's nothing uh, on the chat as far as questions. But, no, I like to... Uh, Get on uh, Collins behind. Yeah, well, and I, I can... he was at actor. Remind him he was at actor and acting, and how oh, he laid. He end up. I don't recall what it was because I was walking. Um, but he he end up mentioning the good nugget. But, however, I'm going to be doing a call uh, at 9 o'clock. Yeah, okay, Shane. Super. I'm so glad you called, my my friend. Uh, Yeah, if anybody wants to jump over to your call and and talk specifically about what you want to talk about, mine are pretty carefree. You know, there's nothing specific right now, but you've usually got uh, specific things that you like to talk about. So, yeah, post it. Mine is going to be on Julie as um, she's willing to do another call. Yeah. And it has to do with um, bills, how to to write out the bills to get the bills zeroed out. Okay, post it. Post it here. And um, no problem. I got no problem. I think more the merrier. More calls the merrier. I don't care if there's... Let's do it. Yeah. Post it here, please, Cheyenne. And... um, let friends know, um, you know, what it's about a little bit or whatever you want to do. I don't care. Well, I want to uh, do that one. And, um, I mean, I want to do, uh, okay, here's the call. 
but basically on just on the bills and also void orders. Super. I'm I'm huge on void orders. Super. Yep. Great giant. Great. Yep. Okay. Oh, back on your call. I guess Colin's still there. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Cheyenne, go ahead and text me the the call number and. Um, so I would like I you can... to talk to uh, Julie. She is uh, helping the um, um, what are their names? Uh, the Bindies, Bindies. Shoot, what's their names? Text. The they Bundy? were in. You talking about the Bundy Ranch? Yes. She was helping oh. them, or she is helping them. Okay, okay well, good. maybe you can do that on your call, Cheyenne. But the thing yes. is, here, like, um, um, face one one, you know, if anybody's got any questions for Colin here at this time, and then, you know, if you want to post. Correct, correct. Have, yeah, yeah, correct. So jump over to you. Correct. But if anybody's got any questions here for Colin, you know, maybe Colin, whenever you're ready, my dear, uh, you can take the time out for some questions and. You know, yeah, let, let's do what we can do here. And then Cheyenne's got a call going on at 9. So, yeah, Cheyenne, post it here. Um, yeah, tell a little bit about it. That's fine with me. And, uh, yeah, that's what it's all about is uh, we're all in the same boat, eh? All I had to say is uh, she's helping the uh, Bundys out, but she's going to be on the call tonight as far as accepting bills and to... Um, Respond to the bills. What kind uh, of bill? Uh, electric, whatever. Oh, record. Okay. You know, whatever. Hydro, water, whatever. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this and recording. This this recording um, that I shared with you on Blog Talk Radio, that particular one, it's it's called 1099 OID, but it covers exactly how to do the bills. Um, and you really, really should. That's one of the subject matters on it, which I mentioned ahead of time. That there's a, a particular way to do that, and you got to get your head. But again, that's okay, Colin, can you post or Sonia? Can you post that? Because I don't see it on the. Uh, yeah, she already did. Check it's great again. Blog Talk Radio 1099 OID. Huh. So it's blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com. She typed it in there. Blogtalkradio.com. 1099 OID. Oh, and I I'll copy and paste it in again. Okay. Yeah, I already I already primed you everybody for that. You really want to listen to it, but recognize the fact that there's at least three, if not four, completely separate subject matters on there, and you need to delineate and differentiate. Otherwise, you get them all mixed up, and you'll be going off half cocked. Mhm. Thank you. Paul. And it's the mindset. If you do not know in your heart, if you do not know in your soul that you are a man or a woman and not a name then you need to keep practicing if you do not know in your heart and soul that you are a creditor. Correct. And that's why I try to share it with people to think about it. That's what I'm trying to do is stun people and get them to think about something they cannot deny. We hold these truths to be self-evident. You cannot freaking deny the fact that the universe was created. Obviously, it's intelligent because it just as I've gone through this whole thing, clearly the earth is on a tilted axis, not on a straight axis. It's rotating at a specific speed so that we don't go flying off. It's also a certain distance from the sun. It has a moon, so it creates the tides, on and on and on. All of these details that are required to create this phenomenal thing called the earth. And then we're given this earth. It's all here. It's, it's here for us, everything. Okay? And how can the created tell the creator what to do? Is there anyone here? What does it say in Hale versus Hinkle again? Not that you have to believe what Hale versus Hinkle says. 
It is just that it says it so succinctly and so basically and so fundamentally well. These rights existed long antecedent or prior to the creation of the state. It's that simple. So how can a something that you created, something that exists on paper, tell you, the creator, what to do? But people, we, they grow up believing that, the, that government is God, that somehow government created them. Again, when it comes to the tax things, it comes to everything that they're doing. Show me where you're authorized to do it. If you're not authorized to do it, you're not authorized to do it, which is very different, Hale versus Engel. His power to contract is unlimited, which is very distinctly different from the corporation, which is it can make no contract it is not authorized to do in its charter. In fact, its very existence is, is dependent upon it continuing to stay within the bounds of its corporate charter and the laws of the state, as well as the laws of the United States. It's very, very simple stuff when you really get it, but you really have to get your head wrapped around it. They don't go into detail, but she does. She goes in just enough detail that, that, that works, but I tried to you know, lay it out even better. Hey guys, you cannot have a contract. You cannot. All these people say, "Well, you have a consent contract. You have a contract." In fact, all of these things that may be true, but there's well, one fundamental law about contract, which is what you cannot make a contract with somebody that harms them. Oh, not Hill versus Hinkle. Make a contract that harms you. Hill versus Hinkle. What was the controversy that even caused it to go to court? Hello? Hello? Yeah, on the Hill versus Hinkle, I skimmed through it. Uh, who is this, Ronnie? But, yeah, I was wondering what caused it to go to court. Like, what was the controversy? Was Colin, though? What was the issue at hand? What's the purpose of your question? To find out. I read over the uh, Hill versus what, Hinkle. What has that got to do with the subject matter we're talking about now? Well, what was it about? You go to court well, over a constant. Is that going to help you understand, or yeah. are you just trying to disrupt again? No, it helped me understand. Why did it even wind up in court to render that such decision? What was it about? If you really are serious about understanding, go read it for yourself. I did, but you you're reading it and applying it to that. So I was curious about what it was about. Did you did you read that part? I didn't. Oh, of course, I read the whole thing from entirely. I've read it probably five or ten times. But if you start on page 74, that's where you get that beautiful meat because the court is stating something that is just so beautifully stated. It's basically self-evident what's already in the unanimous Declaration of Independence. But it shows that the Supreme Court itself has basically restated the unanimous Declaration of Independence in that particular. And someone it's even like force into different. Sorry about that. It sounds like someone tried to force them into a contract or something, like duties and obligations or something. No, it, it, it was a very simple thing that there was a charge brought against a corporation. One of the officers of the corporation refused, and it, and he stood upon the, the, uh, the Fifth Amendment, the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, stating that he did not, that he could not be forced to incriminate himself, and, the, and that's what the case was about. Well, can the state, a, 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 um, a charge by the state, can they force a corporation which includes an officer. There's several subject matters there. There you have an officer of a corporation. Is an officer of a corporation a person or is he a man? And that's what they were saying. The individual may stand upon his rights. The man is actually using individual to refer to the man. They also, to them it's synonymous. The individual, the man, the, uh, even the citizen. 
okay, as it says there, as a citizen. The individual as a citizen may stand upon his rights guaranteed by the Constitution or protected by the Constitution, whereas the corporate man, or excuse me, the corporate person cannot because the corporation is a creation of the state. As it says, it would be a strange anomaly that the, that the creator, the state, could not, ha- could not inspect the books of the thing that it chartered, which clearly lays it out so beautifully that the corporations are creations of the state. The state is the same thing as it's in the same way that the state created the corporation or granted its, its charter. The people did the same thing to grant and created the charter of the state and granted it. So the, same, the beauty about that, when you see that the, the difference between the citizen or the man or the individual and the, st- and the corporation and the state, you begin to see here's the difference. That is very simple, that the, that the, that the, the officer of the corporation, the agent of the corporation, does cannot stand upon its constitutional rights. Now, there is a dissenting. You can read the dissenting if you believe that it can. But this case is very powerful because it showed very clearly the common sense that, it is a, that the corporation is a creation of the state. And it would be a strange anomaly that the state could not go and inspect that which is subject to the state uh, constitution, the state laws, as well as its charter, to inspect and see that it is staying within the bounds of those things. That's the Carl, difference. It is do, bound. We are not. Do you have any evidence uh, from any, let's say, case law or, or court case that says that an individual is a man, just like you stated to Cheyenne, that you didn't see any court case that said shall uh, is referencing a future term or something. So is there any evidence that we have that uh, the justice system says that an individual is equal to a man? Any no. Writing? I mean, no. Uh, you know, let me answer the question now. If you want to, I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I was wondering okay. that too, you know, the difference between an individual and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of confused there too. This is what's fascinating about that case, is the fact that they use the word individual, but ironically, because it's an old case, the intent of individual was talking about one of the people, okay? The same thing when you go to the Constitution, it says the right of the people to be secure in their persons. clearly differentiates the difference between people and persons. So the question is, what is a people? You, you might ask that, is a people man? Is it, you know, is one of, are we, and this is what I'm getting at, is no matter what, if you want to stand and say, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, that's great. But are you, do you, do you, are you one of the people? Are you not? And that they actually address that in this, in this recording as well, that there are people that uh, have ways of getting completely out of the system. But the problem is, you're standing in the middle of a country all by yourself. Is that what you really want? So you have to ask yourself, do you want the benefits? Do you want the protections? Do you want to have all, and and this is what I'm going to say to you to answer your question. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you know that you're a man or woman who has and can be and has a citizen, who has an individual, who can have all of these other persons, private and so on. And I could ask each and every one of you, are you a son? Yes, well, then there's a person. Are you a daughter? Yes, there's a person. Are you a mother? Are you, are you any of these things? Yes. Well, you clearly have persons. To deny you have persons is, in my opinion, lunacy. The question is, do you want, to be, do you want your persons to be protected? And, and this is what I stated before. Even if you 
consider yourself a person, according to the laws, even a person has the right to be protected, has the right to due process of law. That's how you can stand upon your person mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, even if I'm the lowest thing a person, I still have, or my mm-hmm. entity still has, the right to due process of law. Right. But now, can an officer of a corporation, okay, can an officer, an agent of a corporation, remember that an agent acts as if they were the principal, and the principal is considered to know what the agent is doing. This is where you go to the 42 1983 because you're showing that, that the principal that you're going after is required to know what the agent is doing. So the question is, can an agent of a corporation, which is clearly, it's chartered, it's written, it has a corporate charter, it's all there, it's, it's got to be active and so on. It, it was created under the rules of the state. So there's no, no question that this thing is in existence as a corporation and that this corporate entity thing of the state hired you to be one of its actors. So you are employed as an actor of the state, or excuse me, of that corporation, and that corporation is subject to the state. Okay? So now... confused a little bit, Colin. Uh, you, you keep flipping jurisdictions bad uh, between man, which is a very private jurisdiction, and an individual officer, person, corporation, which I guess you could say is somewhere like a statutory jurisdiction, you know, created by statute. So is there, you know, what's what's funny or what's interesting is when you look under like the business and commerce code of your state and it defines officer, it also says individual, you know, and then you look up the driving code and it says uh, operator and it'll say individual, but but not, not nowhere that I've seen does it say man equals individual you know so you, you can say that i was, I was kind of getting to that, that when you look at the old case because the old case that when they use the term individual they were referring to it more in the likeness of man than 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 in the statutes they've since changed it because they realized that they could confuse people in the statutes by using the term individual i agree with you but for when you go it's the same thing which i said about the constitution when you look at for instance was Obama eligible for the position? Well, people say, well, his, his mother was a citizen. Well, you have to go back to when that was written. When was the Constitution written? Has it been amended to clarify? Like I said, 18 U.S.C. 241 has been amended to clarify that it used to say uh, if two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, or threaten any person. It used to say person. But now because, they, because person is all over statutes, because there's tons of statutes where person is defined, they took out person because they realized that that doesn't apply to just persons. So they said any inhabitant. So it became more inclusive, any inhabitant. So, so well, things are amended, but the Constitution's that's never been amended. And as a result, the, the folks on this call, you know, what you're talking about is true or it's very good information, but th- that has no bearing on, on a man's life. The, the Constitution is a very important document. I, I agree with you 100%. Very important. It limits, it's bounds, what is written, and it still stands. However, it does not have any, uh, it does not apply at all to a man, at all. We are the oversight. We are just the oversight. And uh, so so we can't mix the two, is all I'm saying. It, 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 when, when you're talking about Hale versus Hinkle and corporate law, statutory jurisdictions and decisions, uh, people, I think, want to, hear more about their their 
uh, self, their life. How how can we how can we take what you're saying and apply it directly to our life without getting involved in all everything that you're talking about statutory, constitution, jurisdiction, mindsets, going into court, fighting battles because that's not what the system was intended for. Like you said, the, the system is intended to protect man, and, and man does not have to do anything except not harm another man. And the system that's, is set up. That's, that's, that's the, you know, I agree with you in principle, and, and, and people who know and, and listen and pay attention know that I separate the two, that there's a difference between uh, uh, reality and practicality. In other words, the truth is what you're saying, but also listen to what you just said. You said that we are the oversight. That's right. We are the oversight. We are the managers. But how can you manage and how can you have oversight if you don't know it yourself? And this is the problem, that people keep ignoring that, which they we do have. You keep, you know, other people talk about, well, you have obligations, duties, responsibilities. Well, yeah, you kind of do to make sure that this creation does not harm another. If you see another man being harmed, it may not be your car. It may not be your motorcycle. It may not be your sword. Your whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It may not. Be, it may not be your penis. But the fact of the matter is, when you see somebody assaulting somebody else or injuring someone else, as you know, Roddy likes to say, "Well, don't you you know stay in honor?" Well, it's it's also in in if you want to look at law, there's also such a thing. You have an obligation to do something. You have some sort of a social duty to protect other people. Okay, so here you have somebody being injured by something that maybe does not apply to you. Has nothing to do with you. But, on the other hand, when you recognize what you just said, that it was one of the things that the people, man, okay? When I say people, I mean that is more than one man put together, okay? So that people, meaning the people, that you, there's you, there's me, man, man, and together we're called people, okay? Not persons, but people. So as one of the people... Okay, we have duty and obligation responsibility, even if it's not our creation, even if we're not subject to it. The fact of the matter is that they are subject to it. And this is merely evidence that they are violating that which is their creation or that was created, that they were, that they were derived from. But if you don't have it, you can stand it. And, and, and by all means, if you show me over and over and over again, it's consistent. If you can show me where you can go into court and go, I'm a man screw yourself, I don't know who the hell you are. Good luck. I mean, I've, held, I've, been, I've done that, okay? I've done that, and I've been thrown into jail as a result of it, and I stood my ground, and I walked out of there. But in the end, I wanted to do something different, and I've, I've said it. I'm going to keep saying it. I, I know people aren't hearing it. My position, if you, want to, if you want to hear what I have to say, my position is that we need to do something substantial to prevent this cancer from continuing to harm others. A cancer will kill its host. I have lived in the woods. I've been in places, and I've seen the invasion. They are invading every aspect of our lives. If people had paid attention eight years ago, before the public record keepers, and the public records existed long before the courts or the state even did. It was something that the people established was the land records. It was established a long time before it says it. Okay, same thing with the postal service, the post office was established before the establishment of the state. These things have been corrupted. If people had paid attention to it six years ago, when I was talking about it six years ago and prevented this, we wouldn't have the corruption of the public records. You can know, I am one of the last people in this state who filed a uh, acknowledgement of the warranty deed. They will not let you file it anymore. So 
it's continuing and continuing and continuing. The invasion is continuing. We have an invading army here. Maybe it's not your army, but the fact is it is invading you. And you must use, in my mind, you must use any and every tool available to you. Now, the only other way is for you to stand there, go ahead and come into court with your arms, you know, your physical arms, your bazooka, whatever it is, and say, I don't, I, if you don't do the right thing, I'm going to shoot you because I'm going to have every right to defend myself. Well, that's a matter of fact. They're attacking you. They're trying to deprive you. They're violating your rights as a man. Uh, they are trespassing upon you, and you have every right to defend your property. The only problem is we're not doing that, which is what we really technically should be doing. But we're not doing that. Why? Because we know that we'll end up dead, and we, won't, and we want to live to see another day. So we have, you, know, you choose the battle any way you want to fight it. If, it's, if, if going in there and saying, I'm a man, works, oh, man, I'll be all behind you. Show me. If you can go in there and show me ABC, how to go in, how to fill out a document, whatever it is, to get your court, and then you can, call, you can summons it under your court, which I believe we need to do. I believe this is as simple as that if the people uh, would get together and start uh, manifesting their own courts again, we, just like if the people would start manifesting their own uh, uh, um, uh, money, true money, that no longer would they be using, but it's the people keep using it. We have a majority of people, these are a minority of people, just starting to wake up. If people would start using uh, the, the concept and the principle that I'm a man and that you're subject to the Constitution, great. That's what I'm always doing. I'm always coming from that perspective. But I'm coming from the perspective of also that, wait a minute, I can show you in writing that you're bound by this. And the fact that you're, that you're bound by this and you're violating it in and of itself is a violation of your own codes and your own statutes. You want to call it your own. I don't see I see any way to win. I believe um, that's the only way to win. I believe that's the only way to win at the moment. Yep. Well, can you can you say that again? I couldn't understand you. Oh, oh good evening, everyone. Evening, Colin. No, evening. I was what what you just said, showing showing them that are that they are violating their own laws. Yeah, but they're not. That's that's the point. Okay. Okay. Is is that because they keep changing them to their own favor? No. No. That's that's another myth. They don't change it. See, this is a whole thing. See, here's the thing. The people, you know, I, I can't explain. It's like being. It's like the difference between. It's like, have you ever been in a boxing ring and won a fight? I have. Okay, I've won this fight. I've won it more than once. I've won it on criminal charges. I've helped other people. So. And this is the thing. When you, when you listen to the people who, you know, that, that have lost versus the people who have won, when you talk to the people that have used statute code law and won, the people who have done uh, 42-1983s, go look at the Trazavan case. I made an offer. I can show you the Trazavan case where a man got paid almost $1,000. It was a jury trial. $1,000 an hour. I mean a minute. Excuse me, a minute. Which basically because his rights were deprived. He was in jail for all of 24 minutes, and he got $25,000. That works out to almost $1,000 a minute. So I have something I can hold on to. I can't find anything in the record. I can't find any documentation anywhere. No one sent me a pamphlet or documentation or a video that walks me through the whole man's, uh, man stuff. Hey, this is how you know I see a picture. I see a picture of the first time a woman ever has brought their own uh, court and create her own court, but well, that's only one. 
in science, we have a rule that if you can't repeat the same experiment and get the same result, then it's not, a, it's not science. It was, a, it was an anomaly. I want to see where it's consistently done. I know people that consistently win over and over and over again using statute and law, and they just get better and better and better at it. The only reason I'm doing it is practicality. I spent, what, five and a half, six years doing the man stuff and all this other stuff. It, it, for me, it didn't work. If it's working for other people, share the information with me. Quit hiding it from me. Give it to us. Give it to us freely. Show me A, B, C, D. If it's so simple that it's scary, then it should be so simple it's scary. Show it to me. I'm, I'm sharing what I know because I want to give you hope so that you can hold them off like my friend. He doesn't know crap about anything. He's beginning to now, but we started. He actually thought I was a complete nut for the first year. But guess what? Four years later, he's still in court and he's still filing stuff. And he's still in his house. He's getting tired of it, but now I got him on a new attitude that, hey, you're undercover. You're going to, make a, you're going to bring a 4293. You're going to make millions of dollars. Go listen to this show. Don't listen to me. Listen to what this show says. Work the system. The system was created to benefit us. It's because we have people that have infiltrated the system that are using it against us. That's what the real problem is. There's a trust. You're the beneficiary of a trust. If you want to get rid of your benefits, go ahead. If you want to say, I don't want them anymore, go ahead. You can remove yourself. There's a whole process out there. You can listen to Tammy Peppermint and get yourself completely removed from the system. I have three people that get removed themselves completely from the system. Guess what? Within two years, they're dead. Go ahead. Remove yourself from the system. You've got nobody defending you. You've got no law to stand on, no constitution to stand on. You got nothing. You're all by yourself. You are what? An alien. That's exactly what you are. An alien. And you know how they treat millions, you know, thousands of people in other countries with the drone strikes. And now accordingly, because the people haven't stepped up, you know, the president say, Hey, you got an alien in the midst here. Let's go ahead and drone strike his ass. Who's gonna defend you? You got no country and no no nothing that's gonna defend you. You can't bring a you can't bring a claim in a court, you can't bring a claim anywhere because and like I said before, listen to the case where the guy had, and the court stated, you have standing, but the guy came in as a sovereign citizen. You want to be left alone, just keep calling yourself a sovereign citizen. Because according to that court case where the, where the court said that there is no such thing as a sovereign citizen, and it laid it out beautifully as why there isn't, because you can't be a sovereign and a citizen, and if you're a sovereign, which is the same thing as saying that you're man sovereign, then you have no business being in court in the first place, because... You, you know, you just tell the court what to do. You're the sovereign, which is absolutely true. But do you know how to be a sovereign? You know, it talks about, well, you need to start acting like a man. Well, how about you start acting like a sovereign? How about you start acting like the creator? Hey, this is my freaking court. Get the hell off of that bench. Get down and take that robe off. Who the hell are you? Because technically that's what you can do, but good luck. See, there's reality. There's, there's, the, there's the myth side which is actually true, but then there's the reality of actually being able to follow through with it. Somebody could sit there and watch videos all day long on how to throw a football. It doesn't mean that you can throw a touchdown in a, in a Super Bowl game. That's what, I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to share with you. As soon as all this time, at least you're going to have hope. At least you can delay it. At least you can stall. At least you can cost some time and money. At least you're making a record so that you can sit there and say, look, here's all of my record. I noticed them. I let them know. And when you finally create your own court, you can go, look, here's all of the evidence. I'm not telling you to do anything that is going to harm you. It will only benefit you no matter what. Whether you end up being a man and creating your own court, you're going to have a record. 
of all of the injuries that they've done. Every time you try to, to say, no, I don't want this, I don't like this, this is harming me, it's injuring me, it's damaging me, whatever term you want to use, the end result is what matters. But if you don't make any record at all, if you don't make any objections at all, if you don't state anything at all, then you're left with nothing. Again, think of it that you're a juror and that somebody's coming into court and making all these accusations. Case after case after case, I see these people making these accusations and conclusions of law, and they don't put in one fact. Just accusations, conclusions of law, just and nothing else. I mean, you can run away from the statutes and laws and codes and everything else, but, you know, as we all know, here come the guys that are, you know, in statute with these arms and, 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 and you know, in uniforms, and they're going to impose on your life. And they're going to do it because they believe what they know what the statutes and laws say, even though they've never read them. So when, 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 when you have, when you can sit there, and I, would, I will listen to your show all day and all night, when you can teach me how to bring an action into any courthouse in any state, anywhere, as a man, and convict, try and convict, or whatever it is that you want to get, get compensated or payment, whatever the hell it is that you do, against this judge that clearly has violated my rights or injured me in some cause, however he did it, okay? I like the term color of law. He took an action, pretended to be somebody he wasn't as a man, you know, in an outfit, in a uniform, pretended to be something, put on a mask. I don't care however you want to phrase it. Yes, it's all true. And he harmed me. He's injured me. I'm not happy. Again, go back to the unanimous Declaration of Independence. It's so beautiful because it's a principle. It's a concept. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's in writing. So I'm waiting. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for somebody to come forward and show us ABC, this is how you do it, and be successful at it consistently in every state, rock and roll, I'm going to at least give you something that will delay the process, create a record, so that when you finally figure out how to do it and we're finally revealed to us, or I figure it out and share it with you, and so that we can do it, in the meantime, I'm going to use what I have available. And until you've been out in the middle of the desert, out in the middle of the ocean, or somewhere else, and you've been in survival mode, you have to make it to the next day. You can't give in. You have to get up and keep fighting with whatever you've got. Adapt. Use whatever tools you have available. If statutes work, I'm going to use them. If Constitution works, I'm going to use it. If a 42-1983 works, I'm going to use it. I can show you where people have won. The guy, like I said, 20 minutes in jail, he got 25, or 18, 22 minutes in jail, and he got $24,000. It's a long case to read, but the way he laid it out was beautiful. I know other people got them to settle because they did a prima facie case. I've got them off of my back with two statements. I've already shared that with you. I never once said I was a man. I simply said as one of the people. I did it my own way. I think I called myself. I would say, yeah, Colin Derek Mann. No, I'd say, man, what did I say? I guess I said, Colin Derek of the family mockery hates man as coming in as one of the people, as one of the people. And interestingly enough, you hear on that recording, too, where she says the, that she confirms what I shared with you, uh, which, I, which I've been doing for years, which is the BY colon. And she shares with you a better, a better, probably a better explanation than I have as to why you do the BY and how powerful it is. And I've been, ever since, and I've been signing that way for a long time. Very powerful stuff here. You can use it or not use it. It's up to you. Whatever works for you, do it. I'm just sharing what I know that does work for me and has helped other people. Chris, you important. Go ahead, sorry. 
Really do appreciate it, Colin. Um, just want you to know that. Thank you. You know, um, yeah, because that's what we want to hear is experiences, um, actual things that have, you know, are that have happened to people and and that works. That's what we we want to know, right? Yeah. Don't want to hear. Well, maybe this will work, or maybe that'll work. But things that have actually worked with you and for you. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, the, bottom line, the bottom line is, you know, you can go read it. It's not a big deal. It doesn't look like much to you. But I got two years of my life into this thing, actually probably long, more than that, three years of my life into this thing and suffering. And happened to end up when I moved back here because I was suffocating near in Oklahoma. I had to drive all the way out to the courthouse and attend the courthouse. And it turned out I handled myself pretty damn well. But it still didn't make a difference. I had all the evidence and everything in my favor. I kept telling the judge, you cannot do what you're doing. And he kept doing it anyway. I didn't let go. I didn't give in. And when I went to the Supreme Court, first, it, it, the first time it was, it was denied. They had to show cause orders because it was late. I got through that. I kept on getting up. I kept reading more statutes, more laws. So where am I? What does it say? That if I didn't, what I found out was, well, if I didn't receive it from the court, that under the statute that the time the, the time sequence doesn't begin until the, the, the clerk of the court has sent me a copy. So I put together an affidavit, filed it, and guess what? Much to my surprise, the court said, okay, fine, we agree. There's no evidence to the contrary. And then the first time they, they granted the order of, of the defendant who made a motion to dismiss my, my, um, my appeal to the Supreme Court of Oklahoma. And then what did I do? I didn't give up then either. I kept on coming back. I said, well, wait a minute. Blah, 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 the things I've shared with you before. This is what I did. And it ended up hanging on that one statute. Just one statute. I won the case because of one statute. Wow. You guys didn't see the 15 pages that this building was sold to me by a corporation that had been suspended six years before. Six years before that the statute clearly states that any action that a suspended corporation does is considered a misdemeanor. That's a crime. The contract, they then turn around, and that's when I started learning about the difference between void and voidable. I paid $175,000 for this building. I gave $75,000 cash down and put my ass in three properties on the line, which I didn't want to do, but I did because I felt this is where I was supposed to be for the other 100000 I paid all of it, but guess what I found out as time went on? That they had completely entrapped me. I was in a place I had no phone, no, no internet, no access whatsoever. I was, and there's all sorts of statute and law that, that says that, that that in and of itself is not, a, not an enforceable contract because they had, it was undue influence. That she created an emergency, a fake emergency. Said, well, if you don't know, I have another, somebody else is going to buy it if you don't want it. So she created fake everything that's in the law. I was amazed. Everything that she did to me that I wrote down in my affidavit, like a two-page affidavit, everything that was done. And then I go and stretch up, holy crap, it's right here. It says I can't do that. Then, Whoa, wait a minute, right there, it's void. Wait a minute. It was amazing. Everything I was complaining about, it was even stronger in the statutes than I was even saying. It was even, it was even more of a crime in, in the statutes than I had made it out to be, that I was upset and angry about it. Everything that, was in, everything that I had complained about was in the statutes. It was amazing. But I ended up with the one saving statute. I mean, here I am, the building was, was never worth more than $50,000. I never had access to that. I found out finally when I had time, I went and looked at the research, which is, again, what? Doing your homework. I mean, technically, you know, I didn't do my due diligence, but I was in a position where I couldn't. 
But I still should have. I mean, I kick, as a businessman, I kick myself in the ass and say, well, I should have known better. I should have looked and found out and gone to taking the time. But she created the essence of emergency. If I didn't sign on the dotted line that day and give her $75,000, which, of course, as you can imagine, I don't know how many people can scramble and get together $75,000 in two days. But I managed to do it and get it paid, get, it, get the deal done. I got the deal done. I got the building. That's what matters. But then I found out later, hey, the building was never worth more than $50,000 ever. I only just recently found out after going through the tax stuff that they that it was it was two separate distinct properties in one. And they've been charging me taxes on $175,000 on each separate section. So they're basically saying that the whole thing was worth 350000 the thing was never worth 50000 more. When I called up the assessor's office, I said, well, there must have been some improvements. I said, there's no improvements. They never once did they, and, and this, then I found out that the state requires the tax assessors every three years to go around and physically look at the property. There's no evidence of that. That's why I, I now sit there and say, the first thing you want to do is get a tax assessment. Guess what I found out? Jeff Smiles, up in, um, who I've been helping out for four years now, he's still got some of his, he's still got his properties. Okay, and we've been working back and forth and trying to teach me. He's learned. He's done a great deal of job. And he's been helping other people out. But he sent me, finally got, what, and when he made the public information request of the tax assessment, guess what? It's not a tax assessment. It is a inventory sheet. It's a freaking inventory. The state has an inventory sheet. That's what it says, inventory. Well, what does that tell you? The state, that the, the property, and it even describes the property. You know, what type of building it is, da 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 you know, how many bathrooms, the air conditioner doesn't work. This is like an assessment. I've seen, you know, I used to do appraisals on, on, on when I did real estate. It looks just an awful lot like an appraisal sheet. And this is on their inventory. They're calling it inventory. What is inventory? Inventory means it's part of your possession. Well, how can that be in the inventory of the state or the county when it's clearly in his name in the public land records? So I asked him a simple question. I said, did you ever, anybody ever, assign any right title or interest over to the state? No. Were they party to the transaction? No, it's been in my family for a long time. So how the hell did the state put it into its inventory? Well, under statute law, which they're subject to, it's clearly falsification of documents. Now, as a man, what would I say? Oh, you falsified documents. <laughs> you falsified the record because the land records have been in there a lot longer. So they falsified documents. I don't know, you know, as a man, I'm going to call it falsification of documents, and if I'm going to use statute law, I'm going to say they falsify documents. To me, the two are synonymous. And guess what? You go look it up. It says pretty much the same thing. Fraud, falsification, fraudulent documents, however you want to put it. And the beauty is whatever I put in the English language, whatever I put in, in a language as a man, if I talk to you as a man on man, I can go in the statutes and find very similar, the very same things that just define them in the same way. Why would I not use, why would I deprive me of the use of statute and law which regulates them? And just because I use statute and law to, to, do, to go after them under statute and law doesn't deny me the right to be a man and come after them as a man later on. Or do it first once I learn how to do it as a man. Once I learn how to act like a man, which obviously I haven't figured out how to act like a man. But once I learn how to act like a man, then I'll step up and I'll act like a man and then I'll be able to get, get my just dues, right? But in the meanwhile, I'm going to use whatever I've got. I'm going to hold them off. I'm going to stop them. I'm going to sting them. 
I'm going to make sure they don't come after me again. And hopefully if I do it right, they won't go after anybody else either. And that's my goal. This is their corporate charter. This is what they exist. I haven't said anything about me. I don't need to say I'm a man. In my, in my point of view, I don't need to say or make any claims whatsoever. Yeah, because they don't recognize that anyone do the colonel. No, it doesn't matter. It, it's not about me. It's about them. This is the beauty about statutes and codes. It's not about me. It's all about them. Mm-hmm. It's what, what does the law allow them to do? Their creation is in law only. They exist on paper only. And when they violate the code, when they violate the statute, when they violate their corporate charter, I have evidence that they have violated statute, violated code, and violated their their um, um, charter. And as a result, I was injured. So now I link the injury. I say, I've been injured as a result of this, which does what? Once I show that it's prohibited in law, I can show the principal who has the deep pockets. The one that's allowing this to continue and is failing to supervise. Sound familiar? You just said we're the managers. We're supposed to manage it. I'm going after them because I hired them to manage these other people, and they're failing to do their job. So I, as a man, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to say, hey, you failed to do your job that I hired you as, as a man, one of the people, to do. You failed to do your job. That's man on man. I hire you to cut two by fours, you know, 14.2, 14 feet, two inches, and you start doing it, you know, 13 feet, two inches. We got a problem here. I'm not going to let you get away with it because the house isn't going to be right, and I'm not going to be able to fulfill the contract to my customer. So think of God as your customer if you want to, and you're a, co- you're a contractor, and you've hired all these subcontractors, and they're not doing their job. What do you do? You go and look at the contract. Hey, I contracted you to do this. You're not doing a job. Why is it so hard for people to understand? Because if I was a man and you failed to do it as a man, I'd probably just knock you out, kick you in the gut a few times, tell you get the hell off of my work site. Because that's what men do, right? Go back to history. How did law come about? Because in the old days, all I had to do was pull out a glove and smack you in the face, and you and I would be coming up at sunrise, and we'd be having a lock and flint gun, and we'd have a sword standing by. So if you miss me and I miss you, or I winged you and you wing me, we're going to pick up a sword. And we're going to go out until one of us is dead. Works for me. I made that challenge. Anybody who wants to challenge me, I make that challenge. Let's do it. I don't give a shit. I've already put my life on the line. I'm willing to do it again every day. I put my life on the line every time I stop a cop who has a weapon and I stop him from harming somebody. So I just tell these people, hey, be a man, step up, act like a man, let's go. Let's go toe-to-toe. Let's go tangle-to-tango. But the whole idea of civilization is we put away the weapons, we put away the blood, we put away the gutting of each other. And we say, okay, let's let's do a civilized fight. We're going to fight in this manner here. That's why... The American people chose to have what's called a conflict. You have conflicting people. You have a challenge. And when I say battlefield, this is the battlefield we've chosen. We've chosen to use the, the battle of pen and paper. If you've got better way of putting words on paper that, that wins every time, rock and roll, share it with me, brother. I'm all over it. And I'll be glad to teach that. I've been asking for it. Give me the instruction manual. I'll be glad to share it with other people. 
But until such time, I'm going to share what I have used, what does work, and what is in writing. And I can even find case law to back it up. I'm not saying that I'm subject to Hill versus Hinkle. Never have. But they are. Because it's case law. It's in their law. It's in the law that we wrote, that all the court, the lower courts are subject to the higher courts. And when I held them accountable in the Supreme Court of Oklahoma, they had no choice, even though they didn't want to. You can read it in their voice. They didn't want to, but they had no choice. It took them six months to figure out what to do. But they knew they had to do something because I let them know that they were accessories, all nine judges. Think about that. Some puny little asshole of a guy who's not even an Oklahoma citizen, right, is telling nine Supreme Court judges that they're accessories to a crime. Can you imagine the audacity? And it may be a good thing that I wasn't in the state because they might have, you know, thrown me into jail and dieseled me around and did all this other shit. Which is another reason why I suggest that you do 42-1980. It puts you in a completely different jurisdiction. They don't have the good old boy crony network. So the only reason that I suggest that you go to court in, in any manner at all is to make a record. And if that means you go in there and say, I'm a man, like I said before, I want to try some new stuff. I'm going to ask the judge. I'm going to listen to my own teachings. I'm going to go in there and ask the judge, who do you see standing in front of you? Do you see that name or do you see a man? I'm going to ask him right there on the record, the very first thing before we even get started. The first time I ever did this in court, I said, hold on a minute. I raised my hand. I said, hold on a minute. Before we get started, I have a few, what did I say? I have a few uh, things I need to get on the record. And the judge, okay, he says. And I don't know if you guys heard that story. I stood there and I said, well, hold on a minute. I, and this is when I believed in the stupid flag with the, with the gold fringe on it was Admiralty. And I remember, those people remember that I've told you, I, I've won 12 out of 13 cases in, in, in Admiralty Court on a ship on, on, as, a, as a public servant, as a low-life seaman coming to captain's mass on an aircraft carrier and won 12 out of 13 captain's mass, including one for some guy who was happened to be black in the, in back in the 70s. That was not a good thing to do. Let me tell you what. That's why they came after me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've been there, done that. And when I did this, this gold fringe flag shit, I went in there, you know, but I did it. I learned a lot. I'm proud of that moment. I look at myself now and kick myself in the ass and laugh. It's funny as shit, but listen to what I did. I said, hold on a minute. Before we go further, I need to get a few things on the record. That's what I said. The judge says, okay. He stopped. I said, hold on. Before we go any further, I need to get a few things on the record. I took command. You know, in hindsight, I can tell you what I did, but at the time, it was completely, you know, whatever. I, you know, what I, I, had no, I had no clue. I had no script. But I can share with you the script and what happened. And I sat there and I see, oh, I see you're flying a flag of admiralty over there. Nobody denied it. Nobody said anything, but I didn't give them time either because I was on my roll. I'm scared shitless and I'm talking, you know, a mile a minute to get it out before I get interrupted. Before somebody distracts me away from what I said. I said, well, I, and I looked out the window because I've been a sailor. And I said, I think I said that. I said, I, I, said, I, I was raised on a sailboat and, and, and I've been in the Navy and I looked out the windows, big, huge, tall windows is in, in Baltimore. It's huge. I mean, you're talking about cathedral ceilings. Oh, my God, and these windows are 25 feet tall, all glass, you know, with a beautiful oval at the top. And I look, I get on my tippy toes, and I peer out the window. And I go, I don't see any water. I then spread my legs and pretend like I was on a boat. And I said, I don't feel the ship moving beneath me. And I look him dead in the eye, and I said, and you don't look like a captain to me. Can you imagine the audacity? You could have heard, oh! 
people in the court were gasping. Well, yeah, probably most of them didn't understand a word you were saying, except no, they were the judge. Yeah. And the judge was actually fairly cordial, and he was, like, allowing me to continue. But he kept his head about him. He wasn't freaking out. But that attorney, the prosecuting attorney, I kid you not, I'd never seen this except in, in a comic strip. Her knees were knocking. I'm not kidding you. Her knees were knocking. And when it came for her turn to speak, she could not utter a word. The judge says, do you need five-minute recess? She, her mouth opened. Nothing came out. He goes, okay, how about a 10-minute recess? Well, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, Your Honor. She finally was able to say, yes, Your Honor. And she took a 10-minute recess. And if I had known that, I would have objected and said, no, let's, this case needs to be dismissed right now. And then I would have followed through with some of the some of the Carl stuff, like, well, who brings it? Who brings the claim against me today? Now, why do you figure she wanted the recess? Do you figure that she she knew this information and was starting to freak? Well, here's what was so funny: is the way Spirit had it that the court date was set the day before, and I came into the court, and and I somehow Spirit had me go to her. I went to the clerk as well, but she was the prosecuting attorney because I I don't know why. I'm, just as a man. I always want to find out who my accused are, who's coming after me. It was just natural for me. I didn't have to be taught it. It just made sense. Yeah, of course. And so I found her, and, this, and there was a bunch of attorneys. I remember this. It was a very strange event. It was a courtroom. It was full of people for some reason. But she said, oh, no, it's not today. It's tomorrow. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I said, I was asked to be here today. I have business. I have things to do. It's true. I had like five businesses going on. I got things to do better than to come in here. I said, well, this is ridiculous. You know, but I didn't know what to do with it. I should have sent them a bill. Or, or said, well, then the case is dismissed or done something, gone to the clerk of the court. Now we've gone to the clerk of the court and said, well, I guess the case is dismissed because, you know, I've been asked to come here and there was no no notice of, of that it was delayed or anything like that. And I don't see anything on the record that showed that it was um, legally delayed. So, therefore, it's here today. And I would have probably opened up my own court or whatever. I don't know. I don't think about it right now because that's not important to the story. But that day, I knew enough to ask her about her oath of office. For some reason, I asked her oath of office, and she just was totally poo-pooing me, you know, like I'm just a little piece of trash. And and I just sat there and kind of smiled, and I said, well, you, you swore an oath, and da-da-da. And, and then I told her, I said, well, you know, um, if if you don't know your oath of office, then that means you're committing fraud. Fraud is a federal offense, and, and anyone can arrest you. And I looked around, and I said, but it seems I'm a little outnumbered here now, aren't I? So I guess I'll have to reserve that for another time. And that was the last thing I said. The next day, she sees me in court challenging her God. And that's why her knees were knocking, because she's always looked at that judge as God. In her mind, that, that man on that bench is God, her whole business, her whole life. That's, oh, my God, that's God. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. So here I am, you know, challenging her God and making him answer my questions and, and challenging whether he, whether he is or whether he's not. And I look him dead in the eye and go, and you don't look like a captain to me. But I caused him to answer my questions. He answered my questions. I asked, he answered. That completely freaked her out. And all of a sudden, I think some of the stuff that I said the day before came flying back to her. She realized, oh, shit. He really can uh, arrest me for committing fraud. He's challenging this judge. And the judge is answering him. Oh, shit. What if I have to answer those questions? And what was interesting, what the judge said was really, really fascinating. The judge handled it for her. I mean, you know, if I'd known what I know now, I would have asked her, so were you prosecuting the case from the bench kind of thing? 
But um, she ended up doing an evaluation, said that apparently I didn't know where I was. Because I kind of fell into that trap. So he had an evaluation. And the way that ended up being handled is I had every, and I called up the day after it because, well, I had every intention, but I was going back and forth. I'm not submitting myself to your jurisdiction. And then I asked the lady, I said, who do you work for? The state. She goes, yeah. And I said, so the, the, let me get this straight. The person who's going to evaluate me works for the state. The judge works, requested the order. He works for the state. The prosecutor works for the state. So everybody's working for the state. I said, isn't that a little bit like the sheep going into the barnyard of all the wolves and asking, you know, uh, you know what flavor I'm going to be for dinner tonight? And she said, I'll tell the judge that. And I said, I had, and tell him that I had every intention of showing up, but I took this as a fact that I mistook the day. I'm taking it as a sign from my creator that I was not supposed to show up. And she said, well, I'll tell the judge that. And I said, you tell the judge exactly what I said. Not, don't change it. Next thing I know, no process. Really? Yeah. Wow. It just that was it. It was gone. Disappeared. They weren't gonna. Pro- they weren't. They didn't get me for contempt of court for missing it. Nothing. Just no process. Well, I, it was the first time I was like, well, wow. Now I didn't consider that a win-win because I didn't win any anything back from my troubles. But as I listened to one person, I said, hey man, any win is a win. Any good win is a win. Now according to Carl, because I didn't get it uh, discharged. It, it's still, it was only, uh, actually what they did was null process, which now I know they could bring it up technically at any time, but of course they never did. And that's part of that right there. It's, you know, apples and oranges. Yes, he's technically right, but if you mess with them hard enough, they, they don't have any intent of coming back. Yeah, they have they the little special notes on the side, you know, whether it's, you know, discharge or yeah. uh, whatever, but yeah, they discharge or what What's it called, Colin? Yeah, they'll yeah. have little, little notes on the side, and you can see there are pieces of paper. They've got all the friggin' notes all over it. So, yeah. no, they don't want to touch you. <laughs> yeah. That's when you see them, they don't want to touch you. They don't want to mess with you anymore. Oh. And that, that, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, now I might, you know, push the matter and say, well, you know, okay, you're dismissing it. I want it discharged as well. Yeah. You can go back. I never pushed that. But I know one thing. They never, I never saw an inspector come to my property again. No one ever filed another charge because I didn't have my, my uh, uh, gravel driveway paved like they were trying to get me to do. So they never came after me again as a result of that. So whatever I did caused them to stop, which was good enough for me. At that time, it was good enough. It's no longer good enough. But at the time, it was good enough. And I, and I completely butchered it. But out of that, here's the beauty. Because I did that, that's how I ended up coming up with the 10 questions. I got those first two questions. Isn't it true from, um, what are their names? Oh, God, I'll think of them in a minute. Um, they, to me, they were Mavericks. They're, oh, I can't think of their names now. Oh, they're an older couple, and they're the ones that taught me the part that says, isn't it true that the position you hold requires you to swear an oath of office? They're the first ones that ever got me to use. I thought it sounded awkward. Isn't it true? I, it just, I didn't want to do that. But I followed somebody else's, you know, it was there. Yeah. Isn't it? And I had actually, what's ironic about this whole thing is I did some experiments. I'd been listening to David Clarence early at this time. And he said something about challenging jurisdiction. And I said, well, what happens if that doesn't work? He goes, oh, it'll, it'll work. It has to work. And I said, what if it doesn't? I want to, I'm a kind of guy I want to back up, okay? You know, what happens when your mainsail rips? You want to have a backup sail. You know, you learn this out in the middle of the ocean, you know? And so that's my nature, have a backup and a backup and a backup. 
and, and playing chess, you've got to have several different moves. So I said, well, what happens? And he didn't give me any more. I said, look, David, I said, what happens if it doesn't work? Well, it won't. It will work. I said, okay, what if it doesn't? No, it will. Okay, fine. So I listened to uh, Jack and Margie Flint. Not Flint. Not Flynn, but Flint. I think it is. Anyway, um, Jack and Margie, they're out of uh, Las Vegas. And she was an, she was an attorney, I think, but, uh, but never was part of their system in that, other than you know, by the license. But she had all sorts of problems. And, then, and the second question, which they said was, is, uh, isn't it true that, uh, that the position you hold requires you to swear an oath of office? They say yes. Isn't it true that that, that that oath of office is to support the Constitution for the United States of America? Is, you know, and they go, yes. And then what they taught, what they said was to make the statement, I accept your oath of office. But that's as far as they took it. That, and you get that on the record. I accept your oath of office. You now have a contract. People don't know that. Now, what happened during that process when I did those first three questions, I said, I accept your oath of office. The judge said, thank you. Now, the moment that he said thank you, my mind went to what I learned in college under contract law, offer, as well as what I learned in, in real estate, offer, acceptance, acknowledgement. And I said, he said thank you, and I, and I, and I nodded my head and I said good or excellent or something, so I acknowledged it. We had a contract, and I went, ding, 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 ding. We had a private contract between him and I, either if he wanted to be a man or even as a judge. It doesn't matter. I knew at that moment that I had a contract. So now that's when I started developing the 10 questions. The position you hold requires you to swear an oath of office. Is that correct? Yes. That, that oath of office is to support the Constitution of the United States of America. Is that correct? Yes. I accept your oath of office. Watch this. Is that acceptable to you? So I added that. Now when they say yes, so all I want to do is keep saying yes and nodding your head. So now I've got them saying yes. I accept your oath of office. Is that acceptable to you? When he says yes, we have a contract. Then I continue on with now I went with the contract part because I know that in basic contract law, and this is common law, that when party A substantially performs their part, party B is responsible for their part in whole. So I knew that. So what I need to do now is verify had I substantially performed my part. So I now had a contract. So I asked them, have you been paid for your services, but I wanted to disguise it. This is what I'm saying. You go undercover. You want to disguise it. You want to be clever. So you use a little bit of distraction. So I altered the question slightly. What I'm after is, have you been paid? That's all I give a crap about. But I altered a little bit to distract them. I said, have a little fun with it. Have you been paid on time for your services and your oath of office? Now, they're thinking on time, on time, on time. And they go, yes. Well, that gives me an opportunity to have a conversation. Well, man, see what I mean? you got a great job. I said, man, I've been doing contracting for four years. And, you know, if I got paid on time for my job, man, I'd be doing a lot better. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter what I say. I'm having a conversation. I'm distracting them from the questions. Next question, is there anything owed to you for your services, your oath of office? Why is that question important? It's important because judges shall be compensated from time to time. Now, this is before I knew that judges were not judges. I still believe that they were judges that were compensated for their service. Remember, they're supposed to be voluntary, and, but they are compensated for their services from time to time. Now I know that their salary, which, which is how I know that they're corporate, uh, they're corporate um, agents, they're agencies, agents working for a corporation or a business entity. 
But it doesn't matter. So, well, is there anything owed to you for your services or oath of office? Now, the beauty about this is I'm now confirming three times. And there's a lot of power in threes, people. If you don't believe me, go look and read a lot of case law. You'll, uh, things that people file, they say a lot of things in threes. There's a lot of power in that. Okay? You shall deny me three times before the cock crows. So there's something about the three. You could go in. I'm sure there could be a whole three-hour thing on just that alone, but I'm just mentioning it. Just as just mentioning it along these a lot of lessons I learned from this one tiny little event, and I and then uh, so is there anything owed to you for your service oath of office? They go no. So now I got them saying no. Great. Do I personally owe you anything for your services or oath of office? Going back to the contract I just made up. No. I've now established they've been paid. They now owe me the full amount. Now how can they fulfill the contract if they don't know the constitution? So that's the next part. Well, great. And then I repeat. Since you swore an oath of office, that oath of office is support the Constitution of the United States of America, and, and, and you've been paid in full for your, for your service in oath of office, would you please tell me the 13th Amendment? And they go, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. And I go, well, that's okay. Not everybody knows that one. Just if you don't know it, just say, I don't know. And I've improved. It was, now I've got it to where I want them to say, I don't know. I said, well, if you don't know, just say, I don't know. They go, I don't know. But I, I don't need them, but it works. And I go, and then I tell them what it says. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in the United States of territory subject to its jurisdiction. So there you go. What this gentleman keeps trying to talk about is like, well, it has nothing to do with me. Well, yay, guess what? You're absolutely right. I can show you in the 13th Amendment. Woohoo! It confirms what you're saying, what you as a man believe. And that's why I was talking the other night to somebody. I said, I think that we should, when we, when we do a notice, that we ought to do a section that says what I believe, and then we can do another section that says, and it appears that the court records and that the laws and the constitutions agree with my belief. Because it says in the 13th Amendment, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude. So there you have the involuntary servitude. What's the difference? Voluntary means that I jumped up and down. I said, I volunteer, I volunteer. So involuntary servitude is when you choose me and I haven't volunteered. When you cause me to do something, I haven't volunteered. Volunteering is an action. So, okay, not everybody knows that one. How about the 14th? You know the 14th? Uh, 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 no? Okay, so I'd, I'd go that one. Neither, no state shall make or enforce any law that abridges the privilege of immunity of citizens of the United States. And then I ask them, I say, well, don't you think that the privileges and immunities are, are – and notice I've never said I'm a citizen here. Please. I just just stated something. And then I asked them, I said, well, sure, would you agree that if privileges and immunities are protected, surely the rights are as well? They go, yeah. So I got them agreeing. And then it goes on to say that nor shall any state deny any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, uh, excuse me, of the equal protection law. So are you here to protect me or to screw me? Now you really got them on the spot because they know damn well they're there to try and take your property or under color of law create a fine, a fee, or create a, what I call a security instrument, which then the court will then try to cash as a, they act as a debt collector on. And so then they go, well, I don't know. And then I do a third one. Well, okay, here, let me give you a really easy one. How about the fifth? Come on, everyone knows about pleading the fifth. The reason is I want to catch them. I've got them. I've got the evidence on the record that they don't know the first freaking thing, the most important stuff. And the fifth, everyone should know the fifth, and they always make a crack at it. I want them to make a crack at it. Oh, that's the one that says you have the right to remain silent. And they go, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Nowhere does it say in that, in, anywhere in the Constitution the right to remain silent. What it does say is that you may not be compelled to give evidence that may be used against you in a court law in a criminal case. I said, now, there's a huge difference between being compelled and having the right to remain silent, isn't there? Because, of course, you have the right to remain silent. 
But it says there you may not be compelled. It's, again, another prohibition on them. It's a limitation. It's a binding on them. I haven't said one thing that's binding upon me and I haven't made one claim to it. Not one. I'm just asking them, is this what it says? Is that what it says? You're the one who swore no to it, not me. I'm just trying to verify whether you know that which you swore no to support. And then I ask them, would you agree that you can't support something if you don't know what it says? They're like, well, you know. I said, well, let me ask you a question. If you had a mechanic that knew as much about mechanics as you knew about the Constitution, would, they, would you want them working on your car? No. Did they not just convict themselves by the mouth of two more witnesses or by confession in open court? What is court? Two or more, per, two more people there. You may be charged with treason. Witnesses to the same overt act. These people claim to hold a position. They admitted that they swore an oath of office. That oath of office is support the Constitution. They don't know one freaking word about it. I've even asked them. I said, well, let me ask you a question. You know, how long have you been, uh, had this job or this position? And they tell me, oh, three, four, five years, whatever. I said, let me ask you a question. Suppose I've already established they've been paid, remember? So I said, well, let me ask you a question. If you've been paying the mechanic for the last five years and you always made sure he got paid and he admitted being getting paid on time and everything else for five years, and one day you go and you say, hey, somebody said it was my injectors. Another guy said it was my carburetor. Do you know which one I have? And he goes, no. And you open up the hood and you say, well, where's my injectors and where's the carburetor? He goes, I don't know. And so where's the radiator? He goes, I don't know. Where's the transmission? I don't know. I said, wouldn't you say that that, wouldn't you conclude that that man had been committing fraud? And they'll always say yes. I, actually, you know, I did this three times on a radio show. <laughs> I did this. On a radio show, it's actually on, um, what radio show is that? It's international. This is when uh, uh, um, Mike Golden uh, had just gotten on international radio show. And I think it was like a million and a half uh, listeners at that time. And they had the uh, sh- uh, sheriff or deputy, even though he was considered to be one of the good guys, I did it as an example. And they kept saying, oh, Colin, be nice, be nice. And I'm like, oh, I'm just doing it because I'm asking them questions. But I've actually done it three times to three different officers on live radio and showed people exactly how to do it. And the guy admitted, yeah, you're right. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I would be committing fraud. Did he not just confess? And I thought, oh, boy, I got it now. Ten questions, everyone. So I print, so no one was doing it. So I said, okay, I'm going to make it real easy. You don't need to know the Constitution yourself. I just print these out. Go grab two neighbors you don't even know. One person, read the questions. If you don't know anything else, just read the questions. Have two other people. And I even put in a checkbox. Yes, no, I don't know. Yes, no, I don't know. Now, how freaking hard is that, people? Third graders can do this. I made it so easy. Just one person, read the question. Two other people, be a witness and check the pro- appropriate boxes. And then all you got to do is go down to a notary and get and notarize affidavit that these are, in fact, the questions that were asked. The person was not under threat or duress or anything like that. They willingly answered the questions, and that these were the answers that they gave. And now you've got to have to send them to me. And then I can bring charges against them for committing fraud, impersonating an officer. It's all the evidence I need. No, nope, that never happened either. Nobody did it. I guess I wasn't acting like a man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should have said, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> you hear me? I'm a man. I said I'm a man. What don't you care about? M A N. Do you not understand the M, the A, or the N? I'm a man. Man, man, I. Lowercase I, man. Don't you understand it? I'm a man. I'm acting like a man. Am I not acting like a man? What's your problem? Okay. 
most of them just look at you, roll their eyes, and walk away. What I did is I took somebody who's in a uniform, and I noticed him that he was committing fraud. And you know the same people came back weeks later, and they had changed their whole attitude. Their, everything they did was changed, and they were now asking me questions so that they could learn the Constitution, learn the, and, and begin to, and that's when I pointed them to the unanimous Declaration of Independence. Now, which one do you want? To, to you, which is one being more of a man? Somebody who stands and goes, I'm a man, I'm a man, leave me alone, I'm a man. Or somebody who says, hey, wait a minute, you're committing fraud. That's, that's improper. Hey, wait a minute, what are you harassing these people for? Hey, leave this guy alone. Hey, stop it. You got a warrant? Go away. To you, which one is more of a man? Which, which one would you want standing by your side? Which one do you want as a wingman? The guy that sits in the cockpit and watches you get shot down? He goes, well, obviously he wasn't very good. Or do you want him to go and chase the guy that's on your tail and shoot him down himself? To me, being a man is action. Right or wrong, do something. Yeah, the one that's got more reasoning, like instead of saying, you know, just I'm a man, the one that's got more reasoning, which can, um, you know, basically say, you know, like you say, the, the reasons for it, you know, like the like you say, the Constitution and all that kind of stuff, instead of... Well, a woman can walk right up to him and say, hey... Would you want, if, if that was your son or that was your daughter or that was your mother the reason. or that was your father, would you treat them like that? I'm telling you, women have a lot more power than they know. That puts them in their place. Reasoning. Huh? Reasoning. Yeah. I, I, I'll do that. But I, as I keep trying to explain to people, I have an intention I want to do more than just defend. I want to do more than just have to have a million of these things and run. I mean, there's not enough of me to go around. Even if I, all I did all day long was, was, to, was to, 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 every time I saw a traffic stop, if all I did was drive around, if I got on the, on, on, if I got one of those scanners and I listened to every time it was on, I ran down there real quick and I thought that that's what we ought to do in this country. We ought to have like a, a 611 or something like that where, where immediately somebody could dial 611 and they'd be located where they're at. And, and, and anybody, the, I call us Minutemen, anytime Minutemen were anywhere in the local area, they could all come around and surround the cops with video cameras. And anytime they did anything improper, they would sit there and say, well, first of all, we're the first one person would take lead and say, okay, where's your warrant? I don't have a warrant, don't need a warrant. Well, sure you do, you've already arrested this person. No, I haven't. I've det- no, well, you've arrested them. And then do the 10 questions on them. I guarantee you, once you get to the, the number three, on, and that's why I came up with three questions instead of ten. But I guarantee you, once you do the three questions, either one of them or the ten questions on them, I guarantee whatever their focus was a minute ago, it's not their focus now. My okay. Great idea, Cone. You know, having a 611 or something like that. Yeah, I love it. That's a great idea. You know, have something, uh, you know, where you could call your friends and say, okay, the cops are doing this and this and that, and everybody's out. Yeah. You know, just like a cop, you know, basically, or a public servant, or no, you're not a public servant, but, um, you know, a man servant doing to, doing to your neighbors, doing to your neighbors. There you go. 
Yeah, I guess. I love it. And it would stop the stuff. And this is heart. why. And this is why we are listening to you, Colin. You know, to to so we can actually do what you do and know how to do it. You know, you've got the experience to do it. You know, someone like me, I've pretty much been housebound for years. I've lost my ability to communicate properly with others. You know, so I have to say, well, in order, in order for my case to proceed forward, I must go to listen to others how to communicate properly. You know, find that good argument you know, which is to bring forth the truth, bring forth to light and do it in such a way that it comes from my heart, you know, mm-hmm. and not harm the other person, just bring out the truth because we're not aiming to harm anyone. All we're doing is presenting the truth before people so it actually speaks for itself, you know, and there are wonderful people who can do that, wonderful people like you, you know, who say, look, this is what I use. This is what I've been taught. You know, this is what uh, Jack and Maggie have said to me. And wow, it's been an enlightenment to me. Just these few questions. Well, in the same way that they have been an enlightenment to you, you, by sharing your knowledge and, and giving us what they said to you, that has also expanded to an enlightenment to us. You know, we, we go, wow wow, that's very short, that's very direct, and it's very good, and it gets right to the point. So thank you for that. Wow, that's really good. Thank you so much. makes it all worthwhile. It really does. Yeah, I, thank you, Janine. I, I feel, you know, the, the thing is, I don't know, I just I try not to, you know, I'm somewhat of a private man, but one of the things that I probably haven't shared that I should is that I'm what's called a super sympathetic, which means that when somebody calls me with their problems, I literally feel their pain. So, uh, you know, it's it's exhausting for me. I really, I really, really feel it. It's as if I'm right there right now. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I wish I had my 3DT done so that I could simply fly out there and, and, and beat the crap out of these people, you know? And it's probably a blessing that I have it because I would beat the crap out of them because that's my natural as a man instinct is to defend my fellow man and particularly women who are being attacked or children. I'm very, you know, it's an instantaneous reaction. If anyone's ever seen me when I see a kid being abused, I mean, I, I don't care how many people are there. I jump up and I get in the middle of it. And, and I don't care. And if somebody says, well, I'm the father, I say, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't tell them. I'm straight up in their face, you know. Um, Colin, can I say it's Sonia? Um, Colin, um, I've known you for a little while, and uh, um, just through your tone um, and your attitude and uh, your demeanor, um, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one, of course, but uh, we can sense that, Colin, that um, what you say and what you're teaching and uh, what you're trying to to spread to us is totally from the heart. So we, I, I totally understand that that um, whatever you're saying or doing is is totally from the you know the deep 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 part of your heart. So we appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you, and we, and we can feel it. I can feel it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's it's, it's <laughs> hey, true. No, it's the truth. It's all about the truth, eh? You know, this is the power of the three questions. And and this is the power of he who is asking is acting as king. So 
you can not only be a man or a woman, but you can also be the king or the sovereign that you're supposed to be because of such a simple concept that he who is asking is acting as king. Do you know what I mean? See, I just turned that into a question. And I did this with, uh, you know, I did this the other day within 15 minutes, and I just kept on going, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And they, they kept answering the question. So I said, look, I, I want you to practice on it right now. Do it right now. I said, oh, is this what you mean? And finally she started doing it, and it, it felt good. And, it's, it, and what I'm saying is even if you're homebound, you can practice the dialogue with anybody, your kid, with a dog. It doesn't really matter. It's like uh, practice, practice, practice. Uh, you know, and so you create that habit, and you automatically turn it into a question. And that is more powerful than anything. And I always tell people, you listen to me for three or four hours, if you get nothing else, get that one thing. And the three questions, as I've said before, are real powerful. You don't need to worry about the ten questions anymore unless you want to be proactive. But the three questions are very powerful. There's two sets of three questions. You use either one or both. And the first one, which I came up with, which is more of a defense thing, the second one is actually changes the lives and the attitude of the people. So it does both, which is what I want. The first set of three questions goes like this. Are you a public servant? They will almost instantaneously always answer yes. You then ask the next question, do you have any evidence that I am a public servant? And immediately, as I said, the one guy who actually give feedback on his show, I happened to catch a show talking about spirit. I've never uh, listened to his show because actually that show he stole from me. It used to be mine. (laughs) But anyway, so he was telling the story how he was flying on an airplane and uh, he was stopped by security and he could see that they were going to continue to harass him um, and he was going to miss his flight. And he was desperate. And he remembered for some reason, I don't know why, but all of a sudden Colin yelling those questions, you know, over over the over the uh, you know the, the phone call, whatever the show that we that I was doing, uh, came to my mind, and so I said, "Well, I got nothing to lose to try because I'm just asking questions." And he asked the guy, "I said, are you a public servant?" The guy says, "Yes." And do you have any evidence I'm a public servant? He said immediately, he could see the body language change, everything changed, and they end up letting him go, and he caught his plane. But to me, that shows so far we're at 100 percent. Every time I've done it, it's worked. And every time he, anyone else has done it, which is so far only one person I know of that's done it, and the report back is it worked 100%. And he only got two of the questions. Because the three questions actually go, are you a public servant? Yes. Do you have any evidence that I am a public servant? No. Do you have any evidence that I'm a servant of any kind? No. Now, that answers everything right there. But I go one step further. I go and say, fine. I say, good. Then I am still a master. And you, as you have just stated, you are a servant of the public. Conduct yourself accordingly. And I get eyeball to eyeball go, are we clear? Now, you may not want to do that, okay? You may not want to get up in their face and go eyeball to eyeball like me. You don't have to. But just asking the first, second, third question is sufficient. Do you have any evidence I'm a servant of any kind? Love it. It's super powerful. But now I went and found three more questions which are even more powerful in the sense that it turns them. I mean, that helps. He said that their whole body language changed because they don't even realize what they're doing. So the next set of three questions, which is, is it true that you are obligated and duty-bound to obey any lawful order? Yes. 
isn't it also true that you're obligated and duty-bound to disobey any unlawful order? This gets to the root of the problem. They've been told to do something, and they don't even know if it's lawful or not. So the next, so they go, yes. I go, how are you, again, here's the question. How are you supposed to know whether you're obeying an order, a lawful order or engaged in a criminal act if you do not know what the law actually says as it is written? And I'm telling you, when you do that to a public servant, it changes them. They go, oh, holy shit, because for the first time in their life, they realize that an action, that they're responsible for all of their actions. They've been trained that they're not responsible for anything that they do because they keep getting led away from it. Yeah. I haven't mentioned anything about statutes or laws or code or anything. I just said order. And the first one I have, are you a public servant? Yeah. Am I? No. Do you have any evidence I'm a, I'm a public servant? No. Do you have any evidence I'm a servant? Kind of. I didn't hear statute, law, code, or anything in that. Nothing. And I also didn't hear a man or a woman. I didn't ask. I think it's a worthwhile question. When you go to go, what do you see standing in front of you? That's really gonna really gonna screw them up. Can I ask you a question, please, Colin, Sonia? Yes, um, these questions, you know, I've uh, I've heard a few of them, and um, I just love them. I, I, and obviously, they're uh, excellent, excellent. Um, do you have them on any of your web pages or whatever? You've got quite a list of them, and uh, they're they're all so great. Like, do you have them listed somewhere or? Um, um, if I, I'm pretty sure I do, but I couldn't put my finger on it right now. And this is why I've been asking for help on my websites because I mean I'm willing to put it together. Yeah. If I have some, you know, some assistance putting it together. But yes, I believe it might be on um, the uh, AmericanReconstructionProject.com. And if it's not there, you prob I'm certain you can find it on Solutions, the number four. The innocent.wordpress.com. That's solutions with a plural, S O L U T I O N S, the number four, the T H E, innocent, I N N O C E N T, dot wordpress, W O R D P R E S S, dot com. Now, I have not updated any of those sites in probably, gosh, a year and a half, maybe two years. I just yeah. haven't had the time. I know. You- said you're busy and I've got I've got these written in my book here sort of thing so I and again wanted... anybody who wants to help update I have more writings than I can shake a stick at and I've had people on the website write me uh, and want more you want me to print you know put stuff in my writing up but I don't feel confident enough that my comment sections that I do on many websites um, I was thinking maybe have a separate section for you know calling comments type of thing and so they won't but you know people love to pick stuff apart if your grammar is incorrect I mean I do your Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U apostrophe R-E and you know people love to oh I can't stand somebody who doesn't know the difference I know the difference I don't care <laughs> I just want you to read the meat you know what's in there or um, you know if I like I have uh, my I don't have dyslexia but it's either my keyboard or my fingers. I can't figure out which one. But for some reason, there seems to be dyslexia. I try to, you know, uh, correct it. But I, the I and E's get backwards. I mean, there's all sorts oh. of letters get oh, backwards. So I don't 
Yeah, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, T-H-E comes out H-E, and I don't catch it because it doesn't show up in red, you know, because it's not a misspelling because H-E is fine, but really it's supposed to be T-H-E. Um, you know, different different weird stuff like that that happens and makes it a little bit hard to understand. Um, but usually when I write, I'm inspired to write, and I'm not supposed to be writing. I'm supposed to be doing something else. So I'm sort of getting away with it, but I can't help myself, you know. Um, but I have probably, oh, my God, I probably have two or 300 documents. I have some of them I went through the other day that I saw that were two years old. I was like, holy crap, there's a whole bunch of good stuff and a whole bunch of meat on the foreclosure stuff. And and um, where I laid it all out, at a, you know, you can find a lot of my articles. It comes under, um, what is it? Some are under Colin Derrick. Some are under... Uh, we are, I, I, it's under uh, co-creators, um, um, and you'll see on that one, you'll see my windsurfer picture, um, black and white, that's me on the windsurfer I designed. Just before I actually, that, that picture's kind of cool, because that is um, either right before a hurricane that came up the coast here, and I had uh, caused me to have an unofficial world record across Chesapeake Bay in 20 minutes, which is averaging 45 minutes, 45 miles an hour on, on the water. <laughs> If anyone's been on the water skiing, you know how fast that is, um, and that's with just wind power. But um, uh, I think it's called co-creators. Um, kind of have to look it up, and you'll find a, a some of if you're interested in mortgages and stuff like that, you'll see my articles um, in the in the comment section at um, um, fraud, fraud. Was it? Um, Oh, it's not what lies in your debt. Uh, what lies in your debt? Oh, man, what is it? The one with with Neil Garfield. I can't think of it right now. Brain fart. Um. Mm. Living lies. Living lies. L i v i n g l i e s. Dot wordpress. Dot com. By the way, for all those people out there who have difference of opinions or something that's you know usable or. Um, that they want to share, you know that you can you can very easily start your own talk show. You can also go to wordpress.com, W-O-R-D-P-R-E-S-S.com, and you can open up your own website. It's right there. You just pick it up, put it together. Um, you can get your own background, your own format, your own bullets. Um, all of it's right there. You can manage your own website. And you can, um, I'm sure I would promote it if it has good information on it. Um, I, I'm sure Sonia would as well if you have some successes on the man thing or acting like a man or, you know, anything that you want to set up some documentation or you can even have your your conversations or your comments. You can do all that yourself. And, you know, I'd love to see where somebody puts together a website that just lays it all out and how to, how to do your own court Oh, man, that would be great. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I would appreciate it. Well, WordPress.com, that's free, isn't it? Call it's free. That's what I'm saying. You can have a whole website with links. And really, what's really cool is if you go to American Reconstruction Project and or um, um, uh, solutionsfortheinnocent.wordpress.com, either one of them, they actually have links to um, clouds, I think is what they call them, um, and you can see all these documents uh, because there wasn't enough room on the website or for some reason, we, oh, I know why, because when I sent notices to the sheriff and other people, instead of 
sending all of the documents, what I did is I gave them the links to each of the documents in the cloud. And so I thought, well, you know, instead of putting them on here, I'll just link it all to the cloud. And it's still there, too. The, uh, for instance, um, Gorilla, um, and it's not like the other, the Gorilla, like, um, 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 not like the one that climbed the Empire Stable in, but the other one, the Gorilla Warfare, it's called Gorilla Discovery. And that's, that's really, really, really profound and really, really good. It, it lays it out. Um, and the other one I really like, which you can find um, most, if not all of them, is um, Deprivation of Rights Suit for, what is it, Civil Rights? What is it, Suit? I can't, I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Um, but it, it's on there. You can find it. And the beauty about what that guy does, and he convinced me that this is a battle and you need to treat it like a battle. You know, let me give an example. Everyone watches sports. Everyone watches sports. If nothing else, people play pinball, or they play some other game or another. Why is it that people cannot understand that this is the same kind of thing? When you walk out of that, and, and, and there's a guy who actually talks about it. He says, you know, you, it's like Carl Lentz talks about that. He says, yeah, he says, I'll go to battle with these guys in the courtroom he says, and then we say, hey, you want to you want to go get a beer with me? When the battle is over, we're no longer on the on the on the playing field. Call it a playing field, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. He talks about that. Listen, you know, Carl's here. Listen to what Carl says. Carl quotes statute all the time. He quotes law all the time. He does, yes. You know, he, yeah. acting like a man doesn't mean that you have to negate yourself and say, well, I'm not. Allowed, I'm a man. I'm not allowed to wear clothes because that's made by man. Yeah, you know, the way Carl has won it. Where Carl has actually won in court, he's actually um, produced their statutes, their codes, and shown where they haven't followed along with it, and it's just dissolved the case. He's just just let it go because they haven't followed along with it, and that's how Carl's won. Yeah, exactly. It's not about him, not about him. Whether he's a man, not a man, or what he he writes and lets him know I'm a man. I have the authority. But he's, 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 you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. He's just, hey, you guys have done this. The law says you can't do it. You've done it. Here's the evidence you have. Who am I? I'm just the reporter. I'm just reporting. Now, if you want to make a claim and you say, hey, I've been injured as a result of you violating this, which now means that the principal is liable. And that's the key to this whole thing I'm trying to share with you is the keys. You can go out to the man, the individual in that uniform. That's great. And you might get him to stop. But to me, if you want this thing to, 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 so that they won't go and injure somebody else, I go out to the supervisor, the one that's supposed to make sure he doesn't do that activity. And I let him know, hey, the law says they can't do this. You're on stage, they can't. Here's the evidence that they have. And I've been injured, and he's going to continue injuring other people. That's, uh, what is it, under the uh, uh, Zawinski case, that's what they said. They called it negligence, and on the amended complaint, they said negligence or gross negligence, and that's what he sued them under. It was negligence or gross negligence. I could say the same thing about all of the men and women in this country. Every single man and woman out here that knows about the crime or anything that's been going on and they haven't reported it is guilty of gross negligence or at least negligence. In fact, technically speaking, even though you might consider yourself a man and you haven't read the statute, I could charge practically everybody in this country with under 18 U.S.C. subsection 4 because I don't know anyone that doesn't know of a crime that's cognizant of the United States. 
Because everybody who comes and makes a complaint, anybody who's ever had anything done to them, has knowledge of a crime that's cognizable before the United States because they've been deprived of a right. That's what 18 U.S.C. says. Your failure to make known to some judge or other officer of the United States of a crime cognizable before the court of the United States shall be fined or imprisoned not more than three years or both. So every one, every man, and every woman here is is, is guilty under 18 U.S.C. subsection four. Because we've known of a crime. And we failed to make known to some judge or other officer of the United States. That's right. Okay. <laughs> when you tell when you tell me that this officer pulled you over without a warrant, there's a there's a crime cognizable court of the United States. Oh right, right. He's arrested your freedom of movement. He has substantially uh uh substantially um altered your freedom of movement or or it even says or the or the uh, ability to stay where you please either by force or the threat of force. And I got one, just let's have a little fun here, uh, just to get your mindset here. You're going to love this. There's a little, little trick I got here, but it's really open up your mind and see if we, so we can have a little round robin here real fast. Real quick okay. question. Sure. What is the most dangerous weapon that an officer has on his person? Very specific question. I'm going to repeat it again. What is the most dangerous Weapon that an officer has on his person. I would say his words. Anybody else? No, I guess not. Okay. Well, I, I would have said I would have said words too, but it's it, it's like not knowing not knowing the law. So. I would, uh, anyway, I would agree, but remember the terms were on his person. On on his per on. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I, I guess... Okay. Would that be his gun? That's the normal one you would call. The answer is no. That's what Keep I would say. Keep going. Uh, that's a good one as well. Okay. On his person. You yes. mean on, on his physical body? On his person, exactly. On his he is a person because he's well, a officer. I, I, on I, his uniform. His uniform. Yeah. That's another good one, but that's not it. Well, I can't think of any others. You're going to have to enlighten us. <laughs> his badge. <laughs> that's another good. That's another good one, but that's not it either. Shiny badge. Okay, his hat. If he had his hat off, his hat. <laughs> it's got got to be his hat. Hello, lady. Let me take my hat off to you. Uh, that's that's a fun one. I never heard that one, but that that's not it. I would say if he he took his hat off, then he would be diminishing himself as as the in the authority that he thinks he has. I that's interesting. I, I never thought about it, but no, that's not the no, one I'm thinking. I, I cannot think outside the square. You're going to have to open up that square so I can see it. <laughs> Same here. I'll give you more I'll tell you that there's a reason I'm asking this is because I want to show you that which is right in front of you, Miss. To show you exactly how we miss things that are so obvious right in front of us. That's okay. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. Let's get a few more guesses in here. On this person, oh geez, if it's not his gun, his hat, his uniform, uh, it's not his smiley, pearly teeth. Oh, that is I'm going to call that a real close second. <laughs> his ability to lie. <laughs> but no, that's not on his person. Oh, 
Jeez, I don't know, Colin. You've got us all stumped. Anybody Colin, else want to guess? Come on. Some good guesses out there. Is automobile? That's not honest person. Oh, right, right. Okay, honest person. The way I would construct the answer to this question is if it was me, somebody asked this question to me, I would strip them down naked and then I would start putting on everything, piece by piece by piece, and then I would just start from the basic. Okay, his uniform, no. His badge, no. His gun, no. His belt, no. His taser, no. His pepper spray, no. No pad. Okay, so, no huh? pad? No pad? There's no pad? No pad. Oh, that's a good one. His ticket thing, that's a good one. His wallet. His money, his money clip. Keep going. He's he's two way radio or something. Ah, oh, bingo! You get the booby prize. Fantastic! Yeehaw! I oh wow! Really? Now, why is that his most dangerous weapon? Because I'm going to share with you why. Because he can ask for backup. Bingo! And when he asks for backup, what mood are those guys in when they come to the scene? They're, they're, they're ready to shoot somebody. They're ready to defend their mate. That's right. And that's why it's the most dangerous weapon that he has on him is his radio, his ability to call for backup. And when he calls for backup, they don't give a shit who you are, what you look like, whether you're injured or quadriplegic. They're gonna, they come to shoot, beat, and, and knock your ass down. Because an officer doesn't call for backup unless he needs help. So they believe they're coming to the aid of an officer. And that's why it's so dangerous. I've actually seen that. He, excuse me. I've actually seen that. I have actually seen that in my street, because yeah. there was there was two there was a um, a young man. He was about seventeen years old, and he was walking down the street with two women, and there was a car, a cop car that come around the corner, and this this was a really bad guy, and it was a female and male cop, and um, they got out of the car, and I said, "You're going to need backup." And and they said, oh, we've already sent, you know, you've already we've already sent one car, and I just went, oh, well, you're going to need backup now. I don't know what happened, but I can definitely say that within one minute, five cars were on the scene. Within one minute. And I've seen I've seen it where it's two o'clock or one o'clock in the morning, and it and an old lady, and I say old, I mean over fifty, and I know old fifty is not old, but I'm just saying, let's say older lady. Um, who she's no longer moving at a clip at a nice speed. Let's put it that way. And I saw this poor woman. It was cold outside. This was in uh, Montgomery County, Silver Spring, Maryland, which is considered to be upper upper middle class. You know, the home started at two hundred to three hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. And she was short. I don't think she was more than five foot one, five foot two. And um, there was three cops harassing her on the middle of the street, blocking traffic, and there was like three or four cop cars, and three cops were harassing her for eight. I stood there, almost froze to death myself. I know she had to be freezing for over an hour and a half, an hour and a half, and I finally prayed really hard, and I just got up the courage, even though, uh, you know, all all this had gone down and they clearly were trying to do something. And I just gritted my teeth and I walked out there and I kind of closed my eyes and I said, excuse me, are you going to give her a ticket or are you going to let her go on her way? 
And you should have seen the look on their faces. I swear they were like ravishing wolves. I mean, they were out for blood on somebody. But just saying that, and I turned to one guy, Spirit had me turn to one guy, I said, really, would you want, would you be treating, if this was your mother, would you be treating her like this? And I just shook my head and said, this is disgusting. And I walked away because I knew I had to walk away. And they, and fortunately, I was on foot. And they're so damn lazy, they weren't going to take me off. Because the moment I got across the street, I took off in a pathway where they couldn't have followed me if they wanted to. But, you know, I then peered around the corner, and within minutes, they left her alone. This poor woman. She was shivering and shaking and cold, and they kept her out there for nothing. I ended up, I asked her, I said, what did you do? She says, I don't know. I said, what, didn't they tell you? She said, no. They just kept asking me a bunch of questions. I said, what kind of questions? I don't even remember. They were just stupid questions. And I see this all the time. There is no need for there to be five cops. Look what happened to Shay. Shay the other day reported to me she's in Virginia. She goes down to the land record. She wants to file some documents into the land record. And they wouldn't let, it, they wouldn't let her file it. She says, goes, why not? There's no reason for you not to let me file this. Next thing she knows, she turns around. There's five armed cops. And her story is a good story, actually, how she, you know, handled herself fairly well, even though she was upset. She still smiled and said, have a nice day. Thank you for doing a great job. Because she remembered. Always leave on a friendly note. Thank God. But then, you know, then I talked to her and said, well, did you go with the camera? No. Did you go with the witness? No. I said, what did we talk about? You know that they're going to violate your rights. Nowadays, it's an assumption. You know that anytime you're dealing with any officer, you're dealing with an enemy. So you go there with your video camera, which is in your phone, hanging around your neck, you go with a witness to make sure you have a witness, and then you confront each and every one. Say, so why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Who made the call? Do I have a gun on me? Do you not have a gun on you? Why does it need five men, five grown men who are trained, uh, trained armed people to do what? To, 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 to one woman who simply wants to exercise her right to file something onto the record. Embarrass them. That's what, I, that's what I'm teaching people to do. Embarrass them. That's the most powerful thing that women have. Really. You big, huge guys armed and dangerous with every kind of weapon on you, you're scared of me, a woman? Yeah. I don't have any weapons. I've never had any training. I don't know anything. And you're here? And then just simply say, if I was your mom, what would she say? Wouldn't she get in your face and say, you should be ashamed of yourself? And I'll tell you, man, you back them down fast. Women are much more powerful than they know they are. Particularly when you put, I say, shame on you. I do. I did it in court one time. A bunch of, a bunch of cops were sitting there when, when I was doing this, the, the, the speeding ticket. And I, I, I did a good job, but I didn't quite win that one. But the guy came after me, did the same thing I did, except he added one little thing to it. And he won. He said, I learned from you. But these cops were sitting there when I was asking about the Constitution. They wouldn't allow me to ask those questions. Well, of course I have the right to ask them because what does it say? Now that I've read the statute, I now know how do I can enforce it because I've learned the statute. Are you denying my right to depose the witness? That's my question. Now I know what to say. Are you denying my right to depose the witness? And go listen to Carl Lutz. He talks about deposing. He says, I love it, deposing. He talks about that court case that the guy messed it up completely because they went and, and uh, dismissed the case and the guy was happy. He said, what are you, Carl was pissed off. We had a perfect opportunity to depose the witnesses. Depose means to get them off the road, depose them. 
A deposition is where you depose them. You get them to testify against themselves unwittingly. Because when you do a deposition, you get a record. It's recorded, and they're sworn under oath. And when you can show that their testimony is different than what they testify in court, you can now have their entire testimony stricken. Because they no longer have reliability. You've deposed them. So when you sit there and start asking questions, and the judge doesn't allow you to, what do you say? Are you denying my right to depose the witness? But I didn't know what to say at the time. So the only thing I did is I turned around, and because the the uh, the cops, they had like 15 cops in there. Why was there 15 cops? There was no need. And I'm talking about they had already emptied out all of the other case law before. There was no need for all these other cops to be there. And isn't that a little strange that you got 15 cops that keep getting paid even though they're just sitting there on their asses doing nothing? I was the last case. I was the only case. There was only one cop. Maybe maximum two. The one that gave me a ticket and the other one who was there with the, with, with the um, alleged radar. So what were all these other 15 cops doing there for all these hours getting paid? And they started snickering and laughing. Oh, when I asked them about the Constitution, he goes, what, you want me to quote it? I was like, well, yeah. They all thought it was funny. I turned around and I told them point blank. I said, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And you should have seen them straighten up. They're like, oh, shit. The snickering stopped. If you do nothing else, that's acting like a man. You should be ashamed of yourself. I didn't say one legal term. I didn't state one statute, one code, no nothing. I put them in their place. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's good. I've seen about ten policemen all up at the all up at the hospital one night, um, just for one person who was injured. It was ridiculous. I thought, why are there so many policemen all around? It was, it was crazy. They didn't have anything better to do. Yeah, but you go and ask them, and you tell them, hey, are you doing anything active? Is your you know you need to go out there and co- go get some real criminals. Go get busy, because otherwise, take your uniform off and go home and punch out, because we're not paying for you to stand around with your thumb up your ass. <laughs> that's, a good, when, when that's a good point. When, Thank you for that. You're welcome. And, you know, you know, actually, a teenage kid gave a ticket to a cop, and the court upheld it. Did you know that? Talk about statute law, their courts. A kid wrote a ticket to an officer who was improperly parked, and the court upheld the kid's ticket. He just hand-wrote it. And another time, another time, uh, a cop was was convicted because somebody uh, either made a complaint or wrote a ticket because the man had parked his car in front of a restaurant or dry cleaners and ran in there his motorcycle, I think it was, to get his dry cleaning or something to that effect or his lunch or something. And he said, "No, you're illegally parked." And then another one I remember on YouTube is where uh, he was using uh, he was on duty and he was picking up his dry cleaning. And they charged him for it because he was on company time. He was he was getting paid and he was doing something for his private business. He had no business doing it. And they charged him. They backcharged him. Now this is people acting like men and women. They don't know statute law. They just know that hey, buddy, you know we're paying you not not to do your personal stuff. Yeah. Now can you imagine if all we did was was to do this all the time? If, if we were on their asses all the time. First of all, it establishes who the boss is, doesn't it? That's the reason you do it. And as I said, you don't want to do this when they're in hunt mode. 
You don't want to wait for the ten questions. You go up and ask it. Any officer, anywhere, when you are the one calling, when you're the one who's there challenging them or asking them these questions, they're not in hunt mode. That's the reason I raised the issue that the radio, for several reasons, for you to recognize that the last thing, even though tactilely, in your senses, it's the one thing that you can not only observe, it's right on their shoulder, they talk on it several times while they're in front of you, and you constantly can hear it. So if you want to think about your senses, it's the one instrument that you hear and see and that they constantly are referring to. And yet, everybody missed it until the very end. So it shows the thing that can be most obvious we miss. So there's several lessons in that, which is why I did that. But recognize that when they call for backup, these guys are coming in hunt mode, what I call hunt mode. They're not in logic mode. They're in hunt mode. You don't want to wait until they're in hunt mode to sit there and use the ten questions or the, you know, yes, the three questions now. That's why I developed them. But you want to walk up to them. That's what managers do. Go and test them. You know, you always hear the people go, well, when you go into court, they're going to test you. When you go in there and say you're a man, you know, Carl talks about that. They're going to test you to see if you know what you're talking about. But the first thing when I hear him say that, I go, well, why don't we test them? Let's turn it around. Let's test them. Hey, bub, how you doing? And you do it friendly. You do it friendly. And when I do it, I got him smiling. Oh, well, let me ask you a question. If you had a mechanic that knew as much about, about his job as you do the Constitution, would you want to work it on your car? And they laughed. They go, no. And I said, well, what's that say about you? Because the mechanic didn't swear an oath, did he? But, you know, that's okay. You know, if you just do me a favor and read the Constitution tonight. Go home and read the Constitution, will you? Help you. And I even tell them. I then pull out my, my, my big guns, the carrot stick, carrot stick, and then say, well, look, you know, what if some smart-ass like me comes along? See, I'm calling myself a name. If some smart-ass like me comes along and decides, you know what? I want to go make a couple hundred thousand dollars, so I'm going to go ahead and sue you in federal court under 42-1983. They have no idea what I'm talking about. It sounds official as shit. And anybody who hasn't done that, that's a lot of fun. Make up statutes that don't exist and just spit them out like I do and watch their faces. I mean, I, I'm being mean here, and I, I don't, I've only done it once or twice just to prove I could do it. It's not something I recommend. First, learn the real statutes. Yeah. But it is. it shows you that they don't know what the hell they're doing. You can put the fear of God in them. But it's even better. What I found out, it's even better if you can back it up with real law. And guess what? 18 U.S.C. says what? Shall be fined or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. Oh, my God, that's worse than anything I ever made up. <laughs> I was making up like, well, you know, you could be arrested. That was as far as I went with it. But here they're talking about fined and imprisoned up to 10 years. Holy crap. And I never thought that there was a law or statute that said not only the free exercise. Free, I thought it was exercise. But here's this free exercise. Or enjoyment of us. I never thought you'd find in any statute the word enjoyment. What? We're allowed to enjoy life? Can a corporation enjoy life? You want to ask about man and statute? Let me ask you a question. Can a, can a, can a person enjoy life? No. A person is a persona. A person is a fictional entity. Can a corporation, an LLC, partnership, can it enjoy life? No. That's why he uses the word, I wish. Because only a man can wish. So if you want to see man answer his question now, now the solution, there, there's my answer coming later on. Put me on the spot, which is, you know, great. Put me on the spot and I can't come up with it right away. But here it is. Here's the answer to the question. You want to know about man without the word M-A-N being put in there? Go read 18 U.S.C. 241 and 242.
Because at the beginning of 242, it says anyone. It doesn't say any person, like all the other statutes and codes do. It says anyone. Just like your note, anyone. Huh? Oh, sorry, Colin, these statutes and codes that, that you learn, like I'm, I'm in Australia, I'm on Australia, so where would, I, where would I go to learn these statutes and codes? I've got to go to some law library? Um, no, you can find these on the internet. Um, you're in Australia. You really need, to, in my opinion, well, Australia is a corporation. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I hope you know about this. I need to get that video to you where the man discovered that the whole government of Australia is a business out of out of Washington, D.C. And he yeah, found it on... Romley Stewart. Yeah, Romley Stewart, yep. yeah. yeah. And wow. it's actually, it's actually uh, well, I looked up something um, here, um, and from from my research, it's actually owned by the Vatican and the Crown. Wow. Wow. But yeah, why don't you share that information real quick? Because this is something that everyone should look, everyone should watch. He does a really great job, much better than I would ever do. But you also notice they've done many cuts on it. Um, but you need to watch the whole series. The whole series, like six of them. It's not very long. They're no more than like ten minutes each. Would you give that information so it can be put up? This is really important as well. I was so glad that you did that. Romley Stewart, oh. is that who it is? But, oh no no! It took me it took me practically two days, and I was up like he does have he do, he's got about sixteen or eighteen videos. So his name is Romley Romley Stewart S T W A R T, and I'll just get I'll just I'm just going to Google his stuff now and put you on the right track. Hang on. The one you want to look up, and if you don't know his name, you want to look up. It's um, how to find. Uh, Australia's corporate something or other is a corporation or something to that effect. Yes, he actually he actually sits down with people and he actually says, "Look, this is how to find it. You have to go on to the you go here, you go there, um, you know." And it's yeah, Wayne Glue. Um, uh, Wayne Glue actually gave that that number out. Wayne Glue was an ex policeman of seventeen years who got involved with the Cold War. And he is known as the Talking Bulldog. Now, he's got stuff up um, on YouTube that actually says, you know, how Australia is actually a corporation. Not only is it a corporation, but um, in, in Delaware, they actually found three accounts. Um, and there was $6 trillion in each account. So there was three accounts. So that money was from the Australian people. Now, as he said, where did that come from? Because we did not give it to them. That's right. So, and and, and that series, I'm going to find it here in a minute. Um, that series that he that it's like six or seven series, a uh, six or seven videos in one series, is the one, and it begins with uh, how to find. And guess where he found it, people? This is amazing. He found it in the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. How cool is that? I mean, this, this, he's done this on the Internet, and he's found it. And the reason why this is so important, in case people are wondering, is you need to understand exactly how, how far this has gone, how corrupted, in a sense, everything has gotten, because the people have not maintained their governments. So what's happened is somebody's come along, They've created a fictitious or faux government, and the people continue to use it, and they've abandoned their own 
their own jurisdiction. They've abandoned their own courts. They've abandoned their own uh, sovereignty, if you will. And so now these guys are pretending like they are all that. And and it's all done by by um, by putting it into a corporation. This man will actually show you what it is. Here's a full-length movie on it. Um, no, it's like 52 minutes. Now, I'm just going to um, give this... I'll put this on chat. This man was actually... Um, I don't even know what his name is. I can't remember. But this man, it's called What the F-U-Q, okay? F-U-Q stands for Freak frequently unanswered questions so this man was um he was actually a captain of a ship so what he used to do is he used to um uh, uh you know um cruise ships he used to like if big some sheik would buy a ship he would actually fly over to dubai and he would bring that ship to anywhere or wherever it was if the ship was in england he would go over to england he would he would he was the captain of the ship. He would bring that ship to or that big yacht, and I mean million-dollar, million-dollar yachts. He would sail them to where they had to go. Um, so that's what he had to do. In the course of this, what he did is he bought a Corvette from America, and um, they asked, is, is there anything, any modifications? And he said yes. An air conditioning was put in it. Um, apparently, the customs started asking him for information. Being a man who um, took took was meticulous about very very minor details, he noticed that one one letter was addressed as the government of Australia, and the other one known was was the like Australian government. What he found out was like a parallel, like the court system that has the legalese and the, and the law as well, the common law, and two can, can travel parallel to each other. It's the same thing what he found out. This, this copycat system and the real Australian government are travelling side by side. Now, what I believe is um, they've, they've actually turned Australia into a republic they just haven't let the people officially know about it. They can't tell the people officially that it is a republic until the, the people have actually agreed that it is a, pub, a republic. That's why they keep pushing it all the time. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I found the title. Uh, it's Romley, R-O-M-L-E-Y, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, how to find the all uppercase Commonwealth of Australia lowercase corporation. You want me to give it again? I heard somebody no, typing. No, no huh? that was. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had my mic off. No, I've got it. Um, I'm okay. just going to take that and I'm going to put that into in into the chat. But that's YouTube. That's right. Yeah, Romley 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 Stewart has actually been threatened. His family has been threatened. Everything. 
um, he he's not allowed to talk to anybody. Pretty much, he, he's yeah, he's pretty much been very well threatened. Um, uh, who you know who told me that? Um, uh, what's he called? The Aussie lawyer. He's on Facebook. The Aussie lawyer. He's um, he actually can you know talks to Romley, and Romley is so close to the truth and getting at this truth that. You know, Romley, Romley, and his family have been threatened. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. And they're from yeah. Australia. Yeah, yeah. Even Luke McKee, Luke McKee gets on here. I think he's he's under the title of Aussie Luke. You know, he put. You know, I had a good conversation station with him one day on Skype. He has put a few high-profile pedophiles behind bars. Because of this, his life has been threatened. He actually had to leave Australia. He is living overseas at the moment. And you see it. You know, you only have to have it, you know, uh, have a look at that guy that did WikiLeaks. Have a look at, you know, all those big people that exposed crimes that have happened or is happening. You know, they're the ones who actually got put behind bars, who got threatened and had to leave the country. And they're the ones that should be our heroes. We should be, we should be, they should be, you know, like they should be the ones that are actually probably running our country. But it's actually criminals running our country. Yeah, where are the marching in the street for those guys? I mean, you know, clearly these people have put their lives on the line, stopped their lives. They've exposed, you know, they're not exposing their records. They haven't fabricated documents. They haven't fabricated records. They're just simply exposing Mm -hmm. unlawful activities. And yet, you know, where were the riots? Where were the people, uh, you know, marching in the street by the millions? There should there should be. I mean, in actual fact, we even have uh, in statute and law, we even have uh, protections for whistleblowers. But anyone who's ever been a whistleblower will tell you that those protections are not there. You that, know, I mean, you have IRS agents yep. that, that are blowing, what, what's her name, Brown. She blew the whistle on it, you know, on the whole IRS thing. She says, I couldn't find any place where it said you were required to. She was going to win the ten thousand dollars for anybody who could could show in statute of law where you're required to. She couldn't. She said, "I can't believe this." And then she went. She went on her own. She quit. Quit the job and said, "I'm not working for a company doing that." And then she started mm-hmm. making speeches, and then and then they started coming after her as well. But why are they well, coming you... after somebody? They're coming after them because they don't have anybody backing them up. They know they're all alone because the people, the men and women. Men and women are not acting as men. There's no men out there that are standing up for this woman who is standing behind a podium and telling the truth. That's right. The actual fact is... Bodyguards, huh? No, the actual fact is there are are very few good men and and good women out there today. You know, and they're, they're like, oh my gosh, well, if I, you know, if I upset the status quo... I could lose my stuff, but 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 they don't understand. It's already gone. It's already, it's already gone. gone. It's gone. Yep. Exactly. You know, I mean, everyone's trying to preserve their way of life, and they don't even know it's already gone. That's why we're sharing with yes. you to watch this video, because you're going to realize that you've got nothing more to lose. It's already been stolen from you. You just don't know it. So you might as well start standing up for yourself now, and maybe – you'll be able to stand up for your kids and your great-grandkids. Yeah. Because that's well, what this even, is ultimately about. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, once we lose our constitution, we lose our common law. It becomes a republic. Kim Beasley stood up in Parliament in, I think it was 1980, I think it was 82 or 84 or something, might have been 92 or 94, but he turned around and he said, once Australia becomes a republic, it gives the federal government control of all the homes, all the houses, all the land, everything. So we, we, we've already lost, really, you know, so, and people don't understand that. You see the radio stations, they're pushing, oh, wouldn't it be great to become a republic? Not understanding what it really means. They've got no idea. And they keep pushing it on to the people. They're saying it in the radio. It's getting people conditioned to believe it's going to be a good thing. It's, it's, it's called the totalitarian tiptoe. David Icke has, speak, has spoken about it. Uh, you know, problem, reaction, solution because it's trying to get the people to go in the direction that that, that certain, just a few, very few people want the world to go. Yep, exactamundo. Um, you know, and the, and the thing is that these are, these tactics are old tactics. They've been used for centuries and they work because why? Because there is, you know, any of these movies I've mentioned, I think the last time, uh, on the show that I I used to believe that Americans were all Clint Eastwoods, that we had a little bit of Clint Eastwood in us. And if nothing else, even if we had somebody like a Clint Eastwood, eventually the people of the township would stand up and, and, and do what it takes. You know, if that meant using your shotgun and shooting that bad guy in the back that was going to kill Clint Eastwood in the last second, that's what it takes, that's what you should do. How many people would do that today? You know, th- this is the point that I've been making, which I think you guys get which is that, you know, look, the three questions is the same thing as a shotgun without, and, you, you know, there's, there's, you're not killing anyone. You're killing the, the spell. Think of it as a, as a spell, that they cast a spell on these people. You know, they give them a uniform. But you know what? Go ahead. What I, believe, what I believe is actually happening, Colin, it's called mind control. You know, there's things that happen in the world, okay, but people go home. They sit down, they watch their television. What is television showing them? That every cop on that television is a good cop who's doing the right thing. So that imparts in their mind that all cops are good, they're doing the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. They see injustice in the world. What do they do? Suddenly a movie comes out about where there is justice in the world, but the good guys come along and save them. So they sit down at these movies and they go, well, I don't have to do anything because guess what? Oh, they're so, I'm so glad that there are good guys out there that are saving us. But the reality of it is, no, they're, they're imparting that into the psyche to get people to believe that there are good guys out there when the good guys are actually sitting on their hearth at home doing nothing. Yeah, to add to that, in fact, it was really interesting if you look in the news that uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which has to do with every single foreclosure and everything out there and all that whole nonsense for the people who know about that, um, they found out that the people in there, instead of investigating and doing what they're supposed to be doing, were spending eight hours a day in their office getting paid looking at porno. Now, you know, I, you know, the, the, the last part, the porno, I don't care what they were looking at. I don't care what they were looking at. What I care about is that they were spending any time 
in doing the investigation that they're supposed to be doing? That's the question. You know, and they're not this doing here, it. They're not. Not man- yeah, and here my, I'm going to uh, share the book with you once I read it. But my friend Tony here, he got a book. I think he paid twelve dollars for it. He doesn't have any money. I loaned him the money, and um, but he spent the twelve dollars to get this book. And in this book, everything he's like, wow, everything you've been telling me is in this book. It, it's confirmed, you know. What you, but the guy explains it obviously. You know, when you hear it from two different people, it make it, it. You know, that's when it, it reconfirms. It helps you out. Okay, let's talk about that for one second. Knowing that if one man says it, it's not going to be sufficient. But if you hear two or three or four people here, all of a sudden it becomes truth. Well, that's they know this, so that's why they have ABC, NBC, CBS, and all the rest of them. Uh, you know, and, and, and all of the stations out there are saying the same story because that way you'll believe it. Hey, it's not just NBC it's saying, it's CBS saying, da, 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 da. so you're you're getting it from many different sources. And so, you know, the, the parents are saying it, the teachers are saying it, you know, the politicians are saying it, so it must be true. So there's that technique that they understand. They the, One of the things that I learned about the Rothschilds, the, the kids at Rothschilds, a, a story about them, where one of the Rothschilds that was uh, that has removed himself from the family, essentially, he said one of the biggest things that they have is a library. They have a family library of all the deals that they've done. And one of the things that they teach right from the very beginning is sociology, how people can be controlled and manipulated. This is one of the very first things they learn. You, we don't learn this. We don't learn sociology in school. We don't learn how to control people because then we would be aware of these things. So the masses are just simply easily controlled. But anyway, to go back to the book, and he's reading the book, and I said, well, what did you get out of it? He says, well, there's good news and bad news. I said, okay, what's the good news? He says, everything in here confirming what you've discovered. And that they have tons of evidence of it, tons of evidence of this fraud. The FBI, he says, all, he says, now the bad news. The FBI, the CIA, everybody who could possibly know it, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission, um, uh, the, uh, the Homeland Security, the... Federal Bureau, what is it, this and that? I mean, I can't think of all the alphabet soup ones. Oh, and I'm thinking Secret Service, which is for fraud and so on. They all know about this. There's sufficient evidence, and they're doing absolutely nothing about it. He says that's the bad news. He says they know about it, there's evidence of it, and none of them are doing their job. And ironically, when he was telling me that, it was kind of ironic that um, – when I then turned around and said, okay, so what you're saying is that all of them are in dereliction of duty. And he goes, yeah, and the phone went dead. We got disconnected immediately, which I thought was rather interesting. So, you know, um, it, 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 it's going to take the people, you know, one little bit at a time. If you can wake up one man in office, one, one man a day in office, it'll make a difference. You know, that one cop that I had crying within 10 minutes, and he's, he was going to quit. He literally was going to quit. He says, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm going to quit. And I said, no, no, please don't, please don't. I said, you're the kind of people that we need in office. I said, tread, tread lightly, you know, but slowly wake the people up. Start reading the law yourself and get to know it, and then have them read it. I actually spent almost two hours talking to them, sharing with them how to covertly, if you want to call it that, covertly educate them as to what their real duty is. And he said, oh, my God, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be undercover. I said, you are. Uh, you are. And, and don't think, if you go overboard, you'll be threatened. You know? And he was like, wow. And I said, now you understand what, it, what, it, what, it, what really a duty means. You know? And what a great guy. You know I mean? I mean, he came up on me hard. 
came up like an asshole, but, you know, spirit really moved. That was a really moving experience for him and certainly was for me to see that. And you'll find that, yeah, there are good people in office, but they don't even know they're good people because they've been so conditioned to do what they're doing. You know, there, I was reading a story about a, um, a man whose wife became a, a, a police officer. He says within months, he didn't know his own wife, didn't know who she was. She became an aggressive, mean, awful, ugly person, didn't want to socialize with him, was abusive to him, him and the kids, and had this attitude, and she always wanted to go out drinking with the guys, and, and, and her whole demeanor, everything was different. They ended up getting divorced. He's like, I didn't know who this person was. It was like a gang mentality. So, so what does that tell you? You know that these associations, these groups, whatever they are, they are conditioned and trained to be a certain way, and, to, and they're very good at bringing out the animal in you. He says she, she turned into an animal. She started acting like them and talking like them within just a few months. So that tells you that they have a training, uh, you know, they have the training to do it. And that's, I've kind of shared this with people. If you look at Al-Qaeda and all these other groups, if you look at what they're doing, for me it's like, you know, the playbook of the United States government. This is exactly what the military teaches. If you've ever done any of their training, the problem is most people don't have experience. And that's kind of why I come on here and share. It's like, look, I've been in the military. I know what the attitude is like. I've had secret security clearance. You know, they, they train you. They teach you. It's just, it just it happens on its own that, you know, you're superior to the other people because you've got secret security clearance and they don't. You know things they don't know. But guess what? There's a flip side of that. You're not allowed to divulge that information to anyone. Holy crap. You know? There's two sides of it. So you're alienated just by the fact that you have this extra privilege. So who are you going to hang out with? The people you can talk with or the people you can't talk with? So there's the alienation right there. And isn't that, as you said, you create the problem and then you then you offer the solution. Somebody was going to say something? Colin, I'm sorry. I'm blinking. No, Colin, I was going to ask you, have you seen the movie The Whistleblower? No, should I? Yes, you should. Yes, you should. It's about a a, a a woman cop who, because she could speak Croatian, and she she needed money, she actually went over to you know like Bosnia. So she went to work for the UN, and it's everything that she found out about the UN and what they were doing. Now, please watch, after you watch the movie, The Whistleblower, please watch the special features and everything because the real woman is actually, you know, actually talks about her experience and everything like that. But, but you know, it shows how she was shunned from this and shunned from that just because she was revealing a truth. And then you actually get what, how, how she managed to live through it and actually not get shot, I don't know. That, that you know, I think God helped her out there, you know, and, and with a few good other people. But it's happening everywhere. I've just bought, you know, I went and got a, um, you know, because I, I, I talked to God. So I said, God, I need help. I need help with being able to be able to speak properly, you know. So can you give me a hand here, you know. So, you know, and, um, you know, through, through things happen and I can't explain them, but I managed to get on to a guy called Jerry Spence. Now, Jerry Spence is a trial lawyer. He has been a trial lawyer. He has been on court cases for over 60 years. In 50 years, he has never, ever lost one single case. He's a man who represented uh, Randy Weaver. 
he also represented Imelda Marcos in her shoes. You know, so you might think, oh, yeah, I remember those cases. Now, you know, in Jerry Spencer's own words, he said, I have never once, hear me, I have never once been in a single case in over a period of 60 years in the courtrooms of this country, he lives in America, okay, that the government hasn't violated the law or misused its power. Never one case, not one. You know, so there's a man with experience. Here is a man with experience who says this is how, this is, they're violating their own laws. So if we can show that to good judges we've got people that are you know knowledgeable in the law informed jurors we can bring this truth forward and you know get start working on truth getting stuff getting things back on track because it's way out of line and so hopefully the people will wake up yeah and they do it on a continuous basis too throughout the whole case law you know and again here's the thing what i what i try to share with people is that even if you come in as a man, okay, you may be coming in under a proper capacity, but if they don't respect law, why are they going to respect whatever you say? They, you know, I, 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 I can almost guarantee you, I, I'll, I'll make a $100 bet, because I don't have much money right now, but otherwise I would probably bet more than that. But I would bet $100 that at some point, sooner or later, if people continuously go into court and say, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I almost guarantee you, sooner or later, some judge is going to say, well, you know what? I'm putting that man into jail. <laughs> because that, there's the judges don't care. They're going to say, oh, you're a man, are you? Great. Bayless, take this man to jail, please. Put him in a jail cell. Let him cool off for a while. And he won't say, hold you in contempt. He won't bring any charges. He'll just tell the bailiff, take this man and put him in a jail cell for a while because he can do it. And he knows he can do it because there's nobody else there. You're there all by your little lonesome self because none of your men and women neighbors were man enough to step up to come to court with you. See, this is why when I sound nasty, it's, I mean to sound nasty. You can hate me or dislike me all you want, but look in the mirror. Because you're sitting at home while your friend's getting screwed in court. I can't, I, I can't deal with that. I mean, look at the opportunity that I took when I went to court. I don't just go to court with a friend. I make sure that I make my appearance known. That judge, doesn't even know, that judge does not even know my name, and yet I indicted her two times. I got Hello. to speak for 10 minutes in that courtroom. I asked her in the end. I let her know. I used 18 U.S.C. subsection 4 to make her known, make known to some judge. I then made her known of, of what what they were enforcing was not in the contract and they, that the court doesn't have that power. And I got her to admit that she had never seen and she's never read the note or the deed of trust. So how can she possibly allow enforcement under a deed of trust, which is what they're coming in under, if she's never read it and can't make a judgment on it? And she but still does not never given my name. That. Never given my name, yeah. huh? But you couldn't do that if you didn't know it. Right, because I've actually read the note in the deed of trust, at least the part that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, the parts, I don't know all that stuff. About, I know there's sections, a whole section, there's pages and pages of sections that you have to maintain the property in a certain amount and this and that and what if and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I haven't read all that. I'm sure somebody could find some, but I do know important information like line 28 
that says that once the payment is made or the commitment is whatever it is is made in full, then they shall return, shall, and I don't know if it's shall and, you know, some future tense thing and all that. that not, I mean, I'm sorry to say it's nonsense. It sounds good, but I have yet to say, well, I've never seen a court case that says, well, shall is a future tense and we're not in the future yet because the moment we're, we're in the now. Well, I don't care. Anyway, where it says that they, they, whether it says they shall or they must, okay, they must um, send back the note and have it either stamped or marked, written on it, uh, paid. They haven't done that. The amount has been paid, it's been waived, whatever, it's been fulfilled, and they haven't sent the note or the deed of trust back, and, then, and the deed of trust shall be reconveyed. I know the where it's under the section where it says substitution, substitute trustee or substitution of trustee, that it does not use the word substitute. It uses the words uh, that, that the lender at its choice, nobody else. It says the lender, it's specific, the lender. It doesn't say lender and or sign. It says lender at its choice made from time to time, replace the trustee with a successor trustee. And the successor trustee shall, I uh, forget the exact word, but it means shall succeed in all of the obligations, responsibilities, and powers. A substitution cannot have any powers. It only has very limited. It's there to substitute for a moment. So when somebody comes into court as a substitute trustee, they're, they're coming in in a capacity that doesn't exist in the deed of trust. Please let me talk. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I hear you. Go ahead. Fantastic. Hi, Sonia. This is Billy. How are you? Hi, Billy. How are you? Long time no hear. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, you too. I'm I've been going... listening for a while. Yeah, I know we have. I, I see that you've been on. It's uh, wonderful. Um to touch bases with you again. Uh, yeah, you have some ideas, or do you want to talk to Colin? Or I do. Uh, Colin, yeah. uh, thank you for all your information. It's been, you know, different for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's almost what I've been trying to get out there is that we need to stand together type thing. But um, <clears throat> some of the stuff that I heard... It, it seemed like was taken out of context. And the one thing I wanted to touch on was you were just talking about the trustees and the successor trustees. Do you have any experience with trusts and trustees and all that, Colin? I have some. Um, uh, in fact, I did a whole hour and a half presentation as to what a trust is, the elements of a trust, what res is, um, and so on and so forth, and you're welcome, you know, I don't claim to be an expert. What my gift is is to share that which is difficult for the average man to understand, and I make it simple for them to understand. I may not be always precisely correct, but generally um, I believe that I am because I've done research on it. But I do know uh, what is in the, you know, what's in my deed of trust and most deeds of trust and the lines that are important. As I was saying, for instance, if you go look at it, if the deed of trust does not secure the note, you go read it. There's nowhere in there that says it secures the note. It says it secures the debt evidenced by the note. Huge difference. So if there's no debt, then there's nothing to secure. And I also know that the deed of trust is supposed to secure something. So when it goes into a REMIC, it says it's asset-backed securities. Well, clearly they're using the res, the thing, that's in the in the deed of trust, which is supposed to be for security only to secure a debt evidenced by the note, 
and they're using it as an asset. That's a violation of it. Not only that, but so far as I know, once they put it into a remic, there's a different trustee. So what happens to the trustee of, of the deed of trust? No, I was actually speaking on a different trust. You're talking about land trust, is that correct? Well, at this particular, I'm just talking specifically about the deed of trust. If you want to talk about a general trust, uh, I kind of like I say, there has basically four elements of a trust, which is the grantor, the trustee, the beneficiary, and the rest. That's you know basically it. But if you have something to add that would be helpful, please do. I don't claim to well, be an expert. It's not, no, it's it's not so much to add as uh, I had my grandfather who had owned quite a bit of real estate and was somehow finagled into probate and my mother had fought them for about 10 years and she ended up passing away and I ended up fighting with them trying to get the the trust back into the family's name out of you know they were selling all the property they already have pretty much sold all the property but I was trying to go to battle with them with some of uh Carl's stuff and I even met with Carl and he just wasn't available. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole world wanted him at that time. and He gave me some, some stuff to do and I failed. Okay. I wasn't able to hold court. And when I'm, when I was started listening to you talk about trust and trustees, that's why I wanted to chime in and ask, do you know anything about this? Because the research that I done, I have what's called a revocable trust which means that any time a beneficiary can step up and revoke the trust and create a new trust. And I wasn't getting any support from the family, you know, the community, anything like that. And this is why I was a little inspired when you started talking about, yeah, imagine if your whole community stepped up. Imagine if your whole family stepped up. Like these, these things are huge because I went through that and I failed and I really felt like if, I had that support, you know, the court would have felt pressured rather than me feeling pressure because it was just me against, you know, all the money that they're fighting me against, which is our money. They hire all these high-priced, you know, attorneys and uh, people to run the estate, the trustors, and uh, or the trustees, actually. They're not trustors. One thing I would say very quickly is that the beneficiary... It, okay, and a revocable trust means that it can be altered, changed, or even revoked, but it has to be done by the grantor or the trustor. You as a beneficiary can't do it. However, it does not deny you the right to take the benefits that you are entitled to, and I'm using very precise terms here, the benefits which you are entitled to and enforcing that against any new trustee. Now, if the trustee of the trust is missing, then you can appoint, you can actually appoint another trustee, and that can be somebody in the public. So when they take a, an authoritative position or it goes into receivership or something, that trustee is still obligated to that trust, and not just the trust as it's specified, but the intent of that trust. You, as the beneficiary, can challenge anything that the trustee does. You can replace the trustee. But so far as the trust being revocable, the only one who can alter it would be the grantor themselves, unless they allowed uh, it to be altered by a trustee or the beneficiary if it was in the trust. If it's not, then the beneficiary can't. But wait a minute, I'm not done. So the beneficiary who is entitled to the property, let's say, that beneficiary could claim all of the rights to the property 
under the trust, which which if the, if it lays it out there, then you can you can dissolve the trust because you can you can require all of the benefits to be given to you, and then you can create a new trust if you want. And now you're the grantor. Now let me also share something that most people don't know, and people will argue. Attorneys will argue and tell you this isn't true, but I've done research on this, and I I don't know how much you know, but most people tell you you cannot be the grantor, the trustee, and the beneficiary. You can't be all three. You can only be two. You can be the grantor and the beneficiary. You can be the grantor and the trustee. You can be the trustee and the beneficiary, but you can't be all three. That's not true. Now, do you know, I always like to ask questions. So I just It's a real fast question. I'll answer it if you don't know. But do you know the one time or when it is possible to be all three positions? No, I do, I do not know that. Okay. The one time that you can be a grantor, a trustee, and a beneficiary is when there's more than one trustee, more than one grantor, or more than one beneficiary. Isn't that cool? So why is that important? It's important because when you decide to make a trust, and, and, and a will is much like a trust. Most people understand what a will is. Um, but it's, it's much like It's not the same, but it, it, it's similar in the concept and principle. So when you make a will, when you make a trust, whether it's uh, irrevocable or revocable, it was depending upon what you want to accomplish, you want to set it up so that in the event of knowing that there's going to be somebody, trustee, who's going to be corrupted and somebody's going to try to corrupt the trust or the purpose of the trust, that you have a way for the beneficiary to take control of that trust. So you can put that into your trust. Um, a good example of that, is what I talk about, the unanimous Declaration of Independence. When you look at it um, and read, uh, if you want to know more about trust, too, and, and how to enforce it, it's a long case, but it's well worth it um, because it's a very old case. It's called uh, Dartmouth College, D-A-R-T-M-O-U-T-H, Dartmouth College. It's, um, what, 1819 court case, Supreme Court case. And that gives you a real good kind of an outlay of it. Um, uh, you may have to read it a few times. But... Yeah, if you're the beneficiary, you need to look up what was the purpose of the trust, and that's how you as the beneficiary, particularly if they're a relative, how you can challenge even the trust itself um, and the actions, and you have a right to an accounting. This is also something else very important. General statement here. No matter what position you hold, grantor, trustee, beneficiary, whatever position you hold, you always have the right to a full accounting. So when I was talking about that video, the audio that I suggested you listen to earlier on the show, remember that. And she basically doesn't say it, but it's there. You always have a right to a full accounting, and you could stop them. That's one other way that I've stopped them before is I required them to give a full accounting, and they could. And in that case, I simply said, by all means, deduct the amount you determine necessary, send me a full accounting of the account, and send me all of my back pay. Because I was because the person was being the man was being held as the um, um, the um, or the fiduciary obligated to pay on behalf of the old caste entity. So I just bypassed all that and said, you know, blah blah. So um, if you are a beneficiary, is there more than one beneficiary? Yeah, Colin, we we can get off of this because uh, there's a lot of backstory and there's a lot of information that you don't know, and you're giving a lot of good information. But um, I don't really don't want to waste everybody's time with the whole backstory to get to where we need to be because, you know, it's not your forte anyway. It's just 
something you know a lot about. And so what I wanted to talk about was when you were saying when you go into court and you say, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, that was one of the problems I had was that they didn't respond to that. And so it is true what Carl talks about, you know, and how a man has rights and a person does not. But there's got to be a better way to say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're right. You can't walk in there, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. And, and what what Carl's talked about is you can't go in there starting to quote their codes because as soon as you do, you're playing their game. And so that's why he says keep it simple down to a couple sentences and I'm a man, blah, 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 blah. But I also found out that that didn't really work very well because I didn't know how to hold court. I didn't have people in court with me to back me up that knew how to hold court. So this is why I was telling you earlier I was inspired by what you were saying about if the community got together, if, you know, somehow we educated the public to stand together, the 611 phone call you were talking about, like things like that to, I was talking about creating an app, but I think I like to go way too far ahead of it. So, but for the here and now, creating something where the people can actually get a basic understanding, like with the 10 questions you came up with, and, you know, more minds looking at it, you probably make those 10 questions down to seven and they'd be more effective. But something to get the community going. Like Carl's kind of like a one-man band. He goes out and he rock and rolls and, you know, he does what he does. And there's a lot of guys like him, Richard Cornforth. They do the same stuff. I've I've never heard your stuff, but the idea that we all get together is what I've been talking about all along. Uh, it just makes sense. Like, you know, Carl's charging five bucks to listen to his show is what he was talking about. I'm like, dude, fuck that five bucks. Let's let's go out and create some CDs that you can either sell or give away, but. You know, something simple, like what you just said. Ten questions that can really put it down and, and not wait for them to come to you. Go to your police station with these ten questions. You know, let them know your concerns. Get them educated. Educate our police. So, I don't know. Bingo. Bingo. I, I did a whole show on, on the American Reconstruction Project about how, if you think about it, and this actually goes along with, with what Mr. Disruptor was asking, like, you know, looking in the mirror. And I, I asked the question, I said, how many people have invited a police officer, sheriff, or any other public official into their home for lunch, dinner, or anything, or, or taken them out to lunch or dinner? And as a result, what happens is, because they're no longer part of the community already, and then the community abandons them, you're, you're actually contributing to them being alienated from the community that they're supposed to serve. So when a person gets alienated, the first thing they do is they go look for a new family. They go look for a gang. That's what gangs are all about. The only reason why kids go into gangs is because their family is abandoned or they feel abandoned by their family. So the people, you know, if you do not, you don't need to know the law to invite them out to lunch. You don't need to know the law to to sit down and buy them a cup of coffee and ask, you know, hey, you know, what's going on here? Why are we having these shootings? Why, 
you know, why is it that people don't know the Constitution? Why is it they don't know the unanimous Declaration of Independence? Why do they know that? Why do they not know that they're here to to serve and protect? How is it possible that they can be out here writing these security instruments that then go to a court that then sits there? You know, you you've got these huge buildings, these huge expensive buildings, with huge parking lots, and every single day they bust people in and bust them out in order to get revenues for for tickets that really, in in fact, when the statutes uh, themselves are only applied to those engaged in activities where people are transporting passengers or property for compensation on the highway. I mean, you know, you can have a light conversation. And you know what? Even even then, you don't even have to have a heavy conversation with them. Just being friendly to them. They're going to say, wow, not all these civilians. And that's what they call you, civilians, right? They're either you're a perp or a civilian. And they, after a while, they begin to, because all they deal with is perps, so they believe everybody's a perp. But once you show them that, hey, you know, there are good people out here that are kind, you know, that they, they, they care about them. And if all you did was ask them about their job and listen to their stories, maybe if you listen to their side of it, you would get a different perspective. I mean, that in itself, you know, kindness, as I, I say this many times, kindness is the only true currency in the universe. So there's nothing wrong with spending a little bit of kindness, you know, uh, on, on your public servants. And, find, you know, listen to them. Just sometimes listening to them is an amazing thing. Almost all these officers I listen to, I listen, I, I ask them questions. I find something to identify with them. One of my favorite things is to ask them out and break, to break the ice. I say, hey, do you own any property? And I go, yes. Yeah. Do you have a mortgage on it? I go, yeah. And I said, well, let me ask you a simple question. Did you ever receive anything of substance of value or in an account or anybody else on your behalf prior to you signing the note the deed of trust? They think about it, they go, no. I said, well, then you really didn't get a loan, did you? Or I asked the one about the taxes, do you own property? They go, yeah. I said, are you paying property taxes? They go, yeah. And I said, well, are you engaged in any commercial activity or for-profit activity on your in your home? They go, no. I said, well, then why are you paying a for-profit ad valorem tax on it? I mean, this is a great opener because they're all you – know, this is one of the things, if you don't know anything about cops or all the rest of them, these guys are just trying to feed their family. And when they see you doing something in their mind, they equate they equate you as being evil because you've done something. They somehow they seem to think that anyone doing something that disturbs their, uh, you know, disturbs their their day, they look at you as the enemy. That you're somehow depriving them of their of their of their their food for their family. That you're trying you you know the the uh, what is the patriot idiots as we call them you know they look at them as the enemy because they're trying to take them down they're trying to take away their job but when you encourage them and you say hey you know like I said at the end of that one where I had over thirty five officers shake my hand look me in the eye and give me their word they would go home today and read the Constitution you know it made a difference in their mind because I sat there and I said good on you continue doing a good job I really appreciate you guys listening I really appreciate it and I believe you are going to do this. I know that only probably 10% were going to do it, but, you know, I'm happy with that 10%. Like I said, three weeks later, a, a, a memo went, I didn't ask for a memo to go around, but a memo went around the office in D.C., the, the uh, Secret Service office in D.C., that told all of, the, all of them, every single one of them in that office, that they, that they, needed, to, they needed to read the Constitution. Wow. You know, I mean... That's just one man with a little dog in his hand, you know, asking, testing out his theory about asking questions. Does that keep your crown? And to prove the point. I mean, it's amazing what one man, what man, one man, and what one woman can do. Can you imagine what two do? That's why I told that story where 
All we did was go into court for somebody as as lawful witness. When I told the sheriff, I said, well, he goes, what are you here for? So we're here as lawful witnesses. We had legal pads and pen. And every time the judge did something or somebody did something, we took notes. That guy did not go to jail that day. He was found guilty, but she did not put him in jail. And he was definitely going to jail. So, Colin, I got, I got a two-part question for you. One, do you think the Constitution should be rewritten for today's times? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Well, here's the deal, because you say that uh, all the police officers should read the Constitution, and I get that, but the problem is... It's almost like reading Egyptian. I mean, these guys are talking a different language back then. And so today's times, they're a little different. So, you know, trying to educate people on their rights is one thing. Getting them to actually understand what they're reading, mm-hmm. I believe, is another thing. And I oh, believe our I forefathers... Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. But, you know, that question would go along with this. Do you think that the Holy Bible should be rewritten then? I think it has been rewritten quite a bit. Yeah, let me share you my experience on that. Um, when I was doing my walk, uh, which is where I did nothing but, um, I was given a King James Bible uh, version, which was the first one, and people heard my story about that prayer that, that happened, and that's what was given to me, and I was only going to read the red letter part of it. And I prayed about that as well, that exact same question. And I had four different versions of the Bible. The modern-day version. I think there was one that was called the Word. Uh, I had three or four different versions of it. And I asked Creator, you know, I said, well, which one is the right one? Which one shall I read? And I can only tell you my experience. Again, I can only share my experience. That's why you need to, that's why we are alive, so that we can have our own experiences. I have found other people who tell stories that are very similar to mine, they have experienced it on them on their own. Now, you can't have an experience and share the uh, results of that experience if you don't put yourself as the guinea pig to the experiment. So what I did is I asked Creator, I said, well, which one is the right one? I don't know which one to read. And I'd been reading mostly in the King James, and ironically it was a PTL uh, Bible which had concordance and everything. It was really great. You could research any word, any syllable, almost anything. It was amazing. And um, um, I also, the church that I was going to was a modern day church, and so I was reading The Word. I think that was the name of it. And it was like just such ordinary, plain, everyday English. Not the vows and shout and so on. And ironically enough, the King James was immediately taken away from me. I don't know what happened to it. It just disappeared. It just freaking disappeared. And um, well, I kept reading that other the other Bibles, and it was really strange. And I still, no matter how much I read, I still felt empty. It just didn't have the meat. It didn't have the substance. It didn't have the heart that I got out of the King James. I can't explain why. It was easy to understand, but it just was missing something. And then I thought about it, just a little tiny thing. Think of the word thou, okay? And then when they convert it, it says you. But if you think about it, thou means thou, like you, me, all y'all, and all y'all. And it also means thou before, now, and after. So the word 
thou and the word shalt, S-H-A-L-T, again, it's time, it's, there's no time zone. It's all times, before, during, and after, and it also is all-inclusive. So to me, what seems at first appearing to be chaotic or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, chaotic. Uh, there's another term they use for it. English is actually uh, most profound and most important. And um, so when I finally got the King James back, it was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my buddy, my buddy, my friend. And I basically threw all the other ones away because that was the only one I wanted to read anymore because it, it meant more to me. It seemed to have more richness, more depth. Um, so that's my own personal experience. Um, but there again, I also tell people, if you're not reading in the spirit, which means you have to get down, not necessarily on your knees, but it's a good idea, but you cleanse yourself, ask forgiveness, all that whole process you go through to forgive and cleanse, the whole nine yards, in order to be in the spirit, so that you can comprehend that which is in the spirit. And that's another mistake a lot of people do. They just read it like it's a book or read it like it's an interesting thing. And when you read it in the spirit, it'll give you totally different meaning, totally different uh, vibe, totally different energy and power. And you'll stand on it. You'll, you, like I said, I spent a year in the woods and, and, I, and I experienced an awful lot of things that are in scripture and found them to be 100% true. So, that I can only share that with you. I can't say what to do, what you, what works for you, but I can share with you that what works for me. Does that make sense? Does that help? Well, yeah. There's a couple more questions I have now. Um, I I get that the scripture is a huge part of our history, and if you believe in the scripture, you also believe in the firmament. Which in the West. Well, in Genesis, they talk about the firmament, which is yep. what covers our earth. And that would mean that the earth is flat. We're not living on a planet. We are on a flat earth. And so that's what the scripture And so I'm just wondering, is that what you think as well? Oh, boy, I tell you, you touched on a subject that I've slammed people on the flat earth theory. Um, I'm a scientist, amongst other things. Um, I don't get that. What I got was something quite different. If you go to Genesis, where it talks about the firmament, it says it separated the waters from above the firmament from the waters below the firmament. And God called the firmament. Do you know what God called the firmament? Yeah, I believe he called it the firmament. No, he called it H-E-A-V-E-N with a capital H. It's the one of the few times that you see heaven in a capital letter. And I spent almost a whole day in a Jewish bookstore, believe it or not, I found myself in a Jewish bookstore that I never had seen before. But when this word came around, all of a sudden I found myself uh, right in front of a Jewish bookstore. I took that as a sign that I was supposed to go in there, so I did. And there was three rabbis in there. And I mentioned the fact that it, I believed that it, that it meant to, to call it heaven. And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's not what it means. And here, read the first rabbi sits there and hands me a book and I read that book and I go yeah it confirms what I'm saying because the first thing they said was that the direct uh, translation of heaven means fire and water which cannot mix and I was like well, I don't agree with that so I went and read the first book and then the second rabbi says no 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 that one that he doesn't know what he's talking about read this one where it breaks down each and every uh, syllable 
of the word. So that took me like two hours to read and break down every syllable of every word that came from heaven and where the term heaven, where it came from, what the actual translation, the original was, and blah, 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 go all the way back. And after two hours, I said, yep, it still confirms what I'm thinking. And then the third one comes along, oh, no, no, you want to read this one because it breaks down every letter, which if you think about what they're telling me is that what we are learning here is that every letter is a symbol, and every symbol has a definition. So I spent another three hours reading this book of the original, where it came from, and and all the symbols and the meaning, and oh, my God, the history and everything else. Put it all together. Three hours later, I'm sitting there going, yep, it still confirms what I'm saying, and they were all flabbergasted. Now, the humor behind that is I've heard it said before that no two, ra- no two rabbis can agree on a thing. Guess what? It's true. Um, but what's so funny is that no matter what book they handed me, the concept with the principle was still the same. It was, and it was intended to mean capital H-E-A-V-E-N. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? It's because it tells us we're already here. Now, what greater lie could there be than to tell people that you need to get somewhere that you already are? And if you think about that, that's absolutely true. When you listen to this audio, we are creditors. We have access to everything. Everything is already paid for. It's been paid for. We just don't know it because we've been lied to. So you see a common theme here. The devil is a liar. We're already in heaven. This is heaven. Where else can you manifest things? Where else can you believe, ask and believe, and you shall receive? Where else can you participate? Where else can you create your own? Where can you, you know, engage in a loving entity and then turn around and, and have this beautiful baby come out that looks somewhat like you and, and, and the woman or the, or, the, or the man, you know, whichever, whichever one you are, that can look like you and that you can, you can you know, mold it like clay? Where, where is it possible that you can manifest your own life and change and alter your own life? Tomorrow, today, right now, this minute, I could literally hang up right now and go change and go be in a completely different world. I could just, I've, I've done it before. I used to be on like 15 different Skype groups and this and that. I just walked away from them because I wasn't getting anywhere. And then I walked away from another set of groups. And I walked away from another set of groups until I finally said, you know, I'm just going to read the statute and launch myself and be successful on my own. And now I'm back again because somebody called me and said, hey, get on the show, you know, share your information. Okay. But within an instant, within an instant, you can walk out and change your whole entire life. I could go get a job, which to me would be a vacation. To get a J-O-B, oh, my God, I had no responsibilities. All I had to do was show up to work. Oh, my God, that'd be great. You know? I mean, I could, I could you know, I, get, I got, I could probably go find some property, you know, that I bought a long time ago in the islands. I haven't even been there, but I think but one time. And, you know, I could go down there and just start my dream there, you know, start building all over again. You know, I was looking at, um, what was it, the other day, Brazil, I think it was, you know, looking at the economy there. I want to do my inventions again. Every day that goes by, I realize I could, I could change and alter it, but I realize that this is so important that we've got to nip this in the bud. How can I possibly be in another country and, and, and living, you know, living a good life knowing that this monster is growing and growing and growing and, and, and polluting the air and polluting the water, and eventually it's going to hit us. It's already in every country. Look at that thing in Australia. You know, they found out the whole government of Australia is owned by some corporation in, 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 in the United States. And, and we just learned now it probably goes back to the Vatican. I mean, just, we've got to deal with it sooner or later. Sooner or later we've got to deal with it. So I don't know if that answers your question. I did want to answer your question about the Constitution. No, I don't believe it should be changed because it doesn't take that much. 
to go back and recognize what the words meant at the time. In fact, that's part of the celebration. You know, when you learn about your grandparents, do you want them to, to forget all the stories that they, you know, the World War II stories or whatever it was that they were in? Do you want them just to throw it all away and just talk about the day? I mean, isn't that the beauty about having older people to talk to is that you learn from their from their mistakes, you learn from their experiences, you learn about history. It's like throwing away history. You know, when you when you look in the Constitution and you find out that natural born what natural born citizen means, it means at the time it was written where the father had to be a citizen. Why? Because if your father has an allegiance to another country, then wouldn't that be undue influence upon the man who ha- or woman who happens to be the commander in chief of the military? It's the only position that requires it. There's a reason for it. Why would you want to alter and change it? I mean, if you want to, then you can have an amendment, you know, that, that, that's what it's there for. But I believe that most of these documents, particularly the Unanimous Declaration of Independence, which is actually the Unanimous Declaration of the 13 uh, United Lowercase States of America um, in Congress assembled, is an amazing, and I believe it was inspired. I really do. I believe that it was definitely inspired because how else could it, I, I've read it a thousand times and every time I get something out of it. The Constitution, when you look at how it's laid out and what it's set out, you begin to realize. And even Carl misquotes the, the Constitution, you know, that section where he's done the, the Tennessee thing. He says, well, you know, he knows what's what's uh, good and pro- necessary and proper. And he says that in the Constitution that under that article where it says necessary, I never saw it before. I'm so glad he pointed it out. But he misquoted it. He thinks it's where any officer or any agent can do whatever is necessary and proper. And so then he responds back to the judge, oh, it's not only is it necessary, it's proper, when he asks for a pen, paper, and ink. And the judge says, well, is it necessary? That one, no, he says, well, that won't be necessary. And then he says he would respond back and say it's not only necessary but proper. And then he says, you know, I'm quoting him here, that the judge would say in his mind, oh, this man knows the necessary and proper clause. But he, he states that the Necessary and Proper Clause says that, um, that any officer or agent can do whatever is necessary and proper to enforce enforces. That's not what it says at all. Go read it. Go read it for yourself. Like I, The first thing I do is go look up what everybody says. I don't care if it's Carl or anyone else. You should do the same thing with me. Go look it up. I want you to. He should want you to. Guess what I found out? No. It says that Congress can make any law necessary and proper to enforce this. <laughs> Big difference. The difference between making a law and some idiot out there, some 18-year-old, which is what he says, is exactly quote. I'll bring it up on the recording. You can listen to it. Where some 18-year-old can do whatever he thinks is necessary and proper. It doesn't say that at all. There's limitations on their powers. So, you know, even the best, which I consider him to be very good, even the best can misconstrue things. So that's why everybody should reveal it for themselves. That's why... You should read it for yourself and get out of it what you want. I get the fact that Obama is, could never be the president, even without his birth certificate, because his father was not a citizen and never has been, which means that one of his family, his close members of his family, has an allegiance. Why do I know this? Because both my parents were immigrants, and the first thing you do is you have to swear off. You have to re- throw off any allegiance to any other government or any other country, and then you swear your allegiance to this country. And people who are immigrants or have parents who are immigrants or understand that whole immigrant thing have a very different perspective on this country than, than most Americans do. Most, most, A lot of the patriots want to get out of America, get away from America, 
and yet other people want to come to America because it is a great country. And, and, and it's the people that make the country. It's not the government that makes the country. But the government, when you look at it, when my mentor told me, oh, yeah, the laws and statutes are perfect, and I'm like, no, they're not. They're misleading. They're this, they're that. The other thing that is it. And, of course, I can't say that there's something wrong with the statutes without the first thing three fingers pointing out to me. Well, Colin, what have you done to change those statutes so that they're more clear and precise? Which is the next thing I want to do. Because it's important, I think it's my duty to go change the statutes. I want it to say that this does, I want there to be a clause in everyone, this does not apply to the average everyday man or, or people. This only applies to corporate. I want to get them clear. I don't want it to be hidden anymore. I'm tired of it being hidden. Now, how can I enforce this? When I go after the principle, because it says what on Article 6? The senators and members of the several state legislatures. Oh, no, wait a minute, I missed something. The senators and representatives, there we go. The senators and representatives and the members of the several state legislatures, those are the ones that write the laws, and all judicial, all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by affirmation to support this Constitution. Now, you want to argue the term shall, go right ahead. But I'm going to say that shall means you damn well better. When you go, I believe... Uh, you look it up in the dictionary, I mean, Black's Law Dictionary, shall means they must, whereas a verse to may. May means they might or might not. So, you know, when I look at it and read it that way and I lay it out, and that's the whole point where you lay out a court case. Lay it out the way you see it. When they don't rebut it with sufficient evidence to sway the court the other way or sufficient case law to say, no, that's not how you interpret it, you win. You win. You lay it out. You lay the foundation. You stay it out. Again, uh, anyone who wants, get your email to to um, to Sonia or somebody, and I'll put you on my list. And when I find when I have case law to send out, you can read it. And you read the the uh, Zelensky case. They laid it out perfectly. They showed what the law says, and they weren't able to argue it. The statute was very clear. It says that in Florida, you have the right to either sign the ticket or post bond. One or the other. The man indicated he wanted to post the bond, and the cops took him into, and they booked him, which meant they took him into custody. They weren't supposed to do that. They should have walked him to the bond window. He should have paid the bond and walked away. That was it. They failed to do that. They violated his right, and he got $24,000 as a result. So... You know, and, and he, he required a jury trial, but they went through the process of deposing the witnesses, getting at depositions. They they had the testimony there, and they went through the fight that went through trying to get this stricken and that stricken and so on. They played the game, but hey, it was worth it. $24,000. You know, other people make more. You bring a RICO action, you're going to get paid treble damages. Treble the amount you get. It does happen. When I look at cases where people lose and boo-hoo-hoo, Every time I look at it, I can point out, I can now have enough knowledge to say, well, this is what you didn't do. I saw a case the other day. It was beautiful. In fact, if you go to um, his website, if you go to um, uh, Carl Lentz's website, what's it called? I'll think of it because Broad Mind. And, you know, he tells you that, oh, Broad Mind, most people, they're all broad-minded. When he was saying, no, I used to be in a band, and I actually used to think of broads, and so that's what's on my mind, and that's why I came up with it. You know, it's real clever. It's real cute. He's trying to show you that you don't know what somebody's saying just because they say something that you think it, you think they know what they're saying. 
So all he's really showing is that we're the one who makes the assumption and presumptions. We're the one that presumes we're that all fixed, that all uppercase name. And uh, there's also, when you go to this guy's, um, when you go to the video, he'll talk about that he discovered that the all uppercase stuff actually has to do with sign language. And, you know, it's funny, but I remember doing a, um, it wasn't even a talk show, before I did talk show, almost eight years ago, when I was on Dead or Al, we were talking about, I believe that every single uppercase letter is a symbol. You know, like IRS, you know, Internal Revenue Service, or is it the International? I mean, there's so so many different ones. So every time you see all letters, each one of those, I think, is a symbol. And people kind of, I threw it out. Other people threw it out like, I uh, can't mean that. And Well, now it's coming around that it's not quite exactly what I thought, but similar, that it's actually sign language. It's corrupted language. Basically, it doesn't mean what you think it means. So they've used the foreign language in a, in a document, which means it has no meaning, no enforcement, and no power. And that's because another reason every court order is void. Go ahead. Hey, so thank you for the... You know, your opinion on the uh, Constitution, I, I would agree that trying to, you know, modify what was said would, t- would dilute it. So, thank you. I just wanted to know your opinion. The second thing was you got into a couple believe in the flat earth, so that believes you believe we're on a ball and we're flying through space. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me share that with you real quick. My father actually worked on NASA. He designed one of the first spacesuits. He also des- uh, helped design, or actually did, in fact, design the very, one of the very first lasers. Um, I remember because he was working for uh, Vitro Laboratories at the time. And, um, and I also remember uh, helping him out. Uh, actually, I, I gave him the secret to the underwater talking system, which is kind of cool. Um, and also the other thing was the chip. He was working on the first concept of a chip microchip. Um, but to answer your question, here's a very, very simple thing, I, and I'll, I'll slam anybody so easy on this flat earth ridiculous nonsense. Here's the first thing you do. All you need to do, and I know this because I worked at, on Norfolk Dredging Company. I was working a tugboat, and one of our assignments was that we, we had to ferry the workers. Uh, we were putting a pipeline across the Chesapeake Bay area um, upriver, and it was about two miles across, and it was a it was a pipeline. Uh, I think it was carrying gas, in fact, and it had to be perfectly welded. Well, my job was to run the tugboat to bring the workers back and forth to the barge where the pipe was the old pipe was being dug up, and the new pipe was being laid in the and 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 we did ultras and I also uh, worked with another, that's where I met the guy that did ultrasonic testing, and then I ended up working shifting jobs working with him. We we were the ones that actually tested the ship, went throughout the whole ship. And if we said a plate needed to be replaced, it, it was replaced uh, using an ultrasonic ta- tester. Anyway, so um, what I remember in that one experience was that there was a laser because they have to make sure they, they, they get the pipe laid perfectly straight. And they had a laser from one side to the other side at the same elevation. And I remember the guy telling me that, you ha- that they had to adjust for the curvature of the earth. So guess what? If you don't believe it, Here's a real simple experiment. Go out on the bay, the ocean, or any body of water, because we know that, that any body of water always sits flat in relative to the Earth's surface, whether it's flat or whether it's curved. So it's always going to be the same level, okay, unless you're in a pond or you're up in the mountain somewhere. And there, you know, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a large body of water like an ocean. So, and the Chesapeake Bay is connected to the ocean, so it's basically going to be similar. Take a laser beam, you're going to need a pretty powerful one, 
and make sure that you're the same elevation off of the off of the water, whether it's five feet, ten feet, or whatever. You have a boat here and a boat there, and then you shine your laser and use a bubble level so that you're leveling it perfectly level to where you are. And I guarantee you that the person at the other end, that that depending upon how far away you are, will be an inch, two inches, three inches higher on the stick than than it would normally be. Now, what does that prove? It proves that when you use a laser beam, which always travels in a straight line, that when you're level over here to the Earth's surface, you're only level to that particular area, and that it will be shining straight across, 90-degree angle to the ball, but the other person that's in another area of the ball, it'll be raised up. And that's a very simple thing to do. Let me give you another one that's fun. This is more fun. Take a bubble level. If you're on a flat disc, much like a record player, if you have a record on a record player and you put a car on the record player and you turn it up to 70, 78, what happens to the car? It goes flying off. Okay? The closer you get to the center, the less pull that there is, less centripetal pull that there is on you. So if the North Pole was the center of the Earth and the South Pole was out, out the regions, then the pull would be far greater at the South Pole, which is the outer edge, which the flat flat Earth theory people say, than at the North Pole. There would be virtually none whatsoever. So here's what you want to do. If you're on a record and you drive your car, and let's say that the record is not spinning, and you drive a car, which would be the same thing as, you know, having, and if you go look, there's you can buy them for like a dollar or two dollars. They used to be where you could take a record, and this car would literally run around the record. Instead of the record moving, the car would run around. It's really a cool little toy. And what you want to do is put a bubble level on there. And if you're on a flat surface, you will see the faster you drive, what you think is in a straight line. If you drive really fast, the bubble level will indicate a greater pull on the car. So it will show on the bubble level. Okay? Now, it's going to have to be a pretty sensitive bubble level, and I can teach you how to make a, a, a balanced beam that will show something very minute on that. Um, hey, Colin. I, yeah. Colin, listen. So I, I get all those uh, mathematics and how to figure out if there's a curvature, but what I'm talking about is in the Bible. Okay, We talked about the firmament, and then also in 1 Chronicles 16.30, the world also shall be stable, that it not be moved. In Psalms 96.10, the world shall be established, that it shall not be moved. In Psalms 93.1, the world, the world is also established, that it should it cannot be moved. Like all of these things are in the Bible and in, in the Scripture, and then in mm-hmm. terms of the mathematics, it's basically okay. let me, let me interrupt this quick. Mile, I, I, I see what the problem is. Please. I see what the problem is. Hold on, I'm going to give you some actual math so you understand this. Every mile, is, it drops eight inches. Okay, and then every mile after that, it doubles. It basically is squared. Okay, that's the curvature of the Earth. And if you look at a boat that's 30 miles out, you will still see the boat if you just put a telescope on it. The human eye can only go up to three miles. And then you start losing what's called perspective. The bottom of it starts to look away. What I'm saying is you're telling me that you believe in the Bible, but the Bible talks about a flat Earth, something that's on a foundation that's not moving. And this is why, and I'm not saying this to berate you, I'm telling you just like the Constitution, this is a serious question that I have because people that believe we're on a planet 
And I'm not saying I'm a flat earther, okay? Trust me. Hell, I didn't even believe in God. Sonia will tell you, two years ago, I didn't even believe there was a God. Like, it took a few things for me to understand this. I'm almost 44 years old. But I do believe there's a creator now, okay? I'm not saying his name because I really don't know that one yet. But if we stick to the Bible, the Quran, the, any of the Buddhists, they all talk about a flat earth, okay? And the, and the problem I'm having is the people that believe in the Bible go aren't acknowledging what the Bible says. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. Let me. Let me well, start, well, even that that can be proven. That's true. That can be, uh, you know, in that instant, you know, because it says Jesus put the sun. Oh, sorry, God put the sun and the moon up in the heavens, and it's in Genesis one. Okay, for the days, the times, the seasons, everything like that. But guess what? People believe. You know, a lot of people go to. To church on Sunday, they they claim that oh that's the that's the Sabbath day. A lot of people go to church on Saturday because they claim that's the Sabbath day. But according to the Bible, that's not the Sabbath day. You know, the Sabbath day and the and the and the times to know when the Sabbath day is can all be can all be told by the sun and the moon. And it's up to us to to know what the Bible is saying. That's a good point, um, and I just want to throw this one little thing in there. And I, again, I'm only listening to your words. Um, and the first thing I noticed was that when you're semi-quoting scripture, you use the term "world." When you go look, and that's the beauty about that Bible that I had. Um, although it's, I don't know where it is right now. I still have it somewhere. The concordance. Go look up the definition of world, and you'll find what, what worked for me when I looked it up was that the, the world is not the earth. The world is it actually the literal translation means of the times. So in other words, if you look at the world in the 1970s, you're talking about bell-bottom pants. Now, the world today is um, smartphones, for instance. That would be of the times. And when it talks about establishing a government in the world, there's a big difference between the world and the earth. And so that would, that's, you know, that's the first thing. That, 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 that's actually the foundation. When you go read it, like I said, the difference between the all uppercase H heaven versus heavens, uh, which I believe is lowercase heavens, uh, which is describing something different. And, you know, it's fascinating because... I guess because I paid attention to detail because I was listening to Spirit when I was reading and I had a lot of questions like that and I asked Spirit, Spirit led me to the answer. That's the beauty about Spirit because I could never, you know, I could spend all day studying it and Spirit kind of gave me the shortcut. But I used that that experience that I had on the statutes and that's why it's not so hard for me to understand that when you come across a word or or a part in a statute where it says, you know, except for in section 36.24D, I now know and I teach people, stop what you're doing, mark your spot, and go to 36.2D and read it so that now you can comprehend what it means. Again, when you go in the Constitution where it says that uh, you shall be 35 years of age, interesting way of phrasing it, and you shall be a citizen of the state uh, no less than six years, and... um, a uh, natural-born citizen. Well, I didn't know what natural-born citizen meant, so I went and go look it up, and I had to go look at the papers. I went back to the 1700s 
to find out what they meant back then. What did it, you know, what did it mean, and so on and so forth. And it's fascinating that when you do that, you now get a clearer picture of what's going on. And once you have a clear picture of everything and what the definition of these terms is, the same thing in Bible, the Constitution, and you know what? Even if they rewrote it today, 10 years from now, two years from now, whatever, they would have to rewrite it again. And how on earth in today's language could you possibly explain to people that have less education than they've ever had before, less knowledge than they've ever had before of, of the goings-on and things that happen, um, and, and then you would have to explain it in this new language. Um, you know, and what language are you going to speak? I mean, there are a whole lot of people down there that they don't speak like this, you know what I'm saying? And they don't understand anything you say. When you talk about anything technical, they don't even understand what the difference between the world and the earth is. They can't even speak English. So how are you going to, what are you going to, are you going to do Spanglish? Maybe you do Spanglish. And, Excuse me, uh, Colin. Oh, sorry, you just mentioned there's difference between a, a capital H in heavens and a small heavens. So could, just quickly, what 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 is a heavens with a small H mean again? My understanding um, is that heavens is exactly what you described, which is the, I would call it the stratosphere, the um, uh, the the what you call, what most people call outer space or in or space that's the 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 space that all of these uh, globes or globs um, float around it that that would be the heaven the heavens that there's more than one the heavens out there and that's why it's lowercase whereas the uppercase letter capital H E A V E N is the heaven that we live in where all uh, where we can manifest, where we can create, where we were created in God's image, the whole, all of that stuff is, is true. Um, so the heavens, when you look up, and, and I've been on a sailboat out in the middle of the ocean, let me tell you what, when you look up, you're seeing a whole lot of heavens up there because there's a whole lot of them. Um, you could also interpret heavens as being uh, universes or solar systems. I mean, look at the Milky Way. It's just, it's so amazing. And that, you know, the Hubble telescope is such a wonderful tool because the pictures from the Hubble telescope that is brought back um, really put things into perspective how how creator, I, I use the term creator because God is something that people believe in and people worship to me that there's a creator and there's many gods. You believe in one God, somebody else can believe in another God. But to me, there's only one creator. And that's why another reason I believe it was divine. These people back then were very devout, a lot of them. And yet, here we have a unanimous declaration of independence that says, that all men were created by a creator and endowed by their creator. It doesn't use the word God except at the beginning where it says nature and nature's God, which to me God indicates ruler, the one that does the ruling. The creator is the creator. The God does the ruling, and it's the one that people choose to believe in. I, I believe you can believe in because there's been many gods, you know, and even there's the one God, and then there's, the old God, the new gods, the one God, the only God. The, let me see. You got then you got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which are different personalities or different aspects of God. I don't have a problem with any of that anymore. I used to, you know, but I don't anymore because to me, all of it is Creator. When I look at the the one thing I know about Creator is this, and this is again self-evident: there are no two men or women alike. There's no two snowflakes alike. There is no two grains of sand alike. That tells me what, and not only that, are they not alike, but they will never be that way again, minute to minute, second to second, millisecond to millisecond, never to be the same again. 
no matter how similar they are, you will not find two pine cones the same. Now, to me, that is amazing talent, amazing that that anyone could do that. Because when I was in school, we had to write a program, and one of the first assignments we had was to write a program that was truly random, and it was almost impossible. And so for a creator to show off, I mean, I can't think of anything greater than showing off to show, you know what? I'm going to create universes upon universes upon universes that each and every single one of them are different, not only now, but moment to moment, never to be the same again. Wow. Wow. You could talk about it, God. You could study it, God, whatever it was, Aztec Indian. You could study it all day long and still never have the same perspective that they had back then. You, oh. you, you, you're not going to be the same man or woman. So what does that tell you? You know how I found out there was a creator? Huh? You know how I found out there was a creator? Wow. It's when I thought about how a man and a woman's egg meet each other. And after that, everything happens without us. The only thing we do is feed it and protect it. But the actual being grows. And that's something that was created. That didn't come from nothing. And that's what made me realize that there's a creator. I have children. And I never looked at it like that until I started looking at quantum physics and other weird stuff on the planet. But what I did find out was there is a creator, okay? And there's a golden ratio that we're not taught as well, which is 1.618. And even though two pine cones aren't identical, they're all built off the same mathematical equation, just like humans, frogs, dogs, birds, roses, are all built off that golden ratio. And it comes from the Fibonacci sequence. And this is what led me to a God. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most beautiful experiences to know. But now, the problem I have is, like you said, there's so many gods out there. And so for me, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked into fractals, but if anybody's listening on this, you should look into the Mandelbrot set. That's what it's called, the Mandelbrot set, and it's a fractal. And it is the most beautiful thing you're ever going to see, and no human being could create this. Okay, this was from the divine creator, for sure. It's a mathematical equation that they always thought was true, but they couldn't put it together because we didn't have the technology. Well, now we have the technology, and it's called the Mandelbrot set. And it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. It will definitely open. So somebody can put that in the box. Can you spell that for us? It's it's M A N D E L B R O U G H T Mandelbrot set. And I'm not a spelling wizard, but if you type that into any YouTube video you will see what a Mandelbrot set is. Now, maybe it's B-R-O-T, just a simple brot. I can't remember. I was just zooming around looking at weird stuff, and uh, when I ran across Sometimes the... Uh, sorry, this is money, Mike. Sometimes the uh, also when they use, like, the fractals and the Mandelbrot, uh, sometimes there's some people that try to make an argument for that, like saying that that isn't so much like God there, but, like... Um, uh, what's that, uh, intelligent designers or something like that? 
Yeah, same same idea. Yeah. Creator, something that okay. So what I found out. It was, doesn't matter how far you go into it; it always remains the same, and it just keeps going and going and going. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Very and it's beautiful. I have I have watched it. I have put it up. I have put it up there for you. Um, but I'll see if I can get a YouTube one so people can actually watch it. Right. So if there's anybody listening that would like me wondering if there's actually a God, I'm telling you I've done the research. There is a God. What I don't know, well, Creator, an infinite design, whatever. Okay. We are all one. We were all created off the same mathematical equation, and this thing is beautiful. And so when I was asking Colin about are we in a firmament on a flat earth, because that's what the Bible says, I tell you, I haven't really studied. I know what I know, and I see what I I see, and math makes sense to me. And so when I start telling you that for every mile we drop eight inches and it squares after that, you know, if I can take a pair of binoculars and look five miles away and see somebody standing on a shoreline that's the same level as mine, that tells me there's no curvature. If I look 30 miles out and still see the boat through a telescope, there's no curvature. I, I shouldn't be able to see the boat. And so I, I just raise these questions just like fractals and everything else. Like, there's a documentary about that. Uh, I think it's called uh, "Color." Uh, is it "Colors of Infinity" or something? Or it was about the guy who invented that Mandelbrot set, or or something. I forgot the guy's name, but it might have been Mandelbrot. Yeah, that's a yeah, good documentary who too. Who invented it? I just heard that it was a, an equation. Or created it? Yeah, I mean not created, but you know, uh, discovered it. Yeah, discovered the idea. Yeah, yeah but it was years <clears throat> ago before technology, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and then I think in like sometime in 1989 or 90, uh, he, they you know they 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 discussed it. I remember I seen it on uh, like public television or something. Right, but like okay, so my question is, why aren't things like this taught in school? Colin was talking about that earlier about how we're the dumbest we've ever been, and I'm telling you, you know, we these are things we can actually change. Because the well, probably because of the word God, own. basically. The public, the public schools were actually owned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. Okay. Or even Catholic school. I mean, if Catholic school can at least teach that, that would be nice. You don't, have to do, you don't have to teach God what the Mandelbrot said. You can just say, check this out. You know what I mean? Just like the golden ratio with okay. the Fibonacci code. Like, I would have loved to have learned these things in school. And what I'm saying is, adults, we can actually go to our state and demand, require, you know, whatever word you want to put out there that these things are taught in school. It doesn't have to say God. You can teach them that at home when they get home and tell you about the Mandelbrot set. It's like these things are so beautiful and like to learn about the golden ratio and sacred geometry, like these are actual real things and they have real value to people. And nobody fucking knows about them. This bothers No, any, anything of real value doesn't actually get taught in schools except the, except the very, very high schools that the elite go to. Right, but what I'm saying is we, these are things we can actually change. Look, the conversation... We can. That we we can if we know about them. We can if we know about them, but if people do not know about them... Um, what I'm saying you, you is know, the, 
the conversations that we have on TalkShoe are really in a defense mode, okay? Because learning the law and how to protect yourself is a great thing. I'm not saying it's not. It actually should be taught in school. But the real problem is what's going on. We're allowing these crazy people to run our planet, and we're all sitting around figuring out ways to defend ourselves, okay? Something that Carl said years ago that made sense to me was, he said, how do you think prohibition was abolished? And if you stop and think about it, I was like, hell, I don't know. What happened was a million people filed a lawsuit against the government in one day. A million people for a million dollars or some shit. But what I'm saying is they all got together and sued the government in one day. If we want change, we need to work together. And learning law and learning Bible and learning all these things are great. But the truth is we need to stand together and change our government. Because that's where the real problem lies. These crazy people are murdering people all over the planet every day. That's right. And they, they're killing yes, people. And they, and you know they, what? We all sit around and talk about these little small things like gun shootings and rape. And, hey, what about the millions of people that were bombing and gassing? Like, these people haven't done anything. We're doing it to take their oil. And this is the reality that we live in. And so my big deal is, like, it's great to learn what we're learning and talk about what we're doing. But the truth is, you guys, we just need to get together as one. We are all one. Anyone who wants to debate that, I will talk to them all night long about how we are one. But the bottom line is we can make change, and we're not. We're all busy at work raising our kids, doing stuff, instead of standing together as one and going up there and literally filing a claim as a man or a woman that I have been harmed or injured in whatever fashion. The fact that they're hiding the cure for cancer, that's one big deal. Uh, The fake drug laws. Um, I mean, I can go on and on how the politicians are paid. I mean, these are things that they would take you out in the front and shoot you for back in the day. And now these corrupt politicians are taking money left and right, and they've somehow made it legal. And so I'm always a visionary. I'm always looking to the future. But the truth is, guys, man, that's what we should do. We can talk about all this other stuff later. Let's get our planet right. They're literally mm-hmm. and you know, fluoride and we've delivered water. it to them. Let me answer. Let me answer that real quick. I spent twenty or more plus years trying until I was blue in the face, being rejected from every organization, church, social groups, and everything. Trying to wake them up, trying to get the people to come together, trying to get them to understand and work together. And after twenty years, I said, "This isn't working. I'm beating my head against the wall." What is insanity? When you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. So I started changing. It's the same thing. I was, so I studied uh, contract, I, excuse me, I studied um, um, the common law was the first thing I went to because it made the most amount of sense. But once again, we're unable to fulfill it. We're unable to, to make it happen. And I'm sharing with you that 
where I'm at, particularly, again, where I'm at in my life is after already doing that, I wrote letters, I, I participated, I got into every group you could imagine. I mean, you know, even when I was in college, I became, a, you know, a senator uh, on, the, uh, um, uh, uh, on the student body and, and represented almost one-third of the people. Um, and, and I really thought I had power, but then again, you know, was able to get something done. And, and yet I, what ended up happening, what you see in the Anonymous Declaration of Independence, where it talks about what they did, they changed meetings because they didn't want me there because I, at the end of a meeting and drinking wine and eating crackers and acting all sophisticated and cool and talking about the problems, I would stop up and I'd say, okay, fine, we as senators have an obligation to come to a conclusion. What are we going to do? This was a great conversation but what are we going to do about it? Well, you know, instead of people saying, yeah, you're right, let's come up with solutions, they're like, oh, quit being such a poo-poo call, quit doing it, and and So the next thing I know, they're shifting the, the meeting so that I would not know where it was at the last minute. So there was all these games were going, and these were people that are my fellow students. These were fellow, you know, these were people supposed to be representing. So this is when I started realizing something's wrong. You know, first I thought there was something wrong with me, and then, you know, it took a long time to say, well, maybe it's not me because I had a few people that saw what I was doing and said, no, keep it going, you're right. And what it was is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So that starts, and then I said, well, then we need to get rid of the power. So I started, I spent years doing that. And as I said, I even spent time trying to figure out how I could wipe humans off the face of the earth because I love animals. I'm tired of the animals and the environment suffering because, because of stupid humans and what stupid humans are doing. And on and on and on. And then, you know, I did then all the stuff that happened. I'm now at the point where this seems to have, I've had more effect, 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 excuse me, effect. I've had more effect on the system. Like I said, even that one, one day, that one event, which I think total was 45 minutes from beginning to end, 45 minutes out of one day, caused a minimum, of 35 people to shake their my hand, look me in the eye, and promise they would read the Constitution and go and and five people, five men, to in uniform to say yes, I'm going to go home and I'm going to read the unanimous Declaration of Independence. And then a memo went around the office of the uh, of the, uh, the Secret Ser- Service uh, offices that said that they needed to read the Constitution, and that was. 45 minutes of dedicated time. That doesn't include the time and everything to learn it and teach myself and so on. But the, the point is there. It's, it's, I've had a more effect. People say, why don't you become an attorney? Well, because I believe as an attorney I'm going to have less effect than I have now. The reason I do the writing, the reason I'm on the show, every, you know, try to get on every week and, and, and do this and do the study and share it because this is the greatest effect that I've ever managed to have, even as a representative and so on. Because... With the statutes and law, we hold them accountable. When we hold them accountable, we change the course of events. I could probably talk to you about a dozen things. You know, the H1N1 flu shot. Uh, you know, there was, there, I could go through a dozen things you probably wouldn't even believe that I've been involved in to stop all certain things that were going to happen. Now, you guys have no idea how many times martial law was going to be instituted and we've avoided it. There's all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes that only because a few of us got together and participated and did things. If people are successful, look, I'm, sh- I'm sharing with you these are facts. There's a girl in, 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 in Texas that has been fighting this case, and she has had a huge impact. And she wasn't going to do anything until she got a hold of my name because she was in a panic situation, and I started teaching her what to do, and she did it, and it worked. She couldn't believe it. They were trying to indict her. And, and she did exactly what I said to do. She did it perfectly, and now she's been studying the law. 
my friend is still in this house. There's about probably five or ten other. I don't know how many people I've affected. I have no idea. I can only tell you the ones that I know of. And at least five people is better than I had before. So to me, the more that we can now multiply, 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 and here's the thing. People are generally jealous. So I'm going to use disadvantage to our advantage. If you're successful and you're successful and you're successful using statute law and common law, whatever it is, combination of all of them, whatever it is we end up using that works, and you end up getting your kids back, somebody's going to ask you, how did you do that? If you're still in your house, people go, how did you do that? If you get your, your house taken off the tax roll, somebody's going to say, how did you do that? It's like Steve. He says, well, not only have I got mine off the tax roll, but I've gotten five or ten other people's off the tax roll as well. Well, that's ten more people than there was before. And out of that, now there's an audio uh, on, on YouTube, which I did a whole show on that and broke it down. And I had a call the other day. Someone said, wow, thank you so much for breaking that down. I really get it. Now they're starting to research. You know, Ilya in, in Pennsylvania, he got it. You know, uh, uh, Chris, who's now in Australia, he was in New Zealand. He's got four properties in California. Now there's court cases in California that are now beginning to come around to the things I've been fighting for almost four years. Planting those seeds do cause results. They do bring forth fruit. But not planting seeds, not doing action, not doing anything. And I believe in community. Uh, trust me, I believe in community more than anything else. And in some ways, if you want to think psychologically, it would be better for me to do nothing and let everything go complete to shit until all of a sudden everyone is such deep shit that they wake up. I just don't believe it. I believe that we can alter and abolish the government form that we have in order to make the world a better place. And that's why I'm pursuing this, because I don't believe we have to wait for them to destroy the earth entirely and wait for another million years for mankind to, you know, to, to come back again. I don't believe it. I think that we have the opportunity. The fact that you're saying what you're saying you know, the fact that you discovered what you discovered, you just shared it with people on here, that in itself was an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely amazing that we can have this conversation. The fact that we're here on talk show every week talking about this stuff. Oh, my God, it's huge. People come and go. Look at Shay. Shay didn't know anything. She listened to everybody. Now she's become a fighter. She now gets it. When, they become, when we start holding them accountable, you know, that's when things are going to change. When we start saying, hey, this is what the law says and you're, you're violating it, we can alter policy anytime we want. As I said before, how many times have people heard me promote, all we need to do right now, one simple solution, and you don't need to even ask questions, go out, get signatures on a ballot. Let me finish this. Go out, get signatures on a ballot, and get the legislation put on it that require all public servants to be periodically tested and pass the test in order to remain in office as to their knowledge, understanding, and accurate use of the unanimous declaration of the Constitution. That's something that can be done, and it can be done tomorrow. How do you think they got pot legal in most of these, in all these states where they have? I yelled at it for almost, what, eight years now. I said, people, all you need to do is get, get it on the ballot, get it legislation. And that's exactly what happened. And now pot is, you know, semi-legal in most states. And then all you had to do is get the state to fight the, the feds, and that's, we finally got them to do that. And all it was was the same thing. Get the ballot by petition. It's something that 50% of the states have it right now. All you need to do is go out and get signatures. That's all you need to do. Go get the 30,000 signatures on a piece of paper. And then you get it on the, on the ballot. It's on the ballot. The people vote on it. You're done. It doesn't always work, Colin. We've we've done it here where we've got thousands of signatures to get the fluoride out of the water and the council just goes, no, nah, 
sorry, because, you know, from my, and, and I thought, well, maybe that is because, you know, from my understanding of what Carl said petition means, it means you're begging your deity, your God, to do something, and it's up to him whether he chooses to do it or not. So that's what apparently petition means. You're misunderstanding. In, 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 in here, in, in these states that I'm talking about, the 50% of the state, it's a process. The statute, and I've done this in my own neighborhood. It was so simple. You get the sufficient number of signatures, and you always want to get 15 to 20% more because they're going to discount some of them. Okay, they're always going to be finding some, usually anywhere from 15 to 30 percent. They're going to throw out because they're going to say they're not done right or something wrong. So just go out and get 30 percent or 40 percent or 50 percent more, no problem. When you have enough signatures on the petition, what happens is that petition is put onto a ballot, which then goes up for a vote. There is no choice. They can't deny it. It's the way it's set up. It goes onto a ballot. It is then voted on by the people and is established in the law. That's it. There's no, they can't get in the way. Now, 50% of these states have it where you have to go through the legislature, and it's a little bit more difficult because they can slow it down and so on. But in my neighborhood, we had a parking problem. And then somebody tried, somebody tried to make it so that they could make money off of it. They tried to say you had to have parking permits. And so there was this, the, the county was making, that's not what we signed on the original petition. I made it one phone call. I said, what do I need to do? She said, well, get this number of signatures. And I did that, and guess what? They came around, they changed all of the parking signs, and it said by residents only during these hours, during, during the hours when the high school was here. I mean, it was amazing. I was like, wow, that was pretty easy. Implement what, that which we have. Because here's the thing. Once you have public servants that are required to know and be periodically tested as to their knowledge, and I define knowledge as memorized, the unanimous Declaration of Independence and, and sections of the Constitution and the, and, the law, and the laws of the United States, and to show that they have accurate use so that part of the test is how they're given scenarios and situations. How do you react? And I got that from a gun. You know, the oldest police officers, you know, they're required to be periodically tested as to take the, the, the gun apart, put it back together again, understand how it works, and then be able to fire it and, and hit the target. They have to do that in order to carry a gun, in order to stay in office. It's the same damn thing. So here you have these people, and it's, you know what? You don't have to sue anyone. If they don't pass the test, they got three, I'll put it in there, three weeks for them to retake the test. And they don't pass the test, guess what? They're not in office. It's statute, it's law. What can I say? We already have it. I've already quoted Article 6. The senators and representatives mm. before mentioned as well as the members of the states shall be bound by author affirmation to support the Constitution. They don't know it. They can't support it. It's already there. We just don't have what's called enacting legislation. Well, in order to get a, 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 an amendment on the Constitution might be real difficult. But to get it local legislation, you can do that. All you need is people to sign documents. And like I said, there's a guy that goes around. See the videos. The guy goes around with a clipboard, and he says, hey, we're trying to create a socialistic government. We need your help. And people freaking sign the thing. That's how stupid not so use a disadvantage to advantage. And you know what's funny? I've actually talked to serve public servants and officers and they support it. The only thing they requested was that they be given classes or teaching so that they could learn it. That's the only thing they asked. They wanna know it. They wanna learn it. They wanna be able to abide by it. And we're not giving them that opportunity. And all you have to do, you don't have to study, you don't have to know it yourself. Just get, put your name on the ballot, go running around the neighborhood and sign the people up. That's it. That's all you got to do. Get it on the ballot. Get them to vote it. It's done. 
So there's a solution. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, I, I know in Australia here, in, in the Constitution, it says anything that affects, you know, the majority of Australians must be put towards the people by a referendum. And this, you know, and vaccinations, compulsory, mandatory vaccinations, it has not been put towards the people, you know, because more and more people were not vaccinating their kids. So now, you know, the government just says, right, mandatory vaccinations vaccinations that's it and if you don't you know you there's there's going to be trouble you know you if, you, if you're on um, social security or things like that because you're you know you can't work and things like that well unless you get your children vaccinated you're going to lose all your money well there you go there's corruption for you so you know what how are you going to fight that you know, I, I'm, if you were to ask me, I would spend half an hour, 45 minutes or whatever, maybe sharing with you. I'd have to study everything. I'd have to study that constitution. I'd have to study the laws and so on, and I would show you how to do it. And, 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 I, and I would do it myself. If, there's a, if someone has a better suggestion on how to do it, if you can walk up and say, hey, I'm a man, I'm a woman, um, and, 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 and I, you can't force me to do that, I, the first thing I would do is say, well, wait a minute, at least in, in this country, any kind of... Um, any kind of benefit you have as a right, it's actually considered your property would be theft of property, and that would be extortion where they're doing it. Like this whole thing with the with the med, with the um, um, mandatory, uh, 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 what is it, medical insurance through the Obama Obamacare shit. It's unconstitutional as hell. I already know it's a void order. It's const- I got case law up the ass. They know it. I know it. But you know, well, what I people... <laughs> huh? what I actually. What I actually have thought about doing is is um, um, taking, you know, just getting a couple of, uh, you know, um, like um, teddy bears, putting my children's face on them and taking them taking them in and saying, right, vaccinate these. And if they say, well, what are they? I'll go, were their person? Because, you know, there, there has been a case. There was a case here in Australia where a, um, um, I'm just trying to find it, there was a justice. It was a case here in 2008 where um, I'm just trying to think. It was uh, Justice Michael Adams in 2008 in a court case concluded that a fictional cartoon character is a person. Perfect. Perfect. So all you have to do is put the label, the name. Actually, technically, you could just simply take in a piece of paper, couldn't you, that had that name on That's it and right. say, well, here's the person. Go ahead and vaccinate it. That, that's right, because it says um, uh, Bart Simpson from The Simpsons has been legally defined as a person. Justice yep. Michael Adams concluded a fictional cartoon character is a person within the meaning of the Commonwealth and New South Wales laws. There you go. Mm. Here's another thing. If you go look at the statute of the requirement, the first thing it's going to say, every person shall. Okay? okay. So... And then it's going to define person. It's the same thing with the tax code. You know, you know, it's so powerful. It's so easy because I had this big question mark, and I was scared to death. And that when I recorded calls from Florida um, because I was helping somebody in Florida, and I was really scared that I was recording the calls and that they could charge me and this and that. And you know, finally I got off my ass one day, although I was already sitting there the whole time. But you know what I mean. And. And, and 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 I got off my ass and I went click click and I looked at the statute law, the actual statute after after being an idiot, wasting an hour reading everybody else's opinion on the subject and lawyer's opinion on the subject. And I 
finally went and found the statute itself, and the very first thing I saw on the statute, it says any person who. The very first thing I did was go look at the definition of person, and the definition of person ended up being a person. I was like, that makes perfect sense. So that's the first thing we need to do, look it up and see what is the definition of person. Go look the statute up itself, any person. So if you're not a person, then it doesn't apply to you. End of story. There's a bit of an echo. Somebody's got an echo feedback. So that, that's the, that's why you, another reason you want to read it. Yeah, I'm still getting the feedback. Somebody needs to mute out. Hello. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've just, I've just cut it. I've just, um, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm muted. I've got a mic, a mute button on my, on my microphone. Maybe it's somebody else then. No. Okay. Yeah. No, we still got the feedback. Anyway, can you hear me? All right. But that's that's what you need to do is go look up the statute itself and print it out. Like I say, under 18 U.S.C. 241, you know, deprivation right. I, I print out, I print them, I carry copies with me all the time. I just hand them out to people. Here, read this. And you should see people's eyes bug out. They go, really? I didn't know that. I was like, uh huh. And if it's a police officer or something like that, I said, so are you? Are you working together when there's two or more of you that are going on the highway in disguise? Aren't you in disguise in this uniform? That's a disguise. It's an outfit. And you're using colored law activities. You can do 10 years in jail. And if it's the people, they go, really? I'm like, yeah, you have the right to enjoy. You have the right to enjoy your rights, not just have them, not just to freely exercise them, but the right to enjoy them. And you go look up the statutes, the prohibitation is on persons, and then you go find where person is, in fact, defined differently. And it, when you look at the definition, it usually indicates some corporate entity or another, some entity of the state, which makes perfect sense because it's a subject of the state subject to the state. We assume and presume that it has to do with us. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know about you, but I want to regulate, uh, I want to regulate corporations and other business entities that are acting as 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 man, they're pretending to be man, that's why they're called a person. I want them to be subject to. I think there's too many provisions uh, for them as it is. But even as somebody said before a minute ago, I forget who it was, I never I never did want to correct them because they want to interrupt them. But if you go look at it, some of those statements were completely false. It doesn't because if you're a person who was it who said it, if you're a person you don't have any rights. That's absolutely not true at all. Go read Hale versus Hinkle. It tells you that even a person has rights. It's just that the fourth and fifth does not apply to them. They don't have that because the Constitution is very clear. That it's not talking about persons. That that's a right of the citizens, right of the people. That a person is subject to the state. And this person still, what does it say? No state shall make, no state shall uh, uh, no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, which means your corporate charter, life, the liberties to do the business that you're doing, 
or property, the property, the personal property, the corporate business entity, the persona, the person, without due process of law. Well, that doesn't that doesn't sound like a person doesn't have any rights. And it also says, nor shall any state deprive any person of the equal protections of the law, which clearly means that they have the entitlement to the laws. But guess what they don't have? The entitlement to what the people have. What does it say? Article 9, I mean, Amendment 9. The enumeration of certain rights, right, shall not be construed to deny or disparage any other rights retained by the people, not persons, people, rights retained by the people. So persons are entitled to the rights that are enumerated, and people are entitled to all of those and everything that a person has and more. And it makes perfect sense. So even if you have a person, even if they consider you a person, you still have the right to the equal protections of the law. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's, right now, you don't have it. They're, they're denying you the rights even as, a, even as a person. If they want to think you're a person, that's great. They still have to do equal protections of the law. They still have to do by due process of law. That argument with whether you're a man or not to me is irregardless. If they're not going to, if they're not going to protect the person, which is a corporate entity, why the hell would they be protecting a man? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't work because they don't care. The only way I can think of to hold them accountable is what is written, what they cannot deny, what they admit to. And that's why I changed my whole tune. What is it that they do I bow down to? They're not bowing down to me. I know I'm a man. I know I'm a superior. I know I'm a sovereign. But they're treating me like shit. I said, okay. What, call do, what is their God? What do they, what do they uh, uh, kowtow to? What do they listen to? And I found out they listen to statutes. So I started using statutes. That's simple. Go ahead. Yeah, brother. Uh, so that's where I got to disagree, okay? Because you, you're, you're talking about how a man goes in and they don't pay attention to you. But this is where I agree with Carl that you know, it's really about how you do it, meaning they're in honor. The attorneys may not know, the police officers may not know, but the judge knows, okay? And so when you present it in a certain way that, look, I'm here to just talk to anybody who has a claim against me. Is there a man or a woman in this court who has a claim against me? So I totally understand that on his part, and I don't think that should be shied away from because... That's really what the Constitution teaches, is that no corporation shall govern man. And really, the police department, even the court system, it's like uh, he talks about how the, the Boy Scouts came and took over the public housing. And that's really what it was, not the housing, but the public courthouses. They just moved in, and now it's their show. It's all an act. They're all a bunch of unicorns. And it's only when we give them jurisdiction do they, you know, implement it. So it's just hard for me to say that acting as a man has no value. 
and that to use statute because... Oh, no, 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 please, please. I've never said that, and I won't say that. Please don't put words in my mouth. I would never, no, ever I'm say that. No, I'm sorry if I did. The I, 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 say, what I was hearing. You're acting like a man who's extremely powerful. That must be the foundation from which you come from. But yeah. as a man, I have the right to use statute and law and any other thing that I choose because I'm supreme. I am superior. I come yeah. in as a man, always as a man. But I can also administer law. That's what I tell them. I'm here to administer law as it's written upon you. And it doesn't matter whether I'm a man or not. I'm telling you that well, this is what the law says and you have to abide by it. So I basically avoid the issue of who or what I am, except at the very beginning. I always say I'm a man. I would never say don't use it. And I would never say it doesn't have power. It has extreme power if you know how to well, carry it off. Here's, here, okay, here's the confliction I'm hearing, Colin. This is the confliction, is that as soon as you start to use their statutes, their law, use their language, they can come back full force on you with all their bullshit. But if you and remain that's where, we common dis- law, that's where we disagree. Well, hold on. I'm just, we don't disagree because I'm still learning. And, and what I'm saying is that what I'm hearing from you is that you can flip into your person and use statutes and codes and all that that apply to you, and you can jump back into your man, which is common law. Which I'm no, not that's saying. not what I'm saying. You're missing it. Let me share it with you. I'm saying, as a man, I can use anything that I ple- that pleases me. Anything. I remain a man, always a man. They are always subject to their statutes, codes, ours. Again, you see, you want to make. And this is one of the things I think that, 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 that is unfortunate, and I believe this is Contel Pro once again, is they want to separate us from the law. They want to create the scenario that, we're, that it's their laws. No, sir. It's my laws and it's your laws, and they damn well better abide by our laws. That's how I look at it. That is a master speaking to his servants. Hey, I created these statutes and laws which you're subject to because your existence is subject to us because we granted the power for you to even exist. And that is conditional upon you abiding by the statutes, laws, and codes. These are my statutes, my laws, and my codes, and you damn well better abide by them. That's the difference in attitude. Because if I can get you to believe it's their laws, then they can change them anytime they want. They can alter them. They can interpret them because it's theirs after all. So you've already abandoned those laws. You've given yeah, it over to them. I'm not doing that. They're not my statutes and laws and codes because I don't even know them, nor do I want to know them. These are their statutes, laws, and codes. Okay? All I know is common law, which is don't hurt your neighbor and be a good person. That's simple to me. Okay? And if I have to go to court and and quote some law or some annotated note that I got to go research to defend myself, that's not my code. That's not my law. That's not my statute. And I get where you're coming from, but what I'm telling you is you're fighting a master when you're just a, a, a novice when you walk in there. Like, we don't know this shit. They don't teach us this stuff. And oh, so, but I don't need to, that's the point. I don't need to know it. I'm just using it as additional. Like I said, if you listen to me, I, the way I, I – Phrase that I say, I believe, blah, 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 what you just said. I believe I'm a man. I believe that the, I only live under one law, which is not to harm another, uh, or, to, or as it says in hell, verse 8, not to trespass on any. That's my belief. And you know what I found out? 
I found out that if you want to call it yours, I found out I don't even say yours. I say it, it, it appears on its face that the Constitution, the statutes, this statute, this law, and so on, appears to agree with me. It, it appears to support my belief. And that's how I phrase it. I'm not saying that I'm subject to it or anything. I'm saying it appears that it, it, it supports my belief. I state that first. So there's no reason if I don't know a statute, I'm not going to use it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, but it does certainly help to say, hey, your own corporate charter says this. Hey, the Constitution says that. Hey, the law says it's that. A exactly what you just said is exactly what I'm talking about. How you reword what, you have a different look on things, okay? You look at it almost backwards. You come from their side, which is what most people don't do. And I got to tell you, what you just said was genius. To just go in there and, like, play dumb like I do, because really, when it comes to that stuff, I am. I'm probably more literate in court stuff than most people, but it doesn't make me a genius or a master or what these guys do. They study on how to lie. They study how to find these loopholes and shit. That's how these people make money. And so for the common guy to walk in there and say, you know, I don't understand what we're talking about, and I'm not a part of this. Well, that's what Carl talks about, right? You go in, you're an idiot. You're not a part of their society. You don't know their rules, yada, yada, yada. But what you said was, even your laws agree with my belief. That's powerful, okay, to say that if, okay, so... Most of us can't research what you're talking about. You make it sound real easy, but I've tried a lot, and I'm just not good at that. I build houses, you know. If you wanted to build houses versus find annotated notes, then you'd win. But if we were to build houses, I would win because that's what I'm good at. But what I'm saying is when you say I use their stuff against them, most of us don't know how to find their stuff. Okay, and so we have to find that common ground and that common wording where you could literally say to them, even your laws agree with me, and put it on them and then say, what laws, right, what laws? We don't know where to come up with this stuff is what I'm saying. We don't know where to find these things you keep quoting. You know, just read this, just read this. And I did that for years. Like, I went under trying to learn law. I had to dig myself back out of it. And the truth is, I only know what I know. I know that I don't harm people. I help anybody I can. And I believe in the greater good. That's all. And so what the hell else do I need to know? Some cop pulled me over. He's giving me a ticket. He's just doing his job. I don't need to get all up in his face. I'll go handle that in court. Like, Carl says, and these are the only things I keep quoting Carl because that's really all I studied. You know, I did some Richard Cornforth and Bill Thornton and all these other guys, even a couple crazy guys. But what I learned was it's just as simple as saying, look, who's got a claim against me? You walk into court and you say, what, what harm have I caused? Have I caused any harm or injury? Where's the man or woman that says I've caused harm? I don't care there's a police officer over here that believes an alien landed on my car. I don't care. Yeah, I'm guilty of whatever he believes I did. Now, back to my side of the court. I'm on that. 
Where is the man or woman that claims I've done harm or injury? That is simple to me, and I can get that. But you, what you're saying and what I'm saying is that doesn't make sense in court. And can we reword it like you were talking about earlier, reword it where it makes sense in court, not using statute, not using common law, but in a way. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.